What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio and lots of other things. So come along with us, won't you? Well, hello, Leia. How are you this week? I'm good. It's, uh, everything's getting back on track, I think. Back on track, except I threw my back out. <laughs> that is not on track. <laughs> it is definitely not on track. So I am uh, a little laid up. You're recuperating. Yeah. <laughs> Ibuprofen and Tylenol is what the doctor said. It's, and heating pad. It's weird because actually you don't have a problem like standing up and moving. Right. What is it that triggers your back pain? Movement. Wow. <laughs> I'm in constant pain. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it, it's, I, I, this happens like every couple of years. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do something, I'll tweak it, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll overexert, and then it starts aggravating it. It just kind of builds, and then I'll do something, and it's just like, well, I'm done. And basically what happens is my range of motion becomes limited. Yeah. And if I have to bend over to pick something up, I've got to go like really slow. It's just dead to you now. It's on the floor. <laughs> it's, it's just dead to me. But that's like... <laughs> So many times what happens in our house is there's something on the floor. The children yes. have left shoes, <laughs> backpacks, whatever. And so I'm literally like trying to avoid stepping on things. But then the avoidal of, you know, when I'm trying to hop around something, <laughs> that aggravates it. If it's just a straight line and I can just keep keep on the straight line, I'm good. So, yeah. I'm, it's a real sign of age, though. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> yes. For sure it is. It's a real sign of like... Man, like, have I'm, you ever sneezed and like hurt yourself? Not like, like, far, like a long time. Like I hurt have. myself for a long time, but it, you know, you'll you'll get like, ow, like what? Why? What did I do? Or like, I will, I will turn, mm-hmm. like you know, when you turn backwards mm-hmm. to um, to look out the rear view when you're backing up, and I'll yeah. tweak my neck mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah, yeah. I um, I I'm, I told the doctor that I want to do like physical therapy just so that they can show me what it is I need to do for my lower back specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, there's plenty of exercise you can look online and all that stuff. I just want to make sure this like doesn't happen for as long as possible. Sure. But since I'm just aging rapidly um, <laughs> at this point, it's all downhill. So um, have you ever considered the fact that maybe your body has hit the point where it can feel weather and the reason your back hurt was because we had bad weather? That's it. <laughs> it it's like, when you know, when people have broken bones and mm-hmm. they can feel when there's a storm coming. I've got a couple of broken bones and then my screwed up knee and all that stuff. So yeah. I'm going to be like the weather rock of, of a human <laughs> being here soon. You're going to have to join Dr. Scove, the space weather man. <laughs> Instead of it being bam and boff, it's crick and pop <laughs> of my joints. That's it. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming out to the Hammer Radio Crash Course podcast. And by coming out, I mean clicking on whatever it is you click on to make this podcast play. So thanks for doing that. We really do appreciate it. So let's see. We'd like to kick things off with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And today is persistence in troubleshooting. Oh. Last week on the live stream, I did a show on troubleshooting, and I kind of just talked about common things that I found and then how to mitigate them. But a lot of the times, you're really not going to like know what to do when you're faced with a problem, mm-hmm. and it may not be just one of these simple things Josh mentioned in his live stream. So what I want to remind people is that 
generally you have to be persistent to find the solution, right? That's that's one of the main goals. And obviously, you know, hit up the Googles and the forums and all that stuff to find a problem. But I want to instill in everybody that the concept of troubleshooting for me and when I'm most successful is when I incrementally go through the issue. I try and narrow it down to the things that it possibly could be and then try each one, but one at a time. <laughs> There's nothing worse than like, well, I think it's I think it's that my radio can't talk to my computer. So what I'm going to do is just click like five things at once and then just hope it all works out right because now you don't know what you've done and you may have exasperated the problem to start with right yeah so it's always a really good idea to code like incrementally or you'll you'll think you're kind of on the right path and you just need a couple more tweaks to really get you to where you're going Mm -hmm. so it's it's all about being incremental and i would add take notes as you're going whether it's on, you know, your notes on your phone, an actual tablet or your computer, take a note that like, okay, I tried to turn this on. Uh, this did not work. Tried to turn this on. This yielded this, but not this and this, which is what I want, right? And then that way, you know, when you're like 18. I insist on a crazy wall for right, this, this troubleshooting. The, the ham radio <laughs> troubleshooting crazy wall. And then when you're down like 18 levels and you're like, well, I think I've royally screwed myself up worse, you can backtrack what you did. Mm. I found that this really helps for Linux when you're when you're on the command because everything's terminal. You're all in the terminal window, mm-hmm. like doing commands. I'll bring up like a notepad in Linux and I'll copy the commands in the order that I, I pasted them. Oftentimes with Linux and Unix, you can hit the up arrow and you can go back through all the commands you've ran, mm-hmm. which is really nice. But I find that having the notepad is helpful because then when you're done and you get it working, you can actually take those notes and make it a how-to to remind yourself. You can in, intersplice and remove lines that didn't help, didn't do anything, and then focus on the ones that got you where you're going. Your very own wiki. Well, I was going to say, yeah, and then eventually if you have a blog or you end up making a video or a Facebook Why post or whatever. Why is there not a ham radio wiki? I'm assuming there probably is, but that's a really good question. Because like, I mean, you it, could theoretically just present a problem mm-hmm. and then people could contribute to the wiki mm-hmm. to show like you know what they experienced and how they solved it right yeah no I, I think that's you know a lot of times that is in the function of of blogs and forums and this that and the other and I mean let's go back a step what have we talked about I talked about it in the newsletter mm-hmm. uh, for the patrons last month is that everything in ham radio is kind of like disjointed mm-hmm. there's no real way to corral all hams on the single on a single goal of course not everybody wants to spool like spin up their own version of it sure so even if you made a wiki and it was relatively popular that would probably just spur a bunch of other hams to create their own wiki and so now you've got 18 competing standards well but if you have one wiki Mm -hmm. and then everybody's able to contribute like their links Mm -hmm. then that just helps everybody right. get more exposure. Right. It, it turns into a link farm. It turns into everything. Yeah. yeah. All of these are great ideas. It may already exist. We should look into it. All right. Yeah. So there's the Ham Radio Minute. Well, join us. Join the conversation by leaving a review on iTunes for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. And we're saying iTunes specifically because um, just like YouTube, the algorithm, all that stuff, there's a podcast algorithm. iTunes is the largest distributor of podcasts. And so when you throw a 
you know, a five-star review on there and, and leave us a review, we'll read it on the show. With and that we love said, it. That's actually, that's my weekly gauge for like... <laughs> was this a good, was last week a good podcast? Did we get any reviews for this week? Well, it must have been a bad podcast because no reviews. <laughs> it was too long, It I was think. five hours and it, they're well, like, Well, it tacked on an out. extra day of emails too. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah we did... So it, it ran extra long because there was more emails. That's true. Yeah. So this one might be shorter because we're technically down a day. Yeah. We'll see how I that turns so. out. We'll see how that turns out. It's quite possible. But anyway, yeah. If, <laughs> if you ever change, if you ever change your mind after you listen to the podcast for a while and want to help us out, go ahead and drop us a review over there. And even a five star review on iTunes means a lot, and we really appreciate it. So that means it's time. I'll bring the beer. What are we drinking today, Leah? It looks like we're drinking. A coffee peanut butter cup porter. This was purchased at Trader Joe's. It is nice. a porter with peanut butter powder, coffee, and lactose. It is 9% alcohol, and it's from Campanology Brewing. Where are they out of? And this is Wanakee, Wisconsin? Nice. W-I is Wisconsin, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I like I'm this sure better than I have beer. not pronounced that name. Is it Wanaki? 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 <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just contributing potential. There's this um, there's this performer that I th- this uh, songwriter that I like to listen to. He's called um, C6 Steve, and he does a song called Wallachie. Hmm. Maybe it's Wallachie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it is. Because up there it's about apple picking, that song. So I like this more than Belching Beaver's peanut mm-hmm. butter uh, stout. You like this more? Mm-hmm. I don't. This tastes literally like candy. It's not actually sweet. It's just... It it's, has, it's syrupy sweet. It has it actually, the essence of sweetness. And don't... <laughs> it has the essence of moisture. Yeah. <laughs> It actually has a maple syrup smell. Can you smell it? I smell peanut butter. It smells like a Reese's peanut butter cup to me. Yeah, it's too much. It's too sweet. But it's actually not sweet. So for sweet. me, I'm saying it's too sweet. It's too sweet for me. But it's not sweet. I like the Belching Beaver one more than this. Belching Beaver one's creamier. This one has, um, you know how uh, people say that Hershey's has a sour flavor to it? Okay. Like um, almost like curdled milk. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what Hershey's tastes like to a lot of people. Oh my gosh! But this has that that chocolate essence. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it does. It's because of the Hershey. lactose. Yeah. Well, I mean, peanut butter milk stout is also Belching Beaver. They, that's the reference that you're referencing. Yeah, but it it doesn't have the chocolate element. This smells like a Reese's peanut butter cup. It's oh, that's true. Yeah, the peanut butter milk stout from Belching Beaver is just peanut butter. Mm-hmm. It, but this does have kind of a chocolatey taste and and a, like a, a bit of a coffee, but like a sweet coffee, not like I a like black it. coffee. Yeah, hmm. it's good. I mean, again, I like the Belching Beaver more, but this is not bad, particularly if you've got a Trader Joe's in your area. And Trader Joe's doesn't have a lot of stouts, so this is kind of a this is a porter. I buy I buy the big bottles of stouts whenever Trader Joe's has them because they're so rare and I hope yeah, somebody I want goes them to like buy it. Oh, people are not people are drinking IPAs. Literally, they have like eighteen different IPAs now. It's wild, and even for me, that's too much IPA. Like, it's come on, mix it up a little bit. Too much for me. Oh, yeah. 
All right. Leah, what have you been using this week? We got to come up with a name for that segment so we can have like a catchy little flip over because everybody's like, I'm not going to send you a drop saying, what did you use this week? (laughs) Actually, I'm suggesting this week because we are in October and there is a holiday coming up involving gift giving, which Mm, is Christmas. Annual gift giving day. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And it sounds like people should be shopping now. I wouldn't normally do this. This is correct. This it hurts me a little to do this. Mm -hmm. It does. Because I would normally not even talk about gifts until after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. But, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, I guess. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to suggest some gifts for your non-ham partner. I like that we're doing this in October. Yeah. I feel like that way, because every ham is, well, not every ham, but I'm assuming there's a lot of hams like me Mm -hmm. that we have the best intentions. Best of intentions. But we're just so busy. (laughs) We need to know like way ahead so that we can put a (laughs) reminder in our phone three times to remind us to do something. So this is great. Oh, man, I saw somebody who had this amazing gifting system where they had a bin for every person that they would normally buy gifts for for birthdays and Christmas. And then throughout the year, if they see something that they would want that person to have, they would just buy it and throw it in the bin. That's so smart. And then every time there's a gift giving situation, they just go to that bin oh, and pull it goodness. out. This and is right like, next to those bins mm-hmm. is like a wrapping station Dude, with gift bags. This is like, I feel like this is like the elite <laughs> MVP grandma move. <laughs> like the, the, the most competitive in the grandma space <laughs> does this. This this also requires space in your home. Yeah. To the palatial using, Texan level of space. No, they were home. using their basement, which we don't have in California. Again, but that's well, there's probably there's not a lot of basements in Texas, is there? Um, I, think I, I think they have basements. No, I don't know. I don't. Think Texans so. tell us. Do you guys have basements? I don't think so. We definitely. I mean, it's Texas, very rare out here. Texas is a big place, so by saying Texas doesn't have this. Oof. there's inevitably someone's going to go, well, I ha- I'm a Texan and I have that. This is yeah. the no true Scotsman fallacy yeah. in yeah. reverse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure there are basements in Texas. Hear me out. It's just probably not as common. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking, but hey, All right. I could be I mean, really wrong. We do have basements in California. They're just extremely rare. Yeah, they're usually super old homes or they're not where we are. Yeah. Usually in the areas of California that isn't straight up desert they can get away with doing that. Or not along fault lines. That also is important. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here are just a few suggestions. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with first the noise-canceling AirPods. Yes. Because. Are, are the standard AirPods noise-canceling? No. Just the ones, the pros. Yes. By the way, these are a revelation. I use them every day. If you are somebody mm-hmm. who operates their radio or carries around a handy talkie and your partner is just sick of hearing the the repeater the, uh, con- conversation the non-stop sounds that come out of radios mm-hmm. don't don't you get headphones no <laughs> get them airpods get them airpods yes. you and want the hd ones though or the whatever the upgraded ones are the the pros the pros and then they can also listen to music and be in a better mood See, that's yeah, and not get tired of your constant cusos or the (laughs) crazy rag chews that they're hearing on repeaters. Um, 
You can also get Morse code jewelry, something that says, I love you, even though they won't be able to understand what it says. Mm -hmm. But it's like a piece of you is with them. This oh. this does require you to actually know Morse code, mm -hmm. though. Like, don't get a bracelet that neither of you can read. That's mm -hmm. not as meaningful. Do you remember that Angelina Jolie and uh, Billy Bob Thornton used to be married? And the the vial of blood. They gave each other a vial yes. of their own blood yeah. that they wore Ooh. around their neck. That it's is a weird time. That is like a, a, a that's like an addiction to love like to addiction to each other did That's you like, also Ooh. know that billy bob thornton played the u.s president in love actually he did i thought <laughs> he played it pretty well too he came across as like a bit clinton oh uh, yeah right he was well i mean he did come on to a woman who looked a lot like monica Lewinsky oh, in the movie like the british monica yeah. Lewinsky. that's right so, fair enough <laughs> okay a little on the sleeve with that one love actually <laughs> Uh, a recycled glass tumbler with reusable straw from Starbucks this is like one of my most favorite. Mm -hmm. You'll have to take a picture of it and post it in the uh, Hammer to Crash Course. Ben podcast. actually broke one, and if you don't, it was if you don't collect Starbucks tumblers, uh -huh. you don't know this, but they will come out with a tumbler. It will be extremely popular, and then they will stop making it. Yeah. And then they will come out with a new tumbler that is slightly different. And I want to add, Leia is not like pro Starbucks or anything. Mm -mm. It's the look of the cup. It's got like an antique glass mm -hmm. kind of look to it, the, particularly the, the first mm -hmm. one you had. This one's kind yeah. of frosted. I I also loved that cup. I thought it was great. And it was the one thing that when it broke, you were devastated by. Like it took you days to get over <laughs> so, it. And you started and like Googling where to find it. And you weren't going to pay scalper prices to try no. and replace it. It was it was a thing. You went through all the phases of grief with that cup. Ben felt so bad. He did. He felt really he felt bad. <laughs> so uh, this cup has also a glass lid. Oh, it might be no, a plastic lid. Yeah. Um, and a reusable straw. And... I cannot tell you. Careful in the dishwasher with those. For the number of water bottles we have in this house, we have so many water bottles, most of them in varying size of some hydro flask or hydro flask derivative. And all with like semi-proprietary diameter openings for right. lids. So once you lose a lid, now we have just an open-topped water bottle. There is nothing that will encourage you to drink water more than a cup with a straw and a lid because you can carry it everywhere and it won't spill and the there is no barrier to getting that water you don't have to open a lid you don't have to flip a cap this water is so just, convenient yeah. <laughs> this thing that i need to sustain life it's just so frustrating this you, is almost you, sounding like an infomercial you knock it but there is I, something I, I, yeah i knock it definitely to be said mm -hmm. about if you are trying to do something and you are having to do it repetitively mm -hmm. and it doesn't come naturally to you, that Why? you should Wait. reduce. <laughs> Why does water not come naturally to you, Leia? Because you have to like go get the water. We don't have a, then... a well that we have to pull water out of. <laughs> Our water filtration system is so slow. Everybody even comments on it when they come over. They're like... It's taking me 10 minutes to get a cup of water. I, that's why you have a 64-ounce growler. Or right, but then that's heavy to carry around. And it doesn't fit fine. in cup holders. 
Anyways, my point no, it is, fits in if, the you're car. Trying, if you're, <laughs> That's if my you're goal. trying, if you're trying to do something repetitively, mm-hmm. um, and you're trying to make it a habit, you want to set up your life to make the smallest amount of steps mm-hmm. from you getting to that thing or doing that thing. And in that case, water. Well, I agree with this. I mean, this is my whole video making yeah. hacks over the years. So yeah. what, this water cup does that. But if you give your partner this water cup, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a very clear caveat in saying that along with this water cup must come the promise that you will always keep it filled with ice water for them. Apparently it's a, a TikTok trend that all no. significant <laughs> others want water handed to them to remind them to drink, which is uh, an interesting thing to me. I do. I do love it when you give me a cup of it's water. A pretty, I it's feel a pretty, so loved it's when you do that. It's a broad generalization, but women do seem to like this a lot. I, I, like every time you do it, I'm just like, Oh, you thought about me and you care about me. That, that's how I feel. And it's just a cup of water. This is this is cheaper than flowers, guys. <laughs> pro tips. Pro marriage tips. Okay. And the last one is... Wait, I think so. There's like five. I, I said a few. Oh, okay. So I'm actually over delivering right now. <laughs> Perfect. You're killing it. The last one is a new bag. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Pshaw. Mainly because you know that uh, you've likely spent more on radios than the cost of a handbag. Not me specifically, the podcast listener. Right. Of course. Right, right. Any bag. I mean, this could be for female hams giving their male non-ham partners Mm. a bag. A good bag. Yeah. A good backpack. There you go. I like it. Very good. Mm -hmm. Well, I have fallen down a a deep, dark hole of Laura and Mesh (laughs) Tastic. You really have. Yeah, it, it's been the the standout comment. I posted that video last week. That video, I'll call it, went my channel semi-viral because mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of like real big views mm-hmm. videos. That thing did like 168,000 views in less than a week. I mean, I can tell you why. Because it's non-licensed off-grid communication? Yeah. Well, that and the, it's encrypted. Uh, Yeah, but I didn't really play that up yet. I haven't talked about that. So for me, when I heard about this, I was thinking to myself, how many of my friends in this city Mm -hmm. can I get one of these? Mm -hmm. And then we can actually message in an emergency and practice messaging. So that was the big comment that I got on the video was what's the range of these things. Mm -hmm. So I'll mention what the world record is right now. And it's actually held by a YouTuber. Good, a good channel. He's in the, he's Swiss. Andreas Spies has the record of 150 kilometers. What? Yeah. Line of sight, though, I have to be very specific. So <sighs> the the node that he was transmitting to was high up. Okay. And there was nothing in between he and that node. Okay. So it was just a straight RF shot. If those antennas are lined up, boom. And the way that Laura works, Laura has a couple of different profiles. Mm-hmm. And the profiles are based off of how far away are you and how fast do you want to communicate. If you want to communicate fast... You can only communicate short. If you want to communicate long, then you communicate long. It takes a long time. Mm-hmm. So I... Um, slow, if you will. Slow. <laughs> yeah, slow and then long. Yeah. If you want to communicate Slow long. and then fast. 
going to communicate long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so what I did, I did a range test. I took the DX Commander mast, which is a perfect mast for this because it can handle some weight. And I threw my little T-beam in a uh, plastic tackle box that's waterproof. And I had a SMA connector that I punched through. And I set that up at about like 22 feet, about 22 feet. And I just kind of drove around mm-hmm. with my T-beam in the car. And I would stop every once in a while and I'd set that T-beam on the roof of my car and then mm-hmm. transmit. So from my car, not not high up, mm-hmm. from my car. And I got three miles away from the house. Wow. While transmitting. What did you transmit to yourself? Text messages. What, what did you say to yourself? The distance I was from the house. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Makes sense, right? <laughs> All right. No, I was, I was feeling some hot uh, tea about uh, neighborhood <laughs> politics um, to myself. <laughs> Encrypted, though. And I didn't top out. I didn't go further until I found where the stop point was because I had a doctor's appointment for my back. So I flipped it around and came home. So I have I technically haven't found the upper limit, but at the same time, I know geographically the buildings around us, there are areas that we probably wouldn't be able to cross because of the mm-hmm. larger buildings. But I'm still very impressed by that. That's insane. So three miles, our, our city is filled with buildings. Yeah, and there was a couple in the path of the direction I was heading. Right, I think there's an entire Sheraton. Yeah, so it's it was by the Sheraton, and then that law office. Oh yeah, the massive law. And office. then the uh, the the medical building. Yeah. Yeah, and AT and T. Yeah, they didn't even stop you. No, and they're like, he's, he, "This is without a service." <laughs> he's use your cell no phone one. for this. <laughs> Don't use this. Everybody in the AT&T building comes out. I'm driving <laughs> like by. I'm holding up the thing. <laughs> no service. Come at me. Come at me, bro. Yeah, so I was very impressed. And I've gotten uh, further down the rabbit hole of trying different devices. Mm-hmm. So I ended up buying another Android oh my device. God. I thought I would try out the $56 tablet that's available at Walmart. Oh, my God. Spoiler alert. Do not buy this tablet. <laughs> Are you going to return it? I don't know that I can, but it might be worth the effort to do it because um, I would rather just buy another one of these Lenovo's. The Lenovo M8 tab is is the the jam because um, spoiler alert to future videos that I'll probably end up making. These T beams interface with ATAC, which is a civilian version of the same name of that military software we talked about a couple of shows ago. Huh. So ATAC is a mapping system mm-hmm. that you can coordinate like your team of people mm-hmm. and it actually will feed in outside information via satellite or over the air or transmit stuff. Um, like remember we talked about headquarters could technically blast you over information mm-hmm. and it will show you like where UAVs are and all that stuff. The civilian version of that doesn't doesn't do this, but the civilian version will interface with the T-beams, uh, will, with, with Meshtastic. Okay, so let me understand the T-beam a little bit better. Mm-hmm. If I were to buy eight T-beams yep. and gave them to various people, mm-hmm. when I sent one message, would they go to all of the T-beams? Yes. Or would I need to... Well, they will go to all of them potentially relaying through other T-beams. 
because it's a mesh system. Okay. So how does the encryption work? You all, So you have a shareable link. Okay. You have to share the link to your friends, and there's a QR code that you can use okay. to share the link. And they use those QR codes on their Android or iPhone devices to join your channel. Oh. Now, you can name a channel anything you want. So you could make your own channel name, and I could mm -hmm. make the same name as you, but if it didn't come through you, I don't have your encryption key to go along with your name. Okay. So there's some back of the back of the envelope. Can you have multiple like chats going? I technically yes, but um I haven't seen how to do that. So I assume for right now it's one channel. Man, I want to do this right now. I'm so excited about this. You can add solar panels to these too. Okay. And just on a full charge, the battery for this thing will run three days. Nice. And then if you plugged a solar panel into it, then it kind of just always sits on. Mm -hmm. And so it's always like in relay mode. So what I ended up doing for my test was I had the relay unit on the pole. Mm -hmm. And then I had another unit in the ham shack mm -hmm. with a tablet tethered to it via Bluetooth. The Bluetooth on these devices is not great. So I don't assume that you could have a relay up on the roof and Bluetooth to it. I think you need a Bluetooth, you need another Laura in the house, another T-beam mm -hmm. to Bluetooth two, and then a relay on the roof. That's what's okay. going to get you the distance. Okay. So, Plus Adam and I are already talking about building antennas for these things. So, hey. <laughs> so if, for instance, I wanted to reach my friend in Buena Park. It depends on the mileage. Okay. So... If it if the distance is like five miles, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Then I would need somebody at the five mile mark. No, you'd they, probably need somebody at the three mile mark. Okay. To broker comms between us at the zero mile and mark theoretically, and theoretically, I could go mile. hide this in a tree. Hypothetically, yes, you could do that with a solar panel. Yes. And then I would just need to find enough trees to get the distance, and then I could relay mm -hmm. messages just. Yes. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, if you both had your beams high enough up, I feel like they could probably just talk directly. Can I just attach it to the uh, step IR? No. <laughs> now, antennas are still important. So these operate at 900. The, the North American ones operate at 915 megahertz. Okay. The highest the step IR does is 50 megahertz. Okay. So not even in the same close to the same bands no but i'm saying can i stick it on the step ir to get the height yeah instead of like a mounting yeah, something yeah, yeah. else mm -hmm. yeah like actually attach it to yes, the step yes IR. yeah in fact that's what i might do and put the solar panel right above it nice yeah all right well now i'm excited yeah it's it's very cool i i'm um I'm really impressed by it. There are people who are actually, I got a comment on the video that I posted, that they use the devices as remote communication to the repeater. So the repeater oh. owners. So they actually will use LoRa to broker the serial connection to their repeater for monitoring and control. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's genius. Because most people have to like drive up to the repeater if it's on a mountaintop to play around with it. Or they'll use DMF, uh, DTMF tones to a certain level. But if you want more back-end control, you likely have to either have some kind of remote capability over the internet or, or some other thing. And the LoRa actually works really well for this. So you need, like, one for the car 
And then one for whatever infrastructure you've set up in your house. Right. And then one on the roof uh, so that you get the extra distance if it, you want to broaden the capability. Is there a Laura car mount? Not yet. Well, I mean, I don't know. There might be. There probably is. Yeah. I mean, most people, I assume, are just making things out of like little yeah, enclosures. Yeah, 3D print it? I 3D printed cases for it, yeah. But yeah. that's not water. Uh, it's not made to be waterproof. So you'd have to use like an appropriate case. Okay. Yeah, right. it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I, I was, um, I'm really excited by it. And again, it's, I mean, for everybody listening, you're, you're likely hams, but this is all license free. No license required. You don't have to tell anybody anything or sign up for anything. You just so I, use You it. know, it's interesting when everybody gets so excited about license free things mm -hmm. because you still actually need an overlapping technical knowledge. Oh, this requires more technical knowledge than ham radio in some cases. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. like, and if you're, if you're, you're going to do that. You're kind of like, it's a given, it's a give and take, right? There's just no, there's no governing authority telling you that you have now reached the sufficient amount of knowledge <laughs> to use it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> because it's like, it's kind of a quagmire. Go nuts. Be, I got a lot of comments on that, too. It's like, oh, government already knows about this. They'll find out, blah, blah, blah. Find out what? <laughs> find out about the bans. You, you don't you don't put your social security number in it. Like, yeah. there's nothing tying it to you except unless they're tracking the signals that the T-beam is putting out back to you. But do you know how difficult that is on 915 megahertz and do all you? the channels? There's so many devices that already transmit in that space, and they're encrypted. It's... So, like, I don't, I don't on one it. hand, mm -hmm. I feel like this would be really exciting for, um, for like, STEM teenagers. Oh, yeah. But also, I don't want STEM teenagers to have it. <laughs> could you imagine, though? Because, like, they could just have it in their backpack. Yeah. They could just have a T-beam in their backpack. It could potentially... They could build the antenna wire, like, going into the backpack strap, and mm -hmm. it would just chill. It wouldn't have to be up, even. It just has to be, like, kind of in there for... Um, it's, it's just text. Yeah, it's, it's text and location. Or you can turn location off, too. But no images, huh? Um, I think images might be possible, but mm. we're not... I haven't I haven't delved into that. We may have to go outside of Mesh-tastic if we're going to do that. Interesting. I mean, you give it to teenagers and they'll just be sending nudes, right? <laughs> what? They'll, they'll send nudes to each other. That's like the things teenagers get in trouble for on like Snapchat. And like stuff. like classic nudes, like Baroque movement nudes. No, <laughs> that's exactly it. Teenagers are so into Baroque art. Yeah, yeah. I, I every time I go to the Getty, I'm like, get out of here, you stinking emo kids. <laughs> is that is is emo back yet? Yes. Is it back really? Mm -hmm. oh, okay, well there you go. Everything 90s and early 2000s is back. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. Very good. Grunge had a good moment there. And it had a hot minute Flash. of flannel Flash everywhere. Of yeah. But then we're in California and like, we're just going to wear it around our waist. I'm waiting for the mini skirts and Uggs to come back though. That's <laughs> Has that ever left? <laughs> it's been so long since we've been clubbing. So I'm assuming it's still a thing. No. All right. Well, thank you, Leah, for sharing your gift ideas. I appreciate it. That means it's time for Leah's preparedness 
corner. Ooh, I... and and let me mention, uh, we're still looking for drops. Anytime you want to send a drop, send them to Leia at hamtactical.com or Hosh Nasi. Actually, send it to both Hosh Nasi at gmail.com and uh, put drop in the subject title. Otherwise, yep. I may not. We may not see it. And then I actually won't read received it on the show a too. voicemail. So we're not there yet. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if okay. you don't want to email your drop, mm-hmm. you could also just and go we'll ahead and give leave you a the phone number when we get to that. But no, yeah. a drop. I'll, I'll use the drop during the show. Yeah, you're not. Don't voicemail me a drop. That's true. I'm not going to try and download <laughs> it off of voicemail. Gonna, All right, we got to copy this to tape. <laughs> so uh, this week's preparedness corner is going to be a little bit different. Oh, uh, given the. Uh, Given what we learned about Noah last week. <laughs> and uh, now that the Gabby Petito, Brian Laundrie situation has kind of wrapped. And in the process, they found nine additional bodies. Oh, right. In the process of looking for Gabby, they found all the... We talked about this last week, I think. Right. Yeah. So naturally, I thought, I really want to go camping. And I started looking at <laughs> I started All right. We used to do an annual camping trip for yeah. Josh's birthday. Yeah. Interestingly, your birthday next year may fall around the same time that I think you might hit two hundred and fifty thousand subscribers. Okay. And if that's the case, I mean obviously the, the projections have been flipped. Yeah, it's right? impossible yeah, to yeah. try and look that far ahead. So that's about six months out, which is also the reservation window, like how reservation windows open. Mm-hmm. Your furthest out booking date possible is six months out from today. Okay. Right? So where we are today is about six months mm-hmm. from your birthday. Okay. Right? So I started looking up uh, different uh, places to go camping. Mm-hmm. And... I booked somewhere and then I told you about it. Mm-hmm. It was Lake Kachuma, one of my favorite places to camp. It's still one of my favorite places to camp too, but... Not a poda. Not a poda. Yeah. Yeah. And as a result, I had to cancel those reservations and go Sorry, back to the drawing Shuma. board. Maybe get yourself on the National Park Registry or the State Park Registry. They're a county park though. <sighs> yeah. Did that'd, you check the poda map? That'd be a big... Um, Did you check the poda map? I did, unless I don't know how to use the poda. Okay, well, you keep talking and I'll the poda Google. correctly. The po- uh, yeah. the the poda. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The yurts that I booked are now gone. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> so then I started thinking, oh, we should really look into camping safety. Oh, okay. Right, because. Uh, there is apparently a lot of ways to die when you're camping. That's so. I looked up a few, but this particular one is from National Geographic. Okay, <laughs> and it has to do with both your personal safety and how to keep nature safe. Right. Okay. Basically, what not to do in national parks. Like not petting wild animals or vandalizing ancient rocks. Please don't vandalize any ancient rocks, regardless if it's in a park or not. Don't do that. That's horrible. Or destroying endangered species habitats. Do people act like this? By the way, there is a Chumash Painted Cave State Historical Park. It's 21 minutes away from the It has not been activated. 
Ever? Ever. Zero activations. So you're zero telling attempts. me I could have kept those yurts? It would have just had to be a, a day trip to hop over there and that would have been fine because I was planning on a day trip to go drink wine. Yeah. Should I get the yurts back? If you can. All right. It's back on. There's not a lot of wildlife out there, but it is very picturesque. Yeah, it's not far at all from Lake Kachima. Yeah, it's 21 minutes. Yeah, that's not bad. We could actually probably hit it on the way back. No, it's like on a beat. Sunday. Okay. We'll All talk right. about that. Yeah. All right. So rule number one is um leave wildlife alone. What? Yeah. <laughs> like if you if you want to view wildlife, do so from a safe distance. Like maybe get some binoculars, mm-hmm. a telephoto lens. Uh don't get close enough to an animal. This should be your guide. Don't get close enough to alter the animal's behavior. <laughs> that is, if, <laughs> those, those are wise words. Yeah. Because if you come too close, it could not just be dangerous to you, but it, it could also be illegal according to federal law. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the guideline is for visitors to stay at least a hundred yards away from bears and wolves. <laughs> 25 yards away from elk, bison, and other animals. I don't even think I would get that close to an elk. Did you know more people have been killed by bison in Yellowstone National Park than any other animal? Yeah. I'm assuming they are including humans in this. Have you seen the video? No. The videos of bison, like people get too close to bison and they just charge. Like, do you think they could sense that you've had a bison burger in your life and like they really... I don't know, but there I, I are would some be, videos. That I'd be just toast. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Uh, so there were tourists who found a lone bison calf on one of the park's roads and put it in their SUV because they thought it was cold. Bruh. Well, they had to euthanize that calf. Because it was unable to join its rejoin its herd after that. Oh, because it was all stinky with humans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once it got into that McDonald's, though, it didn't want to go back to the herd. So uh, there's usually a park website or like flyer that has specific rules about the wildlife related to that mm-hmm. area. Sure. So if you're doing something like that and uh, and you want to be informed and not get bisoned. That's probably something you should do. <laughs> Don't get bisoned. Uh, the next thing is to leave natural objects where they are. Uh, apparently, you can't even take like pine cones from underneath like giant sequoias. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you really are not allowed to take like seeds, anything like that. Because you'll try and plant a sequoia in your backyard and it'll ruin your foundation. Right. In a hundred years. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Probably more than a hundred years. But have you ever seen a pine cone for a sequoia? They're very small. Are they really? Yeah. How deceptive. Yeah. They're, and they're smooth. They don't have like pointy bits. Really? Mm-hmm. They're really cool looking. They're probably like my the coolest looking pine cone. Okay. Well, we're going to have to go do that. We're going to have to go take one. No. <laughs> What's insane is that I'm pretty sure my family is guilty of taking 100%. things 
from uh, from national just parks. do it the way hawaii does it if you take a rock from hawaii you're you just straight cursed. cursed yeah you're just <laughs> cursed uh so any anything like even if it is a dropping off of a tree is like federally I imagine, protected i imagine it must be incredibly difficult if somebody's walking along like they're off the beaten path which by the way don't go off the beaten path that's this also is oh thing. that's the next one okay this Stay is boy on scout path. like 101 um and you stumble upon like a arrowhead like people still stumble upon arrowheads. yeah you can't chilling. pick those up yeah that's like oof, that would be hard for me not to do that yeah straight up don't do that oh man they're federally protected man yeah <laughs> and then the park ranger catch you're like oh well, i made it you know i didn't really you were napping flint <laughs> at your campsite would you show me your elk horn that you use for napping and your uh, and your stone tools and your leather your leather cloth that you use you know for- i did not know this rule from from boy scouts i obviously wasn't a scout and this explains so much about so my best friend her kids yeah always go places with our family mm-hmm. right and so we've been on hikes you know we've you know we go mm-hmm. to the beach things like that and you get so oh, upset like you get so upset i'm like just chill man like you're being so uptight because her family is notorious but our kids are too i'm not taking... trying to throw them oh no she encourages it she <laughs> she and her husband oh, no like Alex will purposely go off path. Oh no. To explore. Yeah. And I I think when they go and you're there, they actually rein that in a lot. So everything you have seen is a fraction oh, my of the amount of off path action <sighs> so that they do. Let's think about this for a second. Like obviously animals make their homes off the path. Like maybe yeah. even immediately off the path. Right. You just don't know because Snakes. they're like super hidden. Uh, but if you think about it a different way, if you go traipsing off path mm-hmm. and people don't see where you went later after the fact, they just know somebody went off in this direction and it looks like it's a, it's kind of like not really a path. They think to themselves, well, I want to know what's down that path. Maybe they found something super cool. And so then they start traipsing down that path and then now it looks like there's a path and then everybody starts doing it and now that space which was for the animals has now been destroyed that's true right mm-hmm. so it, it, it's part of the leave no trace like leave no trace is something that a lot of hikers have adopted which is great which is that you you stay on the path and where you camp you take your trash out and you try and leave the the boy scout kind of rule was always leave things better than how you found it you're really just hitting all of the points right now okay sorry <laughs> I am yes. plot spoiling. I, I apologize. Uh, well, the the key safety reason, yeah. aside from respecting nature and oh, yeah, animals. Oh, you can straight up die too. Like you just Yeah. Stay on the path because the paths are created yeah. for you not to die. Right. Right. And there's people who spend a lot of a lot of their time and and a huge amount of effort in building paths and protecting right, yeah. them and making sure they're safe. So in Yellowstone, a man died after wandering off the boardwalk and falling into a hot spring. Oh, yeah, that'll straight kill you. a father and son suffered burns from touching the highly acidic thermal pools. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. In Acadia, a man tried to photograph the sunset and fell off a cliff to his death. And there were also three people that were swept over a waterfall and killed in Yosemite after ignoring a safety barrier. Now, 
we actually have a personal story. I think we have previously mentioned it, um, but it was covered by a Hawaii newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our friends, yeah. um, he was in Hawaii with his family, decided he wanted to get like... The uh, best picture. Yeah. Went off the path. Mm-hmm. He fell off the cliff and died. Yeah. It it was terrible. And I his family he was, was there. to be do married. Nothing. Yeah. I mean... It, terrible just so really stay on the path you're whatever you think you may be missing is nothing compared to what could possibly happen for you and or animals it it the reality of it is is there's nothing you're missing the, the people who made the past know you want to see cool things and the past go to cool things right they don't right they don't they're not hiding the cool things from you nobody's doing that like they want you to get outdoors like nobody is doing that right well i mean i know that there are a lot of um nature photographers like who are trying to capture pictures of animals Mm -hmm. and in that case you are going to miss those but maybe you should be missing them you you know what i mean that's really not true either if you're if you're a wildlife photographer then just find a spot that you think there's going to be wildlife sit your ass down and wait like just wait. You're sure. you're not going to stalk up on the animals. They know you're coming. They can hear you. You're not like adept at doing this. Right. Just sit down, bring yourself a chair, sit down, have a bit of coffee and just wait. Just chill. Like that's what you do. Like that's I mean that that's the reality of it. All right. So the next point mm-hmm. is carry in, carry out. <laughs> Leave no trace. And it may be very tempting given the recent news stories mm-hmm. to want to leave a trail so that if something happens to you, I've got one to that add people to this, this, can find you, but you're, you're quite better off just getting a GPS. Okay. <laughs> like, so that you're not dropping breadcrumbs of like, that's like, if you think you're if, lost, if you're, if you're really lost, you're supposed to stay where you are. You're not supposed to be traipsing around or, right. or putting a, a, a piece of yarn and then walking. Like, nobody's carrying that much yarn to go that far anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Like, don't do that. Just stay where you're at. A trail of cliff bar wrappers. That's right. Yeah. Like little pieces that you've yeah. <laughs> placed for Adam to come find you. <laughs> Ridiculous. So, uh, people are actually really terrible about leaving dude it's the worst Mm. like whenever i go up to um i haven't been in a while the east fork oh yeah there's just straight up like people people have this is almost worse they'll have a party in the river they'll fill up a trash bag tie the trash bag up and just leave it that's terrible i've seen one time where they had a trash bag and they put a tire on top of it that was also left there so that it wouldn't blow away so that the park rangers knew where to come get their trash and take it out. What? Horrible. Horrible. Ugh. Disgusting. I Disgusting. think the worst is when you're in um when you're on a hike mm-hmm. and there's like a, a body of water which is a very special thing. That's if there is a chance to hike to like a waterfall or there is a stream or a lake Mm -hmm. as a part of a trail. That's the trail I'm picking. Mm -hmm. Right. And the worst thing is when I see dirty diapers left in the water. It happens all the time. Please do not do this. That is such trash human behavior. It's horrible. I just, uh, anyways. 
So um, store food properly, save bears. I've got a comment on this too, but go ahead. Okay. So bears are actually making a comeback in the North American ranges. Good. But as a result, there are likely bears Mm -hmm. near where you are camping. Yes. Right? And bears will rip open your camper like it's a tin can. Yes. They can just go right through it. Great senses of smell. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I wonder if you're going to hit this point, but keep going. Yeah. So most parks require visitors to store food, toiletries, and trash mm-hmm. in bear-resistant containers. A lot of them go as far as to even provide them yeah, they have on those the campsite. Yep. Yeah. Like big steel boxes. Yeah. And the trash cans have special bear-resistant uh, covers. So backpackers and hikers who don't have vehicles, so if you're, yep. if you're not like drive-in camping... You need to store everything in a bear safe storage locker or hoist them up in a tree away from tree trunks. Some parks you go to, like Yosemite, require that you actually have a bear canister. It's a round canister Mm -hmm. that screws shut and the bears can't open it. Yeah. And you have to put all your food in that. You have to carry it in your backpack. You can't bear bag it. Nice. You have to do that. Do you you want my comment on that one? Yeah. Anything you have that smells anything, like a natural anything, fruit, whatever, do not bring it with you. Mm. Lemon-scented dish soap. Bears will straight up rip your camper apart to get your lemon-scented Ajax. They're like really into lemonade. Yeah, anything from Bath & Body Works that has some kind of crazy smell, leave it at home. Don't bring Mm. anything that has a scent that is something that a bear thinks might be food because they will tear up anything to get to it. Wow. Yep. Also, don't feed the bears. You're not doing them a favor by leaving food out because all it does is train them to know that humans have the food and then they'll just become aggressive Mm -hmm. with the next campers believing that, you know, maybe they can't tell humans apart. Mm -hmm. We all look the same to them, right? Yep. And they're just like, oh, those are the people who fed me last time. Why aren't they feeding me this time? I'm just going to make them feed me. See? The bear's got a shiv. Yeah. <laughs> got it from prison. <laughs> <laughs> found, some, found some old arrowheads. <laughs> <laughs> Made some shivs. Uh, and, That's uh, a street bear. The la- <laughs> yes, that bear's from the streets. That bear's from the trail. Yeah. Trail bear. Uh, the last one is leave no trace. So aside from not leaving trash, uh, don't don't graffiti things. Um, oh, what? Don't like try don't carve to carve your name in a tree about you and your girlfriend. Yeah, that... exactly. Don't don't carve your names into anything. Um, and apparently National Geographic is asking you not to go on a drunken rampage in endangered fish habitats, especially in Death Valley. So that's oddly specific. Yeah, I was going to say that's something that's happened. Yeah. All right. You want to know my, uh, my, it, are you done with the list? Oh, I was just going to, this isn't on the list, but I would say uh, if you are planning on backpacking into somewhere mm-hmm. to camp, um, do some conditioning ahead of time. It's not every day oh, you please. carry yeah. a ton of weight on your back to climb inclines and like uneven terrain mm-hmm. to get to where you're going. Right. So practice. Josh has previously mentioned the what is it, the ruck pack? The go ruck. The go yeah. The, 
try, try something like just that. Just take your backpack that you plan on using. Yeah, load it, load it load up. Load it up, but but I would load a little bit extra into it, make yeah. it a little bit heavier. Okay, you want to know the, the big one? What? Don't build carns. Oh, right. People think that they're helping by building carns, marking a trail. And no, no, no. Like... People are building them because they think it looks cool for their social media, and they're taking uh... like high, zoomed-in social media pictures of it. Carns are there to be trail markers. They're there to warn of danger or to warn of where a path is. You just danger. putting one on the side yeah. of the, the trail because you thought it looked cool and had like a nice silhouette with the sunset. Don't do it. And 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 I would go and, and I would say, hey, if you're going to do it, just knock it over after you're done. But I don't even yeah. want like you to touch the rocks where they were. Like if yeah. you don't have an explicit reason that isn't social media based, don't touch the rocks. Danger. This trail has experienced too many influencers. Danger. <laughs> this trail has clout. Yeah. <laughs> And then the biggest warning, don't do it in front of Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Will Adam have a shiv? He, he'll just leave you. All of a sudden you'll be walking. Adam, see you whistles, build a carn. Adam whistles and a posse of bears show up. No, no, no. It's really simple. Like you'll be, you'll be hiking with Adam. You build a car and you take a sweet picture and everybody's like, right on, man. And then Adam all of a sudden starts walking a bit faster. Yeah. <laughs> faster he than leaves. you can follow Adam. <laughs> and he douses you with lemon Ajax. <laughs> <laughs> and then whistles. <laughs> Adam would never even do anything that malicious. I'm just saying he'd get there before you and then you get lost. Uh, kind of Adam would not do any of this, by the way. We're not smirching Adam. But I think he told me he got back from some training exercise where he was doing search and rescue and he said... He said, I found like, I found like 50 carns just scattered around the trail. I kicked, I kicked them, them all as over. hard as I he could. Did. He's like, I kicked them all over. In a rage. Like, I, I imagine this is Adam's version of the fax machine from Office Space. He's just... <laughs> He's punching the rocks yeah. out. Which is really funny because Adam is like the chillest yeah, dude. Like, so he doesn't get upset. And it's like, he does not like cards. Man does not like cards. Do not... Do carns in front of Adam. <laughs> Don't do carns at all. Don't do carns at all. Please. And if you do, <laughs> no. don't post it on social media. No. Hashtag carns because Adam will hunt you down. <laughs> Release the bears. Adam would not do any of this. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we're joking. <laughs> For some reason, Adam is now <laughs> the wildlife hero. <laughs> The superhero, his, pa his power is sensing carns. <laughs> needless carns. Yeah. <laughs> Just needless carns. That's right. Well, good. Okay. That's a good list. I think that's yeah. uh, I think that's a lot of good info. All right. Well, Leia, that means it's time for our new segment, second week voicemails. Voicemails. All yeah. right. Okay, so we got our first voicemail. That wasn't me. Right. Yep. And if you wanted to leave us a voicemail with your ham radio questions or, you know, whatever else. <laughs> it's going to be about cereal. Yeah. Uh, you can leave it at 562-334-2389. Here we go. Hello, this is K1MAZ Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> with his inaugural voicemail for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. 
just checking in. This is Nathan in Vermont, Southern Vermont, and uh, hope the podcast is going well this week. Uh, talk to you later, and I'm sure I'll get uh, to sending you a couple emails and maybe another song. Uh, 73, this is K1MAZ out. Well, thank you, Nathan, for exploring the new voicemail space. We really do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, that's volunteer podcast co-producer and apparently singer-songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> and now voicemail creator. <laughs> creator lever, of voicemails. Lever of voicemails. <laughs> lever of voicemails. I like it. Thanks, Nathan. All right, so is that it? That's it. All right, well, we appreciate it. That means it's time. It's time, everyone. <laughs> What's happening? The staircase has changed, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Welcome to the Hammer No Crash Course email correspondence tower. If you want to email us, you can email us at Leia at Ham Tactical. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, it is hamtactical.com. Oh, yeah, my goodness. This, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> what episode are we on? <laughs> Leia at hamtactical.com is where you go to leave emails for us. Leave your comments, your questions about ham radio, or just your comments on ham radio. Tell us like what you've been up to. You have anything cool coming up? I'd like to hear it. Well, Leia would like to hear it, too. I, yeah, we would I, both enjoy we hearing would it. We yes. both enjoy it. <laughs> and if you have a merch idea for us, we run a merch store. By we, I mean Leia, uh, at hamtactical.com, where if uh, we like your merch idea enough and we make it, we will give you one, send it to you for free. All right, Leia, story. take it away. All right. Well, the first email is titled MCU, 10 <laughs> key characters most likely to die in phase four. 10 key. Oh, oh 10, 10 key. I thought. So again, my ten. mind goes like, I'm like, <laughs> this. Why would we get rid of 10 keys? We need all of them. I love 10. I won't won't buy a laptop without a 10 key. (laughs) I know you have the most ridiculous (laughs) laptop requirements. Everyone, everyone, hear me. Leia will not allow me to buy her a laptop unless it has a 10 key on it. Yes. And so you And now also touchscreen. I need it to be touchscreen. And I got you like the perfect laptop. It's perfect. I love it so much. It I it was a Lenovo. It has a 10 key and a touchscreen. It's a Lenovo ThinkPad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I think when I gave it to you, you you thought the touchscreen was like, who's gonna use this? Yeah. (laughs) But you are using that. Okay, great. That's that's amazing. I love it. Okay. All right. Number six should be of interest to Leia. And this is from Michael. <laughs> There's Wait, that a link. Was in the subject? Yes. <laughs> the link is to a Screen Rant article. Oh. And they're uh, very clickbaity on Facebook. They Screen Rant? Yeah. I don't care. We're gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh the ten key characters most likely to die. I'm gonna quickly go through this until we hit number six. The ten key characters. Yes, Bruce Banner. Die. They think that he's going to die or somehow go away to make room for She-Hulk. Uh, There's nine. plenty of story arcs in the Hulk where he can disappear for like a while. So That's fine. True. Okay. Uh, nine is Jane Foster. I would argue that she has already somewhat been done away with. But uh, there's a You're talking about... Jane Foster from Thor. Thor's girlfriend? Yes. Natalie Portman? Yes. <laughs> she... How is she a key character? <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess there are rumors that she's going to um, have cancer while also becoming Lady Thor. That's she's going to be Lady Thor? I thought they were going to do the Valkyrie. The Valkyrie was going to become Thor. Isn't Thor the person? And she just happened, they're passing on the leadership? No, I mean, of- you get the powers of Thor when you I have see. the hammer. All right. But well, like Thor is literally Thor. Like, I mean, he's right. yeah, yeah, the yeah. son so of Odin. He's, he's going Odin's to, son. he's going to, they're going to get married and she's going to get cancer and die is what Screen Rant is alleging. I would argue that they never what? even needed to bring Jane Foster back. It's fine. Thor's on a ship with the Guardians of the Galaxy, battling it out with Quill, right? Like, it's all, it's all right. <laughs> Those are always like some of my favorite scenes. Where they're clowning on each other. Where Bill's trying to act like tough. Yeah. Peter's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was, was going to say the same thing. <laughs> so funny. I, what's the actor who plays Peter Quill? The guy from Parks, from Parks and Rec. And Rec. I, I don't even remember his name now. But like, he's a good actor for that. Because I mean, like, that's like Parks and his character on Parks and Rec was kind of very Chris much, Pratt. Chris Pratt was yeah. very much like Peter Quill. Mm-hmm. He just had like a major glow up <laughs> to get to that. They do say he is the new Harrison Ford, right? That's totally, yeah, to- totally, totally. I mean, he he needs to make some better movies. The Jurassic Park stuff's not good. I think it's fine. I mean, that's like the closest to Harrison, like indie kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know that that whole thing. Well, who knows about an Indiana Jones reboot? Am I right? What do you mean reboot? I mean, they're making another one. Is Indiana Jones now a woman? No, it's Harrison Ford. What? Yeah. Are yeah. they going to CGI him? <laughs> what no. Oh, man. <coughs> no, it's it's happening. He's like, not even a Scientologist. How is he young enough to continue doing indie? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> in his last movie, The Crystal Skull, <laughs> he got big into crystals. <laughs> And the energies of the crystals is what's sustaining them at this point. All right. Number eight is Talos. And uh, Talos, if you don't remember, is a leader of the Skrull refugees. Also, I would argue, not a key character. This is, I mean, this is a character that could vanish and not really be noticeable. <laughs> Seven is Monica Rambeau. What is happening? That's Okay, uh, Monica Rambeau. Mar- uh, Captain Marvel's friend, right? But yes, but she was also in WandaVision. She is, she is, I would say, uh, this the is, new, we, we got um, to speed this whole Coulson, the new Agent Coulson. Well, I guess maybe Randall Park is the new Agent Coulson. Yeah. Hmm. You speed this whole Yeah. Okay. Ready? Number six is Hawkeye. <laughs> adds up. Uh, they, they think that Yelena is going to come and seek revenge against him and uh, then kill him. That's Who's Yelena? Yelena is Black Widow's sister. The new Black Widow. Why? Right? Scarlett Johansson fought him to die. I don't, I don't know. Also, that's a whole thing, too. That whole, like, to get the Soul Stone, you have to give something, someone up that you love they fought each other to die they didn't give right up. right right exactly like but, thanos but did she, it right i he guess like, she won't believe it that 
that it wasn't that he sacrificed No, that's... Her. Yeah. Norrell's not um, going to do anything that, the, like... They're not going to do anything that's going to paint their, their character that they're trying to make, like, the new one in a bad light. That make them look sure. stupid. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, emotionally low EQ. Right. Uh, five is Ajax from The Eternals. Nobody... That... That, that movie hasn't released yet. That's not even like people don't even know what that is. How is uh, that a key character? Peter Parker is number four. Impossible. Impossible. I- impossible. Yeah. Uh, three is Hank Pym. I didn't even know Hank Pym was still alive. So <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> two is Rocket. It was very sad. That's <laughs> he gets hit by a semi. He gets thrown in a trash compactor, a trash truck, when they're picking up the, the garbage. Oh, poor Rocket. And number one is Wanda. Uh, Wanda. Wanda. <laughs> Wanda Maximoff, which there's no, way, there's no way. There's no way. The girl power will re- remain strong in Marvel. Uh, the girls get it done is not going away. That's a thing. It's a trope. Plus, it's not they have anywhere. built, with WandaVision, they have built her up to be one of the most powerful They haven't even a- shown Avengers, yeah. a, the full capability of her exactly. powers, really. That's, exactly. This is wild. This was Screen rant, no. Number six, fine. <laughs> yeah, no, that's my takeaway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but no, I like Hawkeye. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like any of that. So I am going to take a minute here oh, oh, and say. Just a minute? It's never a minute. It's never a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that though I do love more female representation in movies. Oh, please. I don't think it's necessary to fully girl power every character in the MCU. And I didn't say oh please like I don't like women taking over in key roles. I I'm fine with it. I think it's great. I think well-written characters regardless of their sex doesn't matter. Does not matter. As long as the story is good, great. Yeah, but yeah. if you're just ham-fisting it in to make it happen because you're pushing an agenda, that I don't like that. Like the replacement of Thor. I Who think it's bizarre. did not need to be replaced. He does not need to be replaced. Right. He's a an immortal, right? He's not is going. Is he a demigod anywhere. or is he a god? God. Technically a demigod because Odin is a god. Okay. And then the sons of Odin are yeah. demigods. It's kind of like Zeus mm. the hierarchy of. Yeah. I'm guessing somebody will probably correct us. So, it actually makes me a little sad. And I, I, I understand. Like maybe if I had girls, I might feel a little bit differently. You'd be like, yeah, kill all these men. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is I have sons. Yeah. And they are going to read these comic books. And then when they watch the movies, they're going to be like, wait a minute. This is. These are not the characters from the comic books. Right. Right. I I think there can be an an even distribution. I may be saying something anyway. Also, I feel like. If all you're doing is taking a beloved character and doing away with them, I won't say kill, but doing away with them yeah. and giving it to a female, is that really pushing some kind of equality? Shouldn't there be a character as strong as the men that already exist well, I mean, that are their own interesting developed char- characters instead of just rehashing what we know and mm-hmm. applying it to a female? Right. Like Miss Marvel is actually a fantastic hero. Mm-hmm. fantastic and she has a deep long story arc that they could just explore mm-hmm. but the the movie was not that great it was not that great and they really underplayed her in uh the avengers because she's freaking strong 
Yeah. So that's that's part of the problem, right? Really shows up too late to the party, though. But there's could have solved a whole lot right up front. But there's interesting. There is interesting female superheroes that are already interesting in their own accord, right? They are. They could just go get interesting characters and make good movies about them, or include them because they've probably been in an adventure or an X Men at some point. Yeah. Why not? Like, why not? Why not give airplay to those interesting characters that probably deserve it? Totally agree. Yeah, it's very yeah. frustrating. So this uh, digression brought to you by Michael, KB1CKF. Thank blog. you, Michael. That was a horrible link. <laughs> Michael, you're great. I yeah. hate that block. Except for number six. Number six makes sense. <laughs> Take a hike, Hawkeye. No, he's good. <laughs> he's fine. Okay. The next email is titled Budget Mobile Radio De- Advice. What? And oh this is God. from Howard. All right, Howard, let's go. Hi, Leia and Josh. I just passed my technician test, a class test, in early September. Congratulations. Congratulations. Took the general class exam, but missed by one question. You know how many people we've had say that? Yeah. Like everybody it's missed by one. making me real nervous. I mean, missing by one, though, is like really yeah. close. That's really good. So I'll be taking it again in December. And when I pass it, I'll go for the gold and take the extra class test. Good for you. My son decided to try for his technician license then, too. So we've been having fun helping each other study. Oh, I love this so much. Yeah, that's great. Good bonding. I stumbled on your podcast and have been listening to past episodes at work. Really enjoy the banter between the two of you and helps the night go by quicker. Oh, thank well, you. glad to be of service, Howard. We like that we distract people at work. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, if you operate heavy machinery, maybe yeah. just lower the volume a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Are you also somebody who has to turn down the volume on the radio when you're like looking for an address? Or, or hold on, I gotta turn down the volume. I gotta think. No, I don't really care. I do. Do you? <laughs> gotta turn down my ears so I can think more. <laughs> what? I thought it might be, uh, I might get Josh's advice on a good budget radio or antenna setup for my truck, an 04 Tundra crew cab. I would like to keep it under 350, but could go as high as 400. That's how you do it, Howard. That's how you do that's it. See, very that's very nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say? Uh, well, he did not say which bands he's operating on, but I'm assuming. He's a tech, soon yeah. to be general. I'm assuming because he's a tech. And maybe all the way to extra. Okay. You have two options from my point of view, if you want to go with the Japanese radios. You have the um, ICOM 2730A. I have that radio in my shack. It's great. It's just a good analog 2-meter, 70-centimeter radio. How much is it? Uh, 200-something dollars. Oh, so room for the antenna, too. Room for the mount, room for the antenna. There you go. And some feed line thrown as well. Now, the second radio just came out. It's the Yesu, I think it's the FTM 6000, FTM 3000. I'll, I'll check while I'm while I'm talking. Same kind of radio. It, it, it's a dual band, um, simple analog radio. If you want to go more expensive, you could look at something like the FTM 300 by Yesu, but that puts you already in the $300 uh, no, $400. So it already blew your budget. I'm, I'm trying to space the antenna as mm-hmm. a factor with a mount. Yeah. There are other options, but I feel like if you got your technician license, you're going to want to play two meters and 70 centimeters and good for you on going with the mobile route. So I would look at the, um, the FTM or the IC 2730 
and the FTM 3000. With what antenna? Um, sorry, the FTM 3000 it, 300 is $450. So that's not what I mean. I think I mean the 6000. I am sorry. Yeah. How much is a mount typically? Uh, they can vary significantly. They can be as much as like $40, $60. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they can shift in price a lot. The F, so the FTM 6000 just came out, and that is $319. So you might have to play around a little bit to make it fit, or just go with the uh, 2730, which is, I'm pulling up literally HRO right now. And that'll take them into general and extra? Well, no, it's just technician. It, it's, it's a two-meter radio, two-meter, 70 centimeters. So, you what, know, what would be a good radio he could use as a tech, but could get full? There, there really isn't. Mm. There isn't, there isn't like inexpensive HF and VHF UHF radios. They're all way more expensive. The twenty-seven thirty goes for two hundred and eighty dollars at HRO right now. Okay, and what antenna would you recommend with that? A diamond antenna would be my recommendation. Just a dual beam or t- dual band, two meters, seventy centimeters. Something simple. You aim it for simple here. Again, you're going to get the mount. I like lip mounts. They're simple. And um, you're just going to run the coax into the radio and mount the antenna on top. Those are just simple options. I know there's probably people who are thinking, oh, you can do this radio, you can do this radio. Yes, you you can do all of that. And in fact, there are a couple of Chinese-made radios that are cheaper. But um, I don't know. Sometimes, for particularly people starting out with a budget like that, you may want to just get a radio that's just going to last and you're just going to be able to use it and you're just going to be happy with it. If you wanted to get into digital voice modes and stuff like that, then you're you're going to have to pay more money. You really are, unless you only want to do DMR, and then, then in that case, you can you can go with the inexpensive Chinese models. All right. Well, Howard signs off. Thanks for the advice and an awesome podcast. As for the ice cream cake, they are both good in their own rights, and I'm happy to eat either Carvel or Baskin Robbins. What a peacekeeper! Just don't call me late to the party. What a <laughs> what a keeping the peace comment. No, I'm. I, they're both good. I just there's they're you know one's better than the other. That's all. Oh, you're right, Carvel. All for now, Howard Casey won a PXQ seventy three. Thank good. you so much for the email, Howard. I hope that answers your question. I hope so. Otherwise, just send us another email. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're looking for the uh, the general and extra radios, it sounds like you gotta bring more cash to the party. Yeah. All right. The next email is titled "Giving It All the Beans," and this is from Brad. <laughs> First, this is a week late. I saw the upcoming podcast was five and a half hours long, and I almost fell over. I'll need to pack the family up and make a road trip so I can listen to it all in one shot. <laughs> Just, you know, a reminder is we only post the podcast once a week. Right. You have seven days to listen. It's true. That's, it's true. When, you, when you think about it like that, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but hey, anything that gets you and the family on the road to having a good time, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Come on, family. Let me lock you in this middle container and play a podcast for you. <laughs> No, where are, we, where are we going? Well, we're driving two and a half miles out. <laughs> two and a half miles. <laughs> uh, two and a half hours out. Wow. <laughs> and two and a half hours back. Mm. We're probably going to stop for lunch. <laughs> <That's>, nice. 
<laughs> the story from the listener about the lightning made me think of two things. One, survivor bias. The reason you hear of more near misses from lightning is because when it doesn't miss, you don't hear much from that person. (laughs) Two, his many encounters with lightning reminds me of a guy I knew from Arkansas. He has been bitten by armadillos. Armadilli? Many armadillos. (laughs) Five or six times. What? Why? Because he thinks it's hilarious to sneak up on these things and spank them. (laughs) So going back to our uh, preparedness talk about what not to do in a national park, spanking armadillos, oddly enough, was number six on the list. Didn't make the top five. I just, I can't imagine seeing an armadillo and thinking, I gotta smack that butt. Yeah, that that's that's new for me. Brad says they jump straight up in the air and roll into a ball. And when they land, you have a 50 50 chance it's coming after you. (laughs) I mean, they can't bite hard. (laughs) But I feel like if you see it roll in a ball, like you got to run faster than the armadillo, right? Like you're not standing there (laughs) to see whether it's going to go "Ah, bite or fly. Ah? <laughs> Brad says he has sent a video, so I know this is real. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen videos of armadillos that when they jump straight, when they're scared, they jump straight up and roll into a ball and just land in the ball. Right, it's really cool. It's really cool. So in that sense, I'm like, okay, now I'm kind of on board. I want to see this. There was an Asian market um, in the San Gabriel Valley. Yeah, that uh, sold armadillos. It was actually a a market that sold all kinds of Is this various where, like, the, animals. The sea turtles came into play. Yeah, they sold sea turtles when that was still legal. I think and I like think just legal to do whale. Oh, I don't know about whale. It was like key whale. Remember, it was like key whale or something like that. I don't remember. So my dad naturally bought an armadillo to try because he'd never had armadillo before. Was they it? Were, it was alive? frozen. It was frozen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And he said he got so itchy, but instead of saying he got itchy after eating it, but instead of realizing he's probably allergic to armadillo and that's why he was getting itchy, he was like, it must be because they eat so many ants. (laughs) (laughs) My dad is so smart on so many things, but sometimes, sometimes, father... I hope this doesn't come across as the wrong way, but is that like very like like Chinese medicine often correlates? Yeah, to like yeah. a a characteristic of something. Yes, has yeah. to relate to a natural yeah. animal or thing or reaction that is is vis- visually seen. Like, sure. So you get itchy not because of the the histamine reaction in mm-hmm. your body, which Chinese medicine doesn't really there factor is. in histamines. It it does. No, we didn't know about histamines when the Chinese were coming up with their medicine. So it's they, more or less like, what is what is a spicy animal? Right. An ant. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they Do didn't they eat a lot of ants. They didn't label it histamines, but there is an understanding of what causes certain reactions and what what it's, like yes, natural it's, it's your humors. Yeah. 
<laughs> what natural um it's the like miasma. plant or whatever it's could the aether these I are think, all like I think terms you're really to... confusing and none of these like, are chinese did the that was yeah. all like before we realized <laughs> like how how things work we called it like aether and miasma and all that so brad continues I had to say this, don't spank armadillos if you don't want to get bit and stop going out in thunderstorms. You'll live longer. <laughs> I can't imagine they bite hard. I mean, do you want to get bit by an armadillo? I mean, I don't want to, but if you start balancing <laughs> the like seeing them up close, like jump in, jump up and then curl into a ball. By the way, again, this goes back to your list. Don't mess with the animals. Yeah, but I mean, for instance like another animal that has kind of a hard shell that can go back into itself is a turtle or a tortoise yeah. right and those bite really hard yeah we, so. we saw that video of the guy with the snapping turtle he like put his yeah. face up next to it and the like, snapping no. turtle's like oh no i'm i just have my head all the way back in my shell yeah i've actually got like a good seven inches of reach right now my boy and yeah just <laughs> left right out and just nailed him right in the face and you're like Dude. Shouldn't have messed with animals, man. Do you think that like read some National Geographic every once in a while? Do you think like an animal like that leaves itself in the unloaded state right. when you're messing with it? It's like, oh, somebody's messing with me. I am in danger. I'm gonna I'm just gonna like Chill. elongate my neck yeah. all the way out. No, it's gonna like cock the barrel or cock the action uh and load the barrel and just be ready to go. And that's what it did. Right. Turtle gun. Definitely. It's a turtle gun. Yeah. So uh, Brad says, "Ham Ranger, that's funny and needs to be a shirt." <laughs> I do. We can think about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's on the list. <laughs> Just a Baofeng on a morphin radio question. Mm -hmm. Will I have any negative effects if I mount an HF dipole running alongside my two meter seventy centimeter J pole? The J pole is in my attic and is working very well. I was hoping to put an HF antenna up there too. They would not be running at the same time. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. I mean, it, how much here, how much the, space here, between the? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What's that noise? Do you hear that? I hear it. That was weird. It was something on the podcast deck. That was weird. We just got like a digital <laughs> communication from the moon. Yeah, me does get the ladies. <laughs> Leia, sit down. Yeah. You're not going anywhere, okay? Stop. I don't know if that actually made it through onto the, the recording, but that was really weird. Here's here's the thing. This is what where you have to put the antenna up. This is what you have. So put the antenna up. It doesn't matter if it interferes. It's what you have. So put it up. All right. It doesn't matter. Like it 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 does That's a even, real can do attitude. Even if it even if it does affect the pattern of your dipole or whatever, I mean you you put it under a roof. So yeah, it's gonna be attenuated some. Just put it up, man. Just put it up. Make it happen. Test it out. You tell me. It it'll it'll probably be fine. Mm -hmm. It may mess with the pattern some of the dipole, but again, if if the option is no antenna versus mm -hmm. a slightly modified pattern of a dipole. I'm always going to go slightly modified pattern of the dipole every time. All right. Well, Brad wraps it up. Scotches and bourbons are delicious. Yes. And I'm still not allergic to bees. Oh, <laughs> we're adding to the... Uh, yes. Soon this is... Scotches you know, and bourbons are delicious. You know what would be kind of a funny shirt? You know how like um, North Korea is the best example of this. Have you ever seen this like where they have the generals and they're all like lined up? Mm -hmm. And they have like 
so many awards. Yes. <laughs> like there's there's pictures of guys that have so many awards that the awards start going down their leg. <laughs> it's like for doing what? Where did you come up with all these awards? Like that's what it's going to be. It's going to have little ribbons. It's like not allergic to bees. <laughs> I like rare steak. I mean, that's stolen val- valor yeah. to a level that we won't ever play in. Yeah, absolutely kind of not. Yeah. Uh, in other news, I gave it the beans and got my general. What? Yay! Congrats, Brad. Well done. Congrats. Keep up the ham things, Brad, a K-O-B-R-D slash A-G. I, I love Brad's call sign. It's his name. <laughs> Very good, Brad. Nicely done. Well, I hope uh, Josh encouraged you to go ahead and just stick that uh, that next antenna up. Just put it up. Yeah. yeah, just put it up. The next email is titled Apology. And this is from Rob, our other volunteer uh-huh, podcast yes. co-producer. It says, hi, Josh. I apologize for writing an email last week that resulted in Leah calling you Joshua. <laughs> it's okay. No need to apologize. That that probably doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's not good. (laughs) No. I really don't call you Joshua that often. Very few people call me Joshua. (laughs) My son Cameron and I have been working on our time travel machine. We tested it by going back in time a few years to Vermont. I think we found eighth grade Nathan. Hmm. And I'm going to show Josh a picture because this looks very much like a young Nathan. That's funny. Post, we're posting that in the yes. Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. Well, maybe not because those look like minors, so maybe we won't. Yeah. We'll let Rob true. decide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob wraps up a five and a half hour podcast. Great job. Let's shore it up to six. <laughs> we're literally no. shoring it up. Yeah. <laughs> shoring it up in duration instead of shoring it up meaning less. Yes. 73K5DCQ. That's, man, you know, can I borrow that time travel machine? There was a, gotta... there was a uh, very funny TikTok that I listened to mm-hmm. where it was like, oh, no, time travel has probably been invented and people have probably made time travel devices. But right. what they didn't make is a space travel device. Because... If you had a time travel device, mm-hmm. and let's say it could only go back like 10 seconds, mm-hmm. well, the Earth is still moving real fast. Okay. <laughs> and so if you go back in time, do you stay in the same place you are now physically, or do you go back in time physically like you are space traveling? Interesting. Because if not, you will likely end up in space or in the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> This is a good point. Yeah, it's really interesting. I was like, oh. I mean, that is very on the surface. Like, you know, it's a TikTok. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, highest level possible like description. But I was like, oh, that's interesting. Sure, I could see that. Yeah, because how do you slow down? How do you speed up appropriately and slow down appropriately? I don't know. I mean, that's, yeah, anyway. Physics. I'm unprepared to talk about any of this. That is, a, that is a, a, a physics conundrum that I think can be solved. You got to travel back to a specific point in time no i know two. that's what everybody says a specific point in time but time is a man-made concept mm. right so you're really talking about you'd a have to place. correlate it to a time where you know that 
the exact spot you're at mm-hmm. is also a safe spot to time travel back. I mean, that's that whole like hyperspace thing, right? Like mm-hmm. if you don't, it was the joke in Star Wars. Like if you don't have your nav computer turned on and you jump to hyperspace and you come out of hyperspace, you could be like in a star. Mm. That's why you don't just jump before plotting the course, right? You've got to plot where you're going so that you don't end up. That's true. But even then, it's like all of this is just movie mumbo jumbo. It's not based in science, right? But it could be. No, keep keep going. We're not not doing that. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Rob. The next email is titled, Washington is great. And this is from Stryker. Okay, yeah. Stryker is a really good Mortal Kombat character. In Washington? No. Okay. I remember when uh, Mortal Kombat <laughs> came out, my buddy Brian, when we were hanging out, he would always play Stryker, and Stryker did this move where he, like, leapt across most of the screen with his, like, billy club and would, like, hook you and throw you, and he would just spam that thing. And it was really hard to block and mm-hmm. then come out of it because he'd just keep doing it. Yeah, he was very... That was the joy of the game. Very offensive. <laughs> Very frustrating. I had to get really good at like spamming fireballs and stuff like that. And then I had to play characters to counter them. And now you're a better player for it, which is netted. That was you. like the same, the same people who played like E Honda and just spammed like a thousand hands or whatever it's called and just mm-hmm. pushed forward at you. It's like, yeah. And look at how useful the mastery of that has been in your life. <laughs> I'm pretty good with my hands. <laughs> good hand eye coordination. <laughs> sure. All right. Hi, Leia and Josh. I've been debating writing in about this since you've brought it up a few times when talking about the Seattle area, but you sounded excited and more than half serious when you brought it up again during the last podcast and wanted to share. Mm-hmm. I We're definitely going to visit Seattle. I've been to Seattle multiple times. Yeah, but not, not together. We need to do the Portland to Seattle trip. How far is that? Oh, it's not far because you usually fly into Portland. And it goes. You fly into Portland and then you get a rental car. You drive up to Seattle mm-hmm. and then you can fly out of Seattle or you can drive back down and hit everything you didn't hit the first time on yeah. the road trip. My, um, let's see, when I was a kid, we'd go with my dad all the time because my dad worked at Alaska Airlines mm-hmm. and those are big hubs. Portland's, I think they're headquarters. Hmm. Yeah. Or used to be back then. I do love the Pacific Northwest, except I realized after the rain on Monday that I could not live like that all the time. So, so maybe not living there, but definitely visiting. <laughs> Stryker continues. I like solar panels. Li- visiting. <laughs> visiting the Pacific Northwest is an awesome idea. However, you can't ride the ducks anymore. What? In 2015, there was a multiple fatality. I think that's when I was in Seattle. What did you do, Leah? <laughs> Wait a minute. What did you do? There was a multiple fatality collision on the Aurora Bridge involving one of the company's Duck W's and a charter bus of students as a result of the mechanical failure in the duck steering. Oh, I was going to say, it's not anybody. The duck is, you ride like 10 feet above the, the, the ground, right? When you're in a duck, you're way high. No, yeah. the duck died. This failure caused the duck W to cross the center line oh, and no. veer into oncoming traffic, 
Ride the Duck Seattle tried to remain in business but never recovered from this incident. This, in addition to the human malware virus, caused the business to shut down in 2020 and file bankruptcy. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. That's so sad. Well, sorry about uh, all of it. Past. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, a new company named Seattle Splash Tours is supposedly trying to fill the amphibious vehicle niche in Seattle with the newly built vehicles coming sometime in 2022. <laughs> They're using Bradleys this time. That's well, no, I mean, no, one no. of the reasons that we wanted to ride the ducks with the kids was so that they like we could tell them that their great grandpa actually right. rode in one of those. But well, you drove it. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's even more official. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, but the other thing is when you're in the Seattle area, it's a really fascinating thing to be on that lake because you're seeing all of those um, houseboats that are like they're multi-story houseboats. Oh wow! I I didn't do this with you, so yeah, I, I didn't see this. But it's um. Do you do you remember Sleepless in Seattle? Mm-hmm. Um. Tom Hake's character. Yeah, had a houseboat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But yeah. I, it wasn't multi-storied in that movie, was it? I think it was. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I mean, when you say multi-story, I can I can get away, I can get behind two two stories because I was in a two-story houseboat, uh, houseboat on Lake Powell. Uh-huh. What, is it over two stories? Like, are they like townhomes that they've got like out on, uh, out on the lake there? I mean, they're... They're pretty big. I, I mean, the whole thing is, it's really beautiful. And I, I think it's one of the few places in the world that kind of does that kind of, you know. I'm that sure kind there's of many people living on the water all around the world. Leah. So the largest floating home on Lake Union is, looks like it's three stories. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. I mean, a lot of these things just tower really high. It's impressive, and it's very also very confusing. It, those are the kinds of things that would just blow children's minds. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, because they've never experienced it before. House like, on the water, right? Right. Yeah. No. How is this structurally sound? <laughs> Who did the Could civil engineering there? for this? That's <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what kids think. <laughs> How did this get a permit? <laughs> but there's there's like, quite a lot. Do you think they there? have a waterbed in the houseboat? <laughs> I would. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be weird because you'd already have the boat yes. subtly rocking. Yeah. And then you have the waterbed subtly rocking. Yeah. And then oh, what you need weird. right above you is a skylight. <laughs> so, you- so this house specializes in the fact that you will be seasick all the time. You're not buying a houseboat if you're seasick. It challenges you every but time. But it just you wake. it would just feel like you were floating on water all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. You know that that like free feeling you get when you're floating and when a it's summertime pool. and you're on a, a lounge in the pool and you just pass out in the yeah. hot sun and yes. get burned. And yeah. that's what it'll that's what feel everybody like. likes. That's yeah. that's what they're with no loves. with no sunburn. In Pacific Northwest Northwest, you're probably okay ish. You know, yeah. Except for in a storm. That's <laughs> probably not great. On your water bed. Yeah. <laughs> on the water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Stryker continues. I would say scope out places to move while you're 
when you're up here enjoying the hiking, cheese, beer, and evergreen trees. But if you just refinanced, I'm venturing to guess you're planning on calling California home for an appreciable amount of time. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I get everybody's opinions in California. I understand completely. I really do. I, I get it. There are so many things to not like about There's California. so many things to not like, but there's also a whole lot to like. And I think the biggest thing that we like is that all of our family is here. Right. But my sister is thinking about moving to. She uh, would be the one. She's thinking about and moving I'm, to Tacoma. I'm glad to see her go. Yeah. Wow. I'm <laughs> I love your sister. I'm kidding. Uh, I also have a cousin that uh, she works also up there would tech. definitely move to Tacoma, Washington. That seems like yeah. her kind of joint. Yep. Right there. Yep. That's uh, I, I really think she just really wants to be closer to her cousin because that was her best friend growing up. My sister and I are 16 years apart. Which cousin? Who's up there? Kayla. Oh. She works in tech up there. Oh, I didn't realize that's where she ended up. I know. Okay. She, she's down here a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm, just Oh, I that's understand. right. Because the whole everybody working from home. So she yeah, just she came just home. Came, yeah, she yeah, came yeah. to, to San Diego right. to stay yeah, with yeah. her parents. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she was like at all the... all the. Yeah, uh, we saw her all the time. We're like, yeah. do you work? Where, what's going on? <laughs> I work in tech. I can work wherever I want. And I then, live in a van. <laughs> I just drive around. I go park in a Starbucks parking lot. Free Wi-Fi. Log into work. And then her brother actually works in tech in Singapore now. Yeah, it's crazy. He is not actually here that often. <laughs> no. I haven't actually seen him since he moved. It's pretty sad. Yeah, he we missed saw a him. wedding. We saw him. When? He was on Zoom. Ugh. Got arguing. <laughs> no, we saw him like at the wedding. He was on, they had the thing, the phone, the thing, you know, the thing, the thing oh, box. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. It was like all weird time zone stuff. <laughs> there were roosters in the background. <laughs> What's going on? Singapore's lousy with roosters. Oh, man. He loves Singapore so much, though. <clears throat> that is somewhere else I would, I would like to visit. Singapore. Because he's a man who likes to follow laws. He does. <laughs> or get caned. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not a big fan of chewing gum, that man. <laughs> all right. Well, Stryker wraps it up by saying, that's all for now. I don't think we're all quite ready for a six-hour podcast just yet. I'm mildly allergic to bees. Oh, no. How is one mildly allergic? You just break out in you a hive. You just get itchy. Get it? You break out in a hive. Ah. Yeah. I was going with another joke. Because <laughs> the bees eat all those yeah. ants. Yeah. <laughs> Strykel's also allergic to tree pollen. All right. Oh, yeah, dude. Tree pollen jacks people up. Did you hear that the reason that we have such a big pollen issue is that there are male trees and there are female trees? And the female trees are the ones that fruit and mm -hmm. the male trees are the ones that pollinate. Mm -hmm. But city planners decided that they didn't want fruit trees dropping in the streets so that they would create more waste to be cleaned up okay. by city maintenance. Mm -hmm. So they planted nothing but male trees with no <laughs> female trees to absorb the pollen. So smart. Yeah. <laughs> How do they even know? How do they, what do you do to test a tree? I have no idea. I'm, I'm sure a botanist could tell, an arborist could tell you. An arborist well, is a is a, a tree. tree scientist, not somebody who specializes in building arbors. I would probably Just still a, talk to a biologist on this. A botanist. A bot. 
Well, a biologist a could probably tell you as well, depending on what a they're... A botanist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you go to a biologist, tell me about pollen. <laughs> like a human biologist? Well, it depends. I mean, don't they have to have a biology degree to even go into any of the special specialized fields? For botany? Yeah. Botany is plants. Okay. An arborist is a, like a tree doctor. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're the ones that like strap on harnesses and climb yeah. them to cut them down. Do you think they, they, they spread a fold or something to figure out what sex it is? But why would a biologist... You're that, telling me that a biologist probably couldn't tell you something about the sex of a plant? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Also, a biologist specializes in human biology. Okay, also, if I can go back a what step. What's happening right now? Also, if I... Also, <laughs> So I'm going to, I'm just going to pull up, I'm going to pull up the definition of biology is the study of living things and their vital processes. Okay. It's not about humans. Living things. Living things. Yeah. Are trees living? You mean they don't know the difference between a cell of a plant and the cell of a mammal? I'm or saying that they don't go down far enough in the expertise. You're of telling plants. me that in the 101 classes, even the 102 classes, that they don't go into like plant science. And by the way, doesn't flowers both contain a pistil and a stamen, both the male and the female reproductive organs? <laughs> so why is there male trees, Leah? To go back to my original question, now I'm doubting everything. We're we're Google fooling <laughs> each other right now. We can never, we can never let it go. Okay, botany is specifically plant biology. Yes, I know it's that a that branch is a of biology, but it's bio a branch of biology. You have to get a biology degree to become a botanist. I don't, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? What do you mean you don't know? I don't know that that's true. I don't. I think botany is its own path. Like, for instance, people who go into agricultural fields, you think they have to be biologists? Okay, so I will go back and say, yes, boy, uh, trees can be yes! boys and girls, <laughs> yes. fine. But flowers <laughs> definitely have male and female parts. Sure. Flowers. So I'm assuming plants. Well, actually, like in the case of, different. for instance, we're growing squash and pumpkins mm -hmm. in the front yard, right? Yes. Okay, well, there are male flowers and there are female flowers. Only the female flowers can produce fruit. And the male flowers create the pollen. Fine. That's that's fine. I, I, I'm, on I'm, the I same not, plant. This is on not my hill to die on. No, no, no. There was multiple <laughs> things that just happened right now. The biology thing is a is a universal degree. I like don't you think you have to have a biology degree to become a botanist. I think that is a specialized field. Okay, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah, because there's, why would a botanist need to know about the biology of like mammals? Fine, but that also wasn't my point. Do you think a biologist might know something no, about this? I do not. I think the that study of living things. I think a you biologist. Think that they didn't have a high level course that would talk about plants. You think they didn't talk about plants? I, mean, I think they would briefly cover it. Whether or okay. not they knew enough to identify a male tree versus a female tree. That is very specific information. Okay. I'm not throwing any shade on, on botanists here, but how hard is it to determine the sex of a tree? It's probably not that difficult. Man, you need to do some gardening. 
before you start running your mouth about the difficulties of plants. <laughs> all right. I hey, put a little Joe Bond Musk on this tree, and then all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> hey, the, striker, then the female so tree starts to lean over. That's how you tell. You come back in a couple of days, and the female trees are leaning over. It's like the male tree is doing EME. No, it's like EME. Like, it's oh. the male tree is doing EME. What was the I female thinking tree. What, e, EDM. EDM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For trees, but it's it's much lower. It's like. Are you are you on a muscle relaxer? Or something? <laughs> like, no, I what's tried. I, I just give me the muscle relaxers for my back. Just give them to me. I got a podcast today. <laughs> That's what I wanted. All right. Well, thank you for all of that, Striker. And he yeah, that was, a, that was a journey. K seven IBU. The next email, not the "Don't Stop Believing" kind of journey. No. <laughs> the next email is titled "Eggs and Pepper." And this is from Douglas. Mm -hmm. I really like eggs in many forms, scrambled over medium, poached, egg sandwiches, and more. Okay. It's like the hobbits and potatoes. Josh makes the best scrambled eggs ever. The thing that Josh cooks in his house is scrambled eggs. I, I would argue that I'm good with eggs in general. Like, I can cook them many different ways. Okay, like poach, if you give me, poach eggs, me one tomorrow. Thank you. No, I don't and do then, that. I don't do <laughs> but I, I imagine it's... I, I could probably get good at it pretty quickly. And as for egg sandwiches, here is a hot tip. I think somebody once asked me more simple recipes, mm -hmm. right? Because they had tried like like crispy egg rice and Maggie, which mm -hmm. is mind-blowingly good for how simple it yes, is. Yes, it is. If you want a delicious egg sandwich, also crispy egg, but on a Vietnamese French baguette. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Also with a little bit of Maggie I was just going to say, and, and the Maggie's back in. Yeah. 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 Yes. Also a magical combination. And if you like it spicy, you like cut up Thai chilies, like real small and sprinkle it inside. Whew, taste sensation. <laughs> it's very good. All right. Well, Douglas says, however, my wife cannot have eggs in the morning. It makes her nauseous. Lunch or later is fine. That's interesting. In the morning, it's no green eggs and ham for her. <laughs> and Douglas signs off. K-I-7-L-I-K. Interesting. I wonder what about eggs makes her sick in the morning? Huh. A bad experience with eggs or something along those lines? Growing up? Like your mom? She can't? Yeah, my mom can't handle, like, the, um, I mean... You kind of have to trust me when I say the eggs are really good, the scrambled eggs, but mm -hmm. also the first time you have it, it might be softer than most people eat scrambled eggs. Yeah, your like mom if you microwaves grew up like, your eggs. Yeah, if you grew up like drinking or drinking, eating uh, like Denny's eggs, diner eggs, that mm. kind of stuff, they're going to come like harder than, than I serve them. A diner scramble is different from like a classic French um, preparation. Which yeah, it's, it's more in the French do. style. Yeah. yeah. Very buttery. <laughs> That's me in a nutshell. It's more on the French side. <laughs> it's very Parisian. That's what I do. All right. Well, thank you, Douglas. The next email is titled Snail. <laughs> and this oh, is from no. Vaughn. Hey, guys. First time emailer here. Been listening for a while. Well, thank you, Vaughn. Thank you, Vaughn. I thought since you brought up the snail in the last podcast, I would share with you the origin of the snail. 
It's evolved a lot on TikTok and Reddit, it but has. this is the original. Yeah. Sorry if it disappoints you with its lack of super intelligence. <laughs> there is a YouTube video, and I actually ended up already watching this YouTube video, mm-hmm. but it is from the origins mm-hmm. of the snail story. Yeah. And for anybody who doesn't know from last week, mm-hmm. uh, what was the proposition, Josh? Uh, the proposition is basically you get to decide. Uh, you get a billion dollars, and you are you are immortal at this point. But if you accept that, there is a snail. It's a smart snail. The the variance of how smart it is, I guess we'll learn a bit a little bit more in, later in this email. But it is always chasing you. It knows where you are at all times. It is also immortal, and if it gets to you within a close enough range, you will die a horrible death. Yeah. <laughs> And die a horrible death is something that was also added. You just die, basically. Yes. So I'm not going to play the whole YouTube video, but I will put it um, in the show notes. Originally, I think it was 10 million, if if I'm remembering the email, the um, the link correctly. You have to to, uh, account for inflation in your hypothetical, would you rather... uh, online talk because by the way this this snail thing is really old yeah it's also not super intelligent yeah no it is Mm, no you're not making a deal with a snail no i know yeah (laughs) who made it it's the snail's money what's in it for the snail what are you talking about he's like the rich old man from hunger from a squid game (laughs) a snail game what's going on what are you talking about? Like, I never I never said you had a wager. It's just a... I don't need, like, a, a deep lore of all of these characters. It's just a stupid, like, drunk person question that you ask. And then you fight about it for, like, the next five hours. <laughs> That's, like, all this is. It's just something that you hang out with the boys and you talk about. It's not, like, a big deal. Okay, well, Vaughn signs off. Ham curious, allergic to milk. Oh, man. That's tough. Like allergic, allergic, or like lactose intolerant. So you could touch milk and it not affect there's, you. There's people that are lactose intolerant that can like do okay with cheese, mm-hmm. but they can't like, or um, like yogurt is okay. Right. Or um, or you can have like lactose-free milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for your email, Vaughn. Uh, we we will oh, so debate it, just it the both the ways. YouTube. Yeah, we okay. will we'll debate it both ways. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it in the uh, the Discord, and so people can we can well, fight about it in the it show on the notes, Discord. and, and the then we'll notes, sure. yeah, we can have a. But if you a, want to fight with people about it, join the Discord. Yeah, go to the uh, <laughs> HRCC podcast chat and start arguing about the snail. The next email is titled "In Awe at the Size of That Lad." <laughs> and this is from Preston. First and foremost, let me congratulate y'all on obliterating the five hour milestone with last week's five and a half hour yeah, episode. I think champagne is in order. With <laughs> last week's how cheap can you go topic, I thought I might finally hear Josh acknowledge the redheaded stepchild of the budget HF world, the Shegu G1M is nope. a five watt single band HF transceiver. All band? Nah, four band. <laughs> Features? Yeah, one or two. They actually managed to put a spectrum display on that tiny monochrome screen. 
It even bridges the gap between the ready-made world and the kit world, as some say the mic jack is fragile and sometimes needs to be resoldered. Yes, that's soldered by the user. <laughs> this ugly duckling of a radio can be had for the surprising price of $265. I'll drop the radiotity link at the bottom. I will <clears throat> put that in the show notes as well. If Josh wasn't previously aware of the G1M, I was. I'd be interested to see him review it, as he has said he might l- last week. I have this nagging idea that it might make for a neat go box in an ammo can project, and I'm wondering if it's worth the Benjamins to try it out. Okay. I have not handled this radio, but I know tens of people. Tens. <laughs> who have had this radio own this radio and do not recommend it oh why they just they just don't they just don't recommend it they don't like it it's not it's not for them it's tough to interface with a computer if you want to do digital it doesn't perform that well as a a radio if you will it doesn't sound good um so you're saying it's failing on all the metrics yeah (laughs) But I'm also talking as someone who's not handled it, so this is not me telling you my experiences. Preston, are you trying to get Josh to buy another radio? Yeah, it sounds like he is. (laughs) Um, I yeah, and yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that keen to to review it. If I if I come upon one really cheap, or if like I get a a wild someone that that reached out and said, "Here, check this thing out," and you know, keep it for a couple of months, that. I, I take a look, but I'm not, I probably won't see it. All right. There, there might not be a video for that. For like, It's just not worth it since enough people have had enough problems with it. Yeah. I mean, at some point it's, this sounds, this might sound dumb, but it's like, if it's something that's kind of universally, people don't really like it. Me making a video about it. What am, what am I really doing? Like if, right. You want to introduce the people. Fire? You know to I mean? a good time. I'd rather point people to like save the money and buy like a G90, which is, sure. which is the, if, if was the G1M, right? The yeah. G1M, if the G1M was the first showing in this space, the, what the radios that came later, like the X5105 and the G90 are like iterations of that gotcha. and they're better. So mm. like, why not just focus on getting one of those because it's only 265 dollars. yeah i know i know but Mm -hmm. it's what if what if you could get what no i'm not even gonna go down this path because it's just gonna encourage you to buy another radio that is totally unnecessary yeah but like what if you could hack it to actually make it good no i'm not gonna do that that's also right because then what am i gonna who's that video for People who First thing you do is uh, desolder sixty percent of the components. <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, I know that that's that's a stupid thing to say because that's not really what you'd have to do. Yeah, something completely different than that. Um, but y- you know what I mean. It's like who's who's this compelling for? You know, all right. It turns into a pretty small market at that point. Well, Preston says, thank you so much for your input on my UHF dipole. I think I should have included more details about my use case and how I'm trying to set it up. Always provide more details. To keep this email from becoming a novel, I'll follow up with that next week and try to include some pictures. 
Lastly, Leah pointed out that my suffix resembles the name Dolly. My call sign is actually a sort of leet-speak rendition of my last name, KM3DLY or K-Medley. Mm. <laughs> 73s for now, Preston. Thank you nice so much. Oh, and that's Preston KM3DLY. Thank you, Preston. Look forward to next week's email. Mm-hmm. The next email is titled Shirt Idea, and this is from Mixer. Hello, Josh and Leia. A shirt playing off of the of Drew's captivating lightning strike email. A picture of a hand with the index finger on the power button of an amplifier with the words, give it the beans, above the picture. This might have been suggested already. Cheers, Chuck, Katie9QIY. That's not bad. We could we could take a picture. I could take a picture of the amp and it's just a square. All right. Maybe. Then you have a finger Maybe. and just give it the beans. It's like a little like voice bubble. Okay. Okay. Giving it the beans. That's, <laughs> beans have been given. <laughs> That's it. That's, all right. The next email is titled Radio Nets and Caldor Fire. Mm. And this is from Douglas. Here's an article written in the Oak Hill Fire District newsletter. I have linked the EdArc Group's IO message. And uh, it is a report on the neighborhood radio watch and the Caldor fire. Uh, I will go ahead and put this link in the show notes. <clears throat> but it looks like it talks about um, the Caldor fire the, uh, and ham radio's involvement, which is very interesting. It's like five pages long, so I'm not going to go um, over it. But yeah, I went through it quickly. It, it's a good read. Yeah, it's a really good article. It was nicely done. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Douglas. That's uh, I always love to see uh, stories of how hams are helping in disaster situations. Mm, so indeed, that's fantastic. The next email is titled "My Lightning Story," and this is from Gerald, Leah, and Josh. I know I'm a couple of weeks behind. It's taking a while to catch up after a family vacation and some busy weeks. It's our, no problem. It's, we appreciate the efforts, Gerald. I wanted to tell you my lightning story. It's actually a tornado story that features, in my case, lightning. Mm -hmm. That's even more scary. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's a tornado that spits lightning at you. Yeah, exactly. What? On April 27th, 2011, there was a severe outbreak of tornadoes in this area. There was something like 20 tornadoes in southeast Tennessee, north Georgia, and north Alabama. At this time in our lives, my wife and I were in the middle of buying a new house. Mm -hmm. There were many storms during work that day. And at my place of employment, we had to go to our tornado shelter areas three or four different times. After work, I went home to take a shower like normal. After my shower, I got a call from my wife saying that she was delayed getting home because three different ways she had tried to get home were blocked by fallen trees. She told me she was going to go to her parents' house as it would be easier to get to. She was going to wait out the storms there. After our conversation, I finished getting ready and started to go to my in-law's house. By the time I got my car started, it was raining quite a bit, but I decided to go ahead anyway. Good man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the end of my driveway, I received a text message from my niece who was listening to a police scanner that a tornado was spotted in my neighborhood. I took a look around and decided that was a mistake. It was not that bad. 
On my way to my in-laws house, the rain intensified and then turned into hail. My in-laws lived only a few miles away and I decided I should keep going. A few seconds later, the hail was so bad I had trouble controlling my car because I was driving through puddles of hail. The sound on the roof was deafening and I was getting a terrible headache. I slowed to probably five miles an hour, but continued my drive. All of a sudden, there was a burst of light and a sound that made my ears ring. Too scared to stop or turn around, I sped up and drove as best I could the rest of the way. About five minutes later, I got to my in-law's house. My wife and her dad were waiting on the porch to come out and meet me. The storm had passed by their house and it was only sprinkling there. That was the worst 10-minute drive of my life. At their house, I went in and told my story. We were relieved that I made it. I got a call that there was indeed a tornado that went by. It took about two hours for the ringing to stop and my headache to pass. Wow. That car had severe hail damage. Some of the hail was baseball-sized, but thankfully the windshield did not take a direct hit from one of those. Seven people in our in our county died in that tornado. Whoa. It was an EF4. Whoa. Wow, you drove through that? That is That is real love for your wife. Yeah. I mean, truly. Yeah. Our house was okay and the house we were buying was okay, but we had the seller clean up a few trees before we finalized the sale. I went on the same road during the day a couple of days later and there was a tree about 30 yards from the road where I was during the driving that was split in half. Wow. That is a very close call. That was and a missed opportunity though. When when the flash of light hit, the next line should have been, so I gave it the beans. Because <laughs> he sped up. He gave it the beans. <laughs> Like Brad said, I mean, maybe the key here is like not going out. Yeah, in a no, storm. no, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. At the same time, I hope time, your wife really appreciated you coming to to her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let, let's put this into perspective a little bit, particularly when it's dark. Like, if how do you know, right? So if if there's t- tornadoes in your area. And you've got like cars in the front yard and all that stuff. It's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to get in a car and try and flee the tornado that may be coming towards your house, but you don't really know? Yeah. And then you leave in your car, but then maybe you're driving into a tornado. Right. Yeah. There's just too many unknowns. I will say that this is proof to me. Get yourself to a storm shell, a uh, cellar or basement or whatever. That Southerners are made from a much hardier stock than we in California. Because when it starts raining, the only thing I want to do is cuddle up on the couch and want everybody to just stay home. (laughs) We're just all, we're going to have a rain day. (laughs) Maybe I have Southerner in my blood because immediately when it starts raining, what do I want to do, Leah? I have no idea. Go drive. I love driving in the rain. I did take Ben out for the one day that it rained. I asked the kids, do you guys want to go put on your raincoats and your rain boots and go splash in some puddles? And Ben was like, yes. And Ennis was like, no, I don't want to get wet. Oh, this was a, this this is- a funny story. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. And so we went out and Ben had a great time splashing in puddles. I got some 
fantastic video for I, no other purpose than for me to look back mm-hmm. as to when they were young. Right. And we come back inside and Ben goes and takes a warm bath. I, I make some hot Ovaltine, right? So funny. And, and Edison goes, I want hot Ovaltine. And I was like, what do you need hot Ovaltine for? You've been in the warm house this whole time. He was chilling with me He's, while I was 3D printing yeah. stuff. It's like he went outside and played in cold rain. (laughs) He was so mad. He wanted to put his jacket on and go outside and like splash around (laughs) so he could earn the hot hot chocolate. I ended up making him a cup anyway. It was very funny. Uh, But he was like, well, you didn't tell me that I would get a hot bath. I was like, first of all, you can take a hot bath on if you want. (laughs) Nobody's stopping you, bud. And I and I want I want a hot cocoa. And that was the point. It yeah. wasn't the bath. He just used that to like. So, yeah. He's so manipulative. He's, he's so manipulative. He's like, that's not that's not fair. You didn't you didn't give me all the details. You didn't tell me. Yeah. He's such a negotiator. Oh and then gosh. I'm like, it's you didn't want to go. The point isn't this other stuff. The point was going out to play in the rain. Yeah, you can't explain, like, it's about the moment, Edison. Yeah. Edison. Like, you can't do that. All right. Well, Gerald signs off. Thanks, Gerald, and for DST. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Thank you, Gerald. That's these, great. These near Scary. misses of... Oh, also <laughs> snow. I like driving in snow, too. Yeah, it's not great. It's not fun. That was one of my favorite drives out of... Uh, you also, when there was a massive thunderstorm coming through here, you went outside. They were, it was <laughs> held, so far. It was so far away. Held your phone up in the air. No, I had the selfie stick could. out. I did the oh, whole even a sol- It was, you know, this <laughs> aluminum rod that yes. I was holding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the exactly. phone attached. Yeah. <laughs> Just to spin around. <laughs> and I caught a ton of amazing video <laughs> of lightning. And then I got subtly laughed at. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do it subtly. No, (laughs) some other people on Twitter. All right. The next email is titled All in the Family, POTA. (laughs) And this is from Charlie and Chrissy. Mm -hmm. Josh and Leah, been several weeks since I have emailed, but wanted to update you on a POTA failure and success. Two weekends ago, I was scheduled to have a POTA with my Elmer, Brent, N4BDW at a local state park. He had a conflict last minute and couldn't make it. I was planning on using his 7300 and truck mast with an OCF dipole. Mm -hmm. Without Brent and his equipment, I didn't want to go. But at last minute, with the encouragement of my wife, I decided to go with my G90 and Slink Tenna. I have an NFED from KM4ACK. I just haven't assembled it yet. I didn't have high hopes. I was right after about 45 minutes, I gave up with zero contacts. Mm. Not all a failure. Our three-year-old had a blast on the playground and we had a great picnic lunch. Okay, so go back. What antenna did he use? Uh, G90 with a slink antenna. Okay. Yeah. The the wheels are turning. I mean, yeah, it's a, um, I, I think I covered it in my review. It's more of a, receiving antenna no offense i mean the g90 will definitely tune it Mm -hmm. but you're gonna have a harder time making contacts with it the nfed half wave is gonna do better for you making contacts time for you to assemble that antenna yeah yeah 
Round two, Brent and I scheduled a poda for this past weekend again. Saturday comes beautiful weather. I head to the park to start hopefully making contacts. This would be my first time using 100 watts and, and a 7300. Brent activates the park first, Blue Lick State Resort Park, K1274, on 20 meters, making 12 contacts all across the country. Good work. Before saying it was my turn. I head to 40 meters and throw the CQ Poda out there, and then it slowly begins. What's really interesting, why the change in in bands? Don't because know. it was like daytime, right? So yeah, wouldn't you, you be on 20 to. meters? No, 40, 40 works good in day. Well, probably not as populated as uh, 20 during the day, but 40 is good mm-hmm. too during the day. Wow. A l- little under two hours later, I had north of 125 contacts on hammers using my iPhone. I was sad to tell the pileup I needed to sign off. It was a rush to manage a pileup. I had spent the last several weeks chasing POTA, so I had a good idea on best practices and how other folks handled the flow of a pileup. Good. Good for you Th- for listening. That's great. Yep. That's big tips right there. Yep. Good for you. What an amazing time. I do okay with my G90 at the QTH, but the 100 watts on POTA was like shooting fish in the barrel, it felt like. Oh, yeah. Particularly because you're the you're the DX, right? I don't regret getting the G90 last year, but the 100 watts was awesome to have. Yeah, that's why a lot of people who buy the G90 upgrade to the 891, the Yesu FTM 891 or FT891. All right. Well, Josh, a few ham radio questions. Mm-hmm. What is your thought on the new Shegu 6100? Will it undercut the 705 market? I don't know, um, but I will have one. All right. What I'll are, check it out. Okay. What are some soldering tips for a beginner that has no soldering experience? This is the reason I haven't started the end fed antenna is because of the need to solder a little bit. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's the perfect thing to start soldering on because it's way more forgiving than building a radio. I, okay. I immediately went to like, I think he was thinking about uh, building a radio or something like that and soldering. Generally, the thing to think about when you want to go down the road of building kits or something like that is uh, have the appropriate tip for your soldering iron. A a, a needle tip is fine um, if it's more of a broad needle, like a a wider taper. Mm -hmm. That'll probably work okay. And that'll work fine for doing the the end-fed half wave as well. What did you use when you built yours? The same, the Mm Hako. I used the Hako iron is now my primary iron i change the tips out occasionally if i'm going to do like surface mount stuff or i'm going to get like really really focused on a really high point then i'll use a very narrow uh, needle tip but most of the time i use a relatively broad tip that actually has a slight chisel the one that comes with the hako has a slight chisel the one you don't want is the straight chisel that's you can use it but it's primarily for like doing solder on coax and stuff like that which is not really something uh, you you need to uh, you need to deal with most of the time. Okay. Well, Charlie and Chrissy sign off. Thanks for all you do. I mm-hmm. truly appreciate you sharing your time with the ham radio community. Always remember that behind every great man is an even greater woman. It's true. Seventy three, Chrissy. 73. 
AD for uh, Charlie, AD four CH, and Chrissy, KO four NXB. Thank you both so much for the email. Thank you. And the great reminder for Josh. Just what a great reminder. Great great reminder. I listen to those gift giving tips. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully, these answered your questions. And, uh, well, not the Shagu question yet, but soon? Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Who, you know, we got all those boats off the shore of the coast. I have no idea what it takes to get something over from China. It's now. true. You might have to swim out to one of those containers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like the Amazon boats are sending out there yeah. to like bring stuff in. I have no idea what it would be like to get something in right now. It's, I have no clue. The next email is titled T-shirt idea slash new segment. And this is from Nick. Mm-hmm. Leah and Josh, not finished with the marathon podcast from last <laughs> week yet. <laughs> but- all right. Well, you got a couple of days, right? But I just got to the point where Josh was saying to use a Yagi to point at a repeater and kerchunk it. All I could think was, give it the beans. (laughs) Give it the beans. (laughs) So my idea would be a house with a tower with a Yagi pointing right next to a repeater located literally next door, pushing the full legal limit into it with give it the beans somewhere on there. Not sure how the art would look for it or if it would work out, but the idea made me laugh. (laughs) Hey, if we make it. It is very funny. I just don't know how to convey that in a shirt. Yeah, give it the full legal limit. Like it's two towers and it's just a beam pointed at the one tower and it's like it says repeater above it and just give it the beams. (laughs) Yeah, again, if we make it, you'll get one. I also had an idea for a new segment or segments. Okay. The HRCC movie recommendations could also spawn numerous other sections, HRCC writing utensil recommendations, HRCC EDC recommendations, HRCC radio accessory recommendations, if you want something ham related, etc. I can see that. Just doing my part to make sure it doesn't get any shorter. You don't have to thank me, Josh. I'm kidding, of course. Well, thank you for the email. I appreciate that. Uh, We did watch Dune. We did. I I watched it. Leia probably watched 20, 30%. I, inter- I intermittently watched it. The guy gave me real Kylo Ren vibes. And he, yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, I can see that. And then really watching a movie with Josh where he has seen the original movie and read the book, you can imagine what that feels like. Because I was pointing out things that they skipped and (laughs) things that I didn't like that they did. Yeah. Yeah. And then the. And it's like, man, I I went in a whole like diatribe about the Benny Gesserit and you were like, I don't care. (laughs) I mean, you didn't say that because that's not the type of person you are. But uh, the message was clear. (laughs) I did care. I I thought that was the only thing that you'd be interested in because the Benny Gesserit is like they're super. They have superpowers. They're all women. And I asked they you a ton of questions. Politics. I, I asked you a ton of questions about the Benny Gesserit. I mean, and a ton the, being three. Yeah, that's the, a huge, more than the zero. Kazarat, is, the the Kazarat. The Yes. The the cataract. The cataracts. <laughs> yes. Only one person can have cataracts. That's in right. That, in Only that one universe. person, and that's why they. Um, that's why they need the sight. The Quizox <laughs> Hatterack. Yeah. Is what you're thinking. Huh? <laughs> yes. All right. Or the Quizats Hatterack, that's it. Well, Nick says, anyways, as always, the podcast is great. 
Thank you, Nick. Mm, thank and you. thank you both for everything you do. You two and all the correspondents are like friends we get to meet with each week Aww. and just hang out with. One of the highlights for me every week. Oh, that that's is very so sweet. Nice. Thank you. One X crew allergic to penicillin, oh. but hate bees. That's always tough. It's the people who are allergic to penicillin. It's like, what do you, how do you antibiot? Well, I mean, some of I mean, these there's things, more antibiotics now. Like but. when the doctor asks you if you're allergic to something, I always say, not that I know of, because like if I've never been exposed to it, how do I know? That's the, the, the nurse asked me that today and I'm like, uh, no, but always interested to find out new ones. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been stung by a bee. So I actually have no idea if I'm allergic, but I'm hoping that I eat enough honey. And that it's one not going to be a problem. Us, one of us. Yeah. yeah. Nick signs off 73, formerly KD2 UVD, new vanity call K2 NTW. That's okay. NTW. Well done. Uh, I'm assuming that's actually a promotion call, right? Because he went from the six digit to the five digit. No, you can do that with a technician. All righty. Well, thank you so much, <laughs> Nick. It's just a vanity. It's good. It's good, though. The next email is titled Patch Proofreading Squirrel. And this is from Douglas. Okay. I should probably start proofreading my emails more thoroughly. I meant eye patch. Oh, because Douglas suggested yes. a patch. Yeah. Eye uh, mm, patch. That's an interesting niche I haven't looked into. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> too late for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. We missed that boat. I imagine yeah. that's the big year or the big time of the year for eye yeah, patches. Yeah. Halloween. I'm going to have to think on that. <laughs> and now that uh, Johnny Depp is out of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. That franchise is dead to us. <laughs> probably not a big uh, eye patch movement going on. Mm. He doesn't wear an eye patch, though. No, I know, but pirates in general. Uh, right? Sure. Well, Douglas says, I played the Oregon Trail in school on the on the old large floppy disks. As did I. Uh, well, we have to be very clear what you say by the old large floppy disk because there's actually two sizes. And the uh, first versions of the floppy disk were much bigger than the five inch floppies that we played the game on, by the way. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, I would play the farmer to make it difficult. I would use the banker. <laughs> Ooh, squirrel. <laughs> And that's from Douglas, K-I-7-L-I-K. <laughs> Thank you, Douglas. The best was hunting, man. There was so many people who uh, would just like rock the hunting game. The next email is Lay titled... It. There's the picture of the large floppy, the black one. Oh, that is much larger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the t-shirt idea. Uh, V-E-3-G-K-T. And this is uh, Joseph. Hi, Leah and Josh. Love the podcast, even if I don't always make it through the full four hours. It's okay. You tried. Yeah, yeah. It's a real exercise in endurance. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of shirt ideas I'd like to share. A, a print with the angry note written out on the torn out spiral bound sheet We've of paper. We've talked about this. We've talked yes. about this. This is definitely a thing. Yeah. yeah. Or B, print with lids, lids, lids. Lots. <laughs> 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 written out filling up a torn out spiral bound sheet of paper <laughs> okay. this is some background 
there's some background that has to be explained here. today. Would you, would you like to? T- I t- t- defended t- Joshua's honor. <laughs> <laughs> you white knighted for me. Yes. <laughs> so, in the Facebook group today, which mm-hmm. is uh, by the time it, it's going to be buried, it's going to be buried by the time uh, um, you hear this on Friday. <laughs> But somebody comes in to the HRCC Facebook group and asks, uh, how many when, years has Josh been? Or like, licensed? when did Josh get yeah. licensed? Yeah. And uh, there were a, a, quite a few like funny responses. Yeah. Which is like a bat signal for me. <laughs> like, like, that's hilarious. Because I think the first answer was uh, he's whenever he got his license yeah. <laughs> and then the next one was uh he got licensed in his mother's second trimester <laughs> right <laughs> but uh so i popped in to answer because i know it was like 2006 or 2007 yeah um but i wondered why because it is a right. weird question it, it's uh it's the you already know the direction this is heading right yeah. it's like a i'm gonna find a gotcha like it's a very disingenuous way of having a conversation with somebody. Well, I actually was giving him the benefit of the doubt. I know that some people like are just curious about things and sometimes people can be a little bit socially awkward. Oh, sure. With that so, question, it yeah. could go either way. Right. But so, most of the time it's not going the yeah. the nice way. So, I said, uh, why do you ask? Because it's it's apropos of nothing. Like he could just contact me. Or it's check not the hard ULS. to reach me. It's not hard to reach me. You can yeah. reach me. And I think somebody did end up pulling up the ULS. Right. But it, it only shows, like, you got to go back, right? Because it only shows when I, I, I re-upped. Right. 2017 right. was when I re-upped because I got licensed in 2007. And, I mean, I'm I'm generally a nice person. Yeah. So. Most of the time. Yeah. So. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I basically, um. You know, I, I said that and like, why do you ask? And he goes, well, um, there were some not so informed comments in his YouTube yeah. video. And I literally because I believe in the good of people that I was like, oh, somebody made some comments on one of just I didn't it didn't register that he was saying your comments like what were, I said. In yeah, I, I assumed it was comments on the YouTube video. And I was like, yeah, it happens. Like, but I mean, that's also yeah, true. Like, yeah. yeah, it happens. Like and then I made this comment on um, how I genuinely don't believe that the years of licensing um, matters that much in terms of expertise, because like, look at me, I'm, there's uh, people who have been licensed a shorter period of time than me mm-hmm. that are definitely way better ham. I, I would argue it's yeah. a good indicator, but I wouldn't I wouldn't come out of the gate having a prejudice because of it. Right. Right. So um, then it quickly devolves. Yeah. He accuses HRCC of uh of being a cult uh yeah right which oh man i i don't know if you guys know this but i i feel so protective of hrcc because like what the vibe is for lack of a better word in that group is fantastic i'm in so many other ham radio groups that are just so unpleasant to visit right but you go to the hrcc facebook group and it's just like it's a good time. Right. You know? And so to, 
And it's not like people don't have differing opinions or anything sure. like and, that. And sometimes bad things happen. And you But know. I also think that people who like join cults tend to be very weak minded and lost, whereas the HRCC community is a brain trust. It's I it's like so many extremely intelligent people. Right. Right. And like also very kind and helpful people. Right. And to take that and like be like, whoa. And then he goes, based on all the vultures circling, I'm assuming this is mostly millennials. It's and just it's I was just so like, what many, is happening yeah, here? It's so many like horrible generalizations. So just, so upset about like why too? Like if you had just you could by the way, you you can always contact me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I read the comments on the video. And and Josh quite often will be like Correct me if I'm wrong. I might be wrong on this. I don't know that yeah. much about this topic. I yeah. mean, there's no way anyone can know this much yeah. about all these topics. It's and he, he like actually really tries. If he's out of his depth in a topic that people want to hear about, he will reach out to somebody he knows is like great in that area uh, yeah. to provide sure. the information. Of course, of course. You know? Why would you not? And um, and I was like, whoa, okay, so we are now getting into unfriendly territory. Right. And uh, as for like whether or not we're millennials, I'm not. Josh considers himself an elder millennial, but HRCC welcomes all generations. Right. So it, it, I don't know why, you know. And so it devolved quickly. Yeah, and then and, and you know my favorite part is like every time you responded to him, he didn't really respond to you. He just made a new comment on his original post. Or he would respond to somebody else and not respond to me. It and I just, and I think that because one of the things that I do tend to be um, like pretty patient with people. Right. At least initially. Right. And even if I get into argument with somebody, it's it, I'm not I'm not disrespectful about it. Right. You know, because for me, it's always about providing the information because like maybe you didn't know. Sure. Right. And that's fine. And maybe once you do know, you'll understand and everything will be good. Right. Right. So. um, So anyways, he wasn't responding to me, I think, probably because like you can't really be a dick to somebody who's being nice to you. (laughs) I mean, you can. There are people that do that. But it would just it would be it would be like new accusations that he would make a new reply to. Right. Right. (laughs) And it's like, oh, my goodness. Okay. And then finally, he just started spamming lids over. And that's actually what ended up another um, admin stepped in and removed him um, the moment that he saw the spam. Right. And it was just like the the single word over and over again. But he wasn't even copying and pasting it because then he was, he was misspelling just typing it. Yeah. yeah he-, he was misspelling lids. And it's like, man, it's four letters. <laughs> like, and you just typed it. <laughs> like, it was very funny. So it was like lids, lids, lods, lids. <laughs> gotta love Facebook. Sometimes yeah. it's sometimes it's a mess. So uh, that would so be a funny also, shirt. Just on the back, it's just as the, the 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 logo on the on the chest on the left side, yeah. and then it's just lids, 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 lods, lids, yeah. lids, lids. That would be funny. What uh, it also triggered this memory. I was like, man, is this guy missing a piece of spiral bound notebook paper? <laughs> That's seriously. I'm gonna get a new one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
So Joseph, I'm with you. And if we make this shirt, <laughs> you're getting one. It's just so ridiculous because it's like, I'm just trying to help people. I'm not trying to do anything like and, and and seriously, I, I'm wrong. I get things wrong. I get things wrong on this podcast. I get things wrong all the time. But I, I mean, oddly enough, I think that's like why sometimes people watch. It sounds dumb, but it's like I'm just a person. I'm not trying to come across as like the expert. Right. I never try to do that because I know I think just from my background as being an engineer I deal with people that are way smarter than me every day mm-hmm. because of my my very work that I have to do in highly technical areas. But we never get to the end result of our product by jockeying for who's smartest. Right. And most of the time when these like ego battles come up, those people get like kind of shuttled away mm-hmm. from the high priority work pretty quickly. Yeah. Because you're not getting anything done if you get your ego involved it's in true. everything. It's impossible to make forward progression. And in fact, it kills teams. It kills them. So it's even if you don't even if you don't like the way I do things or whatever, that's fine. You can still come at me. Just like come at me with constructive criticism. Yeah. You know? So uh, what I think, my entire theory on this guy, because he mentioned that he's he Elmer's um yeah, he mentioned that he's Elmering three people, which is yeah. great. That's great. And then made a comment about how, like, he'll probably never make a contact with you, basically alluding to the fact that you're never on the radio, which is patently untrue. Yeah, because I want to be I like, well, which you. radio, which band? I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm all over the place all the time. But uh, I have a feeling what happened mm-hmm. was he's Elmering these guys. Then they either disagree with him on a point or they say something to him about, how like, oh, well, Josh on Ham Radio Crash Course said blah, 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 blah. The guy didn't agree with it and wanted to come on and mm-hmm. put you in your place. Respect my authority. You know? <laughs> like that? No, and, and and you know what would be great is if he just framed it that way. Like, if if the post was on this video, Josh said dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And in my experience... Or from what I understand, it's dot, dot, dot. Yeah. You know, how, like just my mere framing of a sentence that way doesn't put anybody defensive. I don't know if everybody's listening and noticed what I said. However, if I frame my sentence of in this video, Josh said this, but the reality is it's dot, 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 or I know it's dot, 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 or dot, 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 you know, like state it like as a fact. Mm hmm. That puts people in the defensive, regardless of they're right or wrong. Like you've already set the stage mm-hmm. for the discussion. And and there's such an easy way to have a back and forth conversation with giving what we've called conversational respect, where you can still point out someone's fault without making them feel horrible about it. It's with that true. said, I, I mean, I'm on YouTube, so I expect every like most of the comment, not most. I know it's not most, but some of the comments I get are negative. And I always try and look at it and try and gleam the positive out of it or where I was actually wrong. Because if I'm wrong, I want to correct it. I don't want to lead people astray. Absolutely. Because, again, that's the point of the whole thing, like, is to help people out. That's it. All right. So that's the background story on this very hilarious lids, shirt. Lids, lids, yeah. lids, lots, lids, lids. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> Joseph says, I especially love idea B. Would love to know what you guys think. We also love it. 73 uh, KE3GKT P 
P.S. Does this email make my HRCC cult look big? (laughs) (laughs) What would be really funny is if we actually made a shirt like that and then he found out about it. (laughs) That would be so funny. I could send him a shirt too, I guess. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that'd be hilarious. Like you were the, you were the brainchild for this. Yeah. Or rather, this was your brainchild. <laughs> yeah. It, it, also, I mean, like, yeah, it's. <laughs> we'll think, it's, we'll it's think about it. It's tough because yeah. you're like, now you're punching down. You know, you're punching. It. Yeah. <laughs> that feels bad. Like, you don't want to do that. I don't know. The whole oh, thing. Funny, I mean, it's tough time. being out here in the social medias. It's it's not easy. Oh, I know. Uh, you know, and somebody had mentioned um, in that same post about the Will Osment video, dude. And yeah. if you don't, if you don't follow Will Osment, you definitely should. He is an amazingly it's, hilarious and creative maker. It's crazy. In the I, YouTube, the guy's space. in L.A. I want to go like find him and give him a hug. Just be like, dude. He I get was it. beat down. He has so an, down. an extremely popular channel. Yeah, he's uh, so he's so good and positive and funny. Yeah. And and I know people just beat down on him all the time. I mean, I cannot imagine. He has a subreddit just for him. Like, that must be just demoralizing. Oh, I know. It's, oh, it's got to be so tough. It, it has to be so tough. But it's like these... <laughs> especially, I, I, I think that, like, he's actually full-time YouTube. Yeah, he is. So... Like to have like his livelihood kind of tied up in this and he's obviously very sensitive to it. I think one of the things that people um, talk about if like you're going to make YouTube videos is you literally have to not take any of the hate comments seriously or you can't keep going. Right. You can't. Uh, Yeah, you can't. Um, But it was actually really sad to see. And and it doesn't matter how like good you are yeah it doesn't matter yeah doesn't matter that was um that was a good video actually very uh very honest because i think he's thinking about quitting youtube which is just that would be a huge loss honestly and all his he got a bunch of his friends in there Mm -hmm. and it was it was it was a really good video it hit me in a lot of ways just from like everything i've experienced for sure i'm nowhere near close to him at all but still Definitely the same, the same trends exist. Even yeah. at, they came for his girlfriend. Yeah. Which is dude, terrible. It's like Leave disgusting. people alone. It's disgusting. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the next email is titled Bees. Douglas is back. He says, I'm <laughs> not <laughs> I'm not allergic to bees. The only reason I know is because I was killing a few bees and was stung three times. <laughs> That's how you find out. Yeah. If you go pick a fight with bees, you'll figure out pretty quickly whether you're allergic or not. When I see bees, I'm like, but do you need some water? Can I can I interest you in some plants to pollinate? <laughs> I put a bunch out here yeah. just for you, my friendly bees. Sorry, my husband said I can't offer you an inn to stay at, but <laughs> what? You know, like an beehive. Inn? Yeah, a beehive. No, That's yeah, that. they can't be building beehives. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my mom has an entire massive beehive in her her uh, chimney. Just like naturally I, again. I don't think they ever got rid of it. <laughs> like, I, they, and I told them just hire somebody who will who knows how to like naturally remove bees and rehome them. You can't remove them from a chimney. 
They're going to have to break the chimney open. Yeah, that's exactly up. why they're not doing it. But my mom, who is like... Well, you find out really quick if you... Preserve a, all life. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, so for her, it's like, well, I can't, I, I can't order a hit on bees. <laughs> like, well, it's a good thing we don't I need also, a fireplace in California, really. And also, California. I don't want to tear apart the infrastructure of my house. Right. So she like if a bee Protect comes in the house, all life and all property. Yeah. <laughs> so if a bee ends up getting in her house, what she does is she has a net specifically for it. She like a nets, butterfly net. Yeah, and then she takes it outside to release. What is she a Jane now? <laughs> and then, but I think that's actually the reason her garden does so well. Honestly, dude, her plants are yeah always blooming. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you, Douglas, and that's K I seven L I K. Thank you, Douglas. The next email is titled Favorite Amateur Radio Go Bags. Oh. And this is from JP. Hello, Leia and Josh. Josh, great video on the radio go bags. And I wanted to know where you got the green bag you have the ICOM IC705 in. Oh. There was another ham that posted that question also. Um, It is a water bottle holder. You're not using the IC705 bag that came with it? You bought, you I, I a do if I'm, bag? I do. Well, no, I had the water bottle holder for another oh. radio. It oh, just I see. happens to fit the 705. So if I'm using, if I'm putting the 705 in a different bag, the Buddy Pole, uh, Buddy Stick Pro will not fit in the ICOM backpack. It's too big. Oh. So if I want to take that antenna, because I was testing it and stuff, then I can't really put it in the same same thing. Gotcha. So I think it's a Black Hawk water bottle pouch. Okay. No, it is not that. Well, I'll keep talking and I'll. All I'll right. Well, um, Herb signs off. Love the podcast you two do and hope the kids have recovered by now. Yes, the kids are back to their super healthy, energetic selves. Thank you. Uh, 73 and have a great week. Herb KX4QV. There's actually quite a few. There's uh, if you search for Molly water bottle holder, Amazon will come up a lot, and US Patriot is another one. It's it's not like an expensive water bottle pouch. I think I paid, I, I paid like I don't know, twenty bucks at most for it. Um, I'll keep looking, but it, it's not the Blackhawk. The Blackhawk is not the one. Mm. yeah there's a couple other ones on the market too i linked it in a video and i don't remember what video it is now to be honest with you it's it's been quite some time all right well if he finds it then we'll we'll drop it in the show notes for you you. the next email is titled cross band repeat and this is from craig hello to great podcast hosts oh thank Thank you. you How do you pick proper crossband repeat frequencies for your area? After listening to the last podcast, I have doubts that I have chosen wisely in the past. Um, look up the unofficial band plan for your area. And I would go to, this is just off the top of my head, simplex frequencies. Okay. I think that's the right one to use. I think that's where you should go. All right. But I could be wrong. And so maybe I need... People to reply um, to that or go to the uh, Hammer to Crash course and ask. Because to be honest with you, I don't do it a ton. Okay. I know that when I did that video, I was using the simplex call frequencies. Okay. 
Well, Craig signs off. Thanks for a great podcast. One X crew don't care if I'm first or last. Just include me. Thanks. Well, you've been included, Craig. Thanks for the email. Although now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, so now that I'm thinking about it, your um, if you're trying to get to a repeater, your output on the mobile radio, the more powerful radio is going to be the input for the repeater. So you're already on the repeater space. And your input into your mobile could be whatever you want. And then you just listen on the other frequency for the repeater. Um, that might be the, yeah, so that that's one way to do it. And then you just put the power output of your HT into super low because you don't need a lot of power to hit your mobile radio when it's crossband repeating. All right. Yeah. And that's Craig W7FAN. Look into that a bit because there's a couple of ways to do crossband repeat. So, you know, um, take your time with it. Hope that helps, Craig. And again, HRCC Facebook group or Discord could probably help you out. Mm -hmm. Maxpedition makes a good water bottle holder, but um, I think theirs is a little big. That will fit the uh, PO if you have a 705 with a POV uh, cage on it. The, the Maxpedition water bottle will hold it. Water bottle pouch will hold it. Okay. The next email is titled, Giving it the beans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. this is from Matt. To Leia, queen of all the land. Oh. oh. Thank you. And hello, Josh, who out of all the <laughs> radio YouTubers is certainly one of them. <laughs> That's true. Factually accurate. <laughs> Leia, I don't know why, but I get a kick out of the fact that you had never heard of giving it the beans before. I seriously. Oh, condor. It's a condor pouch. Okay. Condor pouch. Condor H2O pouch, bladder none included on Amazon. It is. Oh, that's not right. <laughs> okay, hold on. Condor. Okay. okay. The, <laughs> Seriously, go on Amazon. There's like literally 30 different options. Um, there's there's a lot. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, there's a lot. Well, Matt says there's a YouTuber, Sarah Intuned, who does, among other things, automotive reviews. One of the factors on how she rates a vehicle and how well it does with the beans. <laughs> I'm including a link to one of her videos where she is doing a review and I linked it to the time where she is about to give it the beans. <laughs> I will drop that link in the show notes. There you go. That is, I, I'm, I cannot believe that everybody knows what giving it the beans means. Yeah, everybody knows what it is. How, how, how have I never heard it before? Mm-hmm. That's, if somebody told me, give it the beans, mm-hmm. I would be like, beans on toast? <laughs> like... All right. Well, Matt signs off. That's all I have for you now. 73 to you both. And thanks for what you guys do. Well, thank you for listening, Matt. Thank you. And that's Matt K7YEG. So, Shanti. Ah, Is that the right good. volume? Feels good, man. Feels good for me. Sounds good in my ears. Okay. Hope it's good for everybody else. <laughs> Continuing right along with the podcast, Leia, who's next? Well, the next email is titled Cheers, and this is from Vic. Cheers. 
Hello, Leah and Josh. Before I get into my mini rant, I want to express my appreciation for what you both have done for me and others. Wow. Thank you. As I've written in the past, this last year and a half has been a real challenge for me and my family. Besides my wife, two things kept me grounded and cheerful through it all. Claire Lovecat and her cat vids on YouTube and HRCC. I don't think I've seen them. I haven't, but I do like cat videos, so I'm going to check that out. You and Josh kept me laughing through the hard times and kept me relaxed. Instead of focusing on what could have been a soul-crushing year, I buried myself in ham radio and have stayed pretty healthy, uh, oh, pretty busy doing some positive thanks to you. Well, I hope busy and healthy. Yes. I'll take healthy. I do, too. That's important. I, I branched out and started following Dave Castler, Eric at Ham Radio Great. Concepts, and Mike K8MRD, Michael K9VBR, mm-hmm. and the staff at Anaheim and Denver HRO stores. I consider all of you my Elmers and greatly appreciate your efforts. Every week, I have a laugh out loud while alone in the car moments, thanks to the HRCC podcast. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. I can't emphasize enough how much you have mattered and how much good you've done. Vic, that is really heartwarming. It, it is. It's Thank very, you. very nice. Thank you so much. I, we really do appreciate it. Now, here comes the mini rant. Uh-oh. <laughs> it can't all be hot bangers, right? That's what I'd like to say. After some Karen tried to question Josh's credentials in ham radio (laughs) and then trying to kick sand in the HRCC community's face, I was pretty annoyed. I'm impressed with how Josh handled the whole thing. I'm with you, Leia. Hockey gloves off in Duke City. It said, did I fight? (laughs) You kind of are the equivalent of someone... That, that gets into fisticuffs online, I would say. That's true. I but do. you you um you kind of do what's what's the Aikido where you reverse the energy back into them? Yes. You use their energy <laughs> and you, you reflect it back to, to throw them in various directions. <laughs> That's your uh, way of doing internet uh, brawls, I've noticed. I, I like to think that I come at them in such a respectful way. That's just one with, of your many and tactics. with uh and with humor, mm-hmm. that it's like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, Is it me? You really want to fight me? <laughs> Little old me here? Who's being nice to you? It's really sad that someone has to attempt to denigrate the work you both do because of jealousy and mean-spiritedness. So no more attention to the Karen. Yeah, it's um, it's tough. I think we talked about it a little bit when we kicked off the show. Mm-hmm. It's tough because obviously one would like to Humans do this. We pattern match. We come up with background stories to flesh out our worldview that we hold on a particular topic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't know what spurred this whole thing on. Right. It very much could be, as Leia posited, that the individual was Elmering three people or whatever. And one of them said, well, this guy on the Internet said you're wrong. And right. people will be defensive over that for sure. Um, so and I could be wrong. And I don't know, because, again, there are many times I feel where that individual was going through some kind of emotions because they came out hard. Right. But if you would have started the conversation with, hey, I was talking with some people Mm -hmm. that I'm mentoring, and I was trying to demonstrate X, and then they said, well, Josh did Y. And if he had turned it into a, I think I'm correct. Who is this Josh guy? Instead of getting like personally defensive about it. By the way, this should be everyone's operating posture. 
like if there's a disagreement don't assume that like one you're right or all the way right or that you understand the position the other person is holding or where it's coming from right we would all be much happier people living in a much happier society particularly online if we did that for each other it would be a much better place to live <laughs> what if that guy though thinks you're the equivalent of the jilly juice lady and they're like i can't believe this jilly juice lady well, he has said, all of these views he said it's a cult he said basically that every like all the people in the hrcc are cult members it's like well i mean that's just crazy they are definitely we drink kool-aid not flavor aid yeah, we drink craft beer. <laughs> we drink craft beer, not flavor aid. That's right. <laughs> well, Vic continues. I know how much you both sacrifice for your listeners and viewers. I always see HRCC and the community like Cheers, a happy place where everyone knows your name. That's the point. Where you drop in for some refreshment for body and spirit. It's just fun. I've written in a number of times with questions I can't find elsewhere and have always gotten a nice response from Josh with the info I needed. The same goes with the HRCC group on Facebook. Nothing annoys me more than when I look onto other ham forums where a new person asks a question and gets a response from some OM that says, read the manual or I wouldn't have bought that radio. Or didn't they, didn't you read, didn't you take the license test? Wasn't this a question in the license? Like, right. Ah, like, guys, everybody, and I bet you those everybody are the people. Everybody starts somewhere. Th those are the same people that lament that there aren't more people getting interested in ham radio. They lament this. And it's not, the problem isn't that people aren't finding ham radio. The problem is, is that people find ham radio and then are discouraged once they find it. Right. And a lot of the times, it's because of Discord like this. It's true. A lot of the time, it's that. Actually, you, we're going to talk about that on the show topic today. But you can't effectively help people if you are coming at them from a from a perceived position of complete superiority. I, you know, you like genuinely. You can't grow as an individual if you operate that way. Mm-hmm. It's well, you will, but you can't be as efficient in your growth if that's how you operate, right? Because you're going to be so busy monitoring the walls of your intelligence, looking for attackers, mm -hmm. that you cannot expand your walls. You cannot grow. And it's true. I'm guilty of this too. Sometimes I get defensive over things, and I and I will go to bat for sure online. Um, but at the same time, it's like that's not my normal operating procedure right, and right. that's not how i want to be mm -hmm. you know sure yeah well vic says that's real helpful that attitude is why i dropped out of the hobby for a long time until i finally found friendlier and more helpful hams and the youtube elmers i honestly do not accept that people need to be jerks i'm 70 so i guess technically i'm an om but I'm a happy, forward-looking person who just wants to enjoy radio and life and to present ham radio as the fun it should be. Yeah. Isn't OM just the phrase for Old any man. any ham radio operator, though? No, um, kind, so kind of. OM, by definition, means old man. Right, right. But also, it is used for anyone. Yeah, I thought it was like this kind of jovial old man. Well, like, hey, like old chap. But, but now... Because of the these people that behave this way online that are oftentimes older, 
OM is now used as a derogative. Hmm. Right? It's used to imply an old person that gatekeeps the hobby and treats newcomers like trash. So, like, when people come at somebody for asking a simple question, somebody will respond with, hey, simmer down, OM. And it's not like chum. <laughs> it's not talking chum in that case. It's like, hey, man, you're going way hard into the paint for no reason on this guy. I think we should new. reclaim it. I think we should make OM like a like an old chap. We're going to take it back? We're yeah, gonna take it back. take it back. What's up, o- What's up OM? I'm just going to call you that from now on. What's up, <laughs> OM? Yeah. <laughs> Have you centered yourself and are you with peace? So zen. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> All right. Well, Vic signs up with great appreciation. 73's Vic. Thank you, Vic. Love everything you said, Vic. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The next email is titled Pod At. And this is from Jason. Hi, Leia and Josh. I'd like to start with I found HRCC through Fieldcraft Survival and spoke with Josh on the Discord after the Baofeng Noob uh, to experience live stream on the 23rd. Oh, uh, Baofeng Noob to experience live stream Mm. on the 23rd. Mm -hmm. I passed tech and general. You get two. One more. Congratulations, buddy. Congratulations. I love the podcast and all the videos, but my question for Josh is, I'm going to start with an HT before I buy an HF radio, and I want to know what HT he would recommend I can afford the FT5DR, but I want the best to lean on as far as programming and ease of use. I've strongly looked at Anytone and the FT5DR. I want to try APRS and I have repeats for all digital modes and analog in my area. Yikes. <sighs> okay, so you can, uh, many of the Anytones now you can program um, on the face, the face of the radio. Okay. That was not a thing that you used to be able to do with DMR, but it's, it's been a couple of years since you've been able to do that. DMR though is still a pain to program I, yeah. I would yeah it's it's still it's still a pain uh, if you so you want to be able to plug it into something uh yeah generally and then if you plug it into something it's also a pain to program because the programming software is kind of a pain if you were to ask me between the anytones and the ft5dr which one i would buy and use well that the answer is the one that i've done it's the ft5 i i i, I love those that line of radios um I I would go that way, but I appreciate that I can I can play with some heady configuration stuff um, a lot of the time. The FT5 will do APRS better than the Anytone. It's easier to use. Um, but the Anytone, the newer one, the Mark II, uh, will do APRS as well. Oh, boy. I, I would have to throw my hat behind the, uh, throw my hat on the FT5. All right. I'll give it a hat on a hat. Well, Jason signs off. Thanks for everything. And 73, Jason, K-O-4-U-H-A. I hope that answers your question. Yep, yep. And, thank uh, you. I mean, there's in- there's always an argument for buying both. <laughs> and then if you don't like... I mean, Not for most. No, I mean, honestly, this is... Okay, here's another way to look at this. You could buy both knowing that when you go in, you're only going to keep one. 
and you will lose some money hypothetically on the used market when you resell one of them hypothetically but that's think of that as a cost of of rental to try it out and determine mm. which one you really like because somebody should do that you know in the baby wearing community there was a service where this. Yeah. they you could rent a baby carrier because they were they were something so personal Right. right. You could try the variety yep. of different wraps, ring slings, um, forward carrier, back carriers, things like that. And you would basically pay a, a weekly rental amount. Right. And then um, and then you would either buy the one that you had in your possession because you loved it so much mm-hmm. or you would send it back. And there were also um, baby wearing libraries. So there were um, groups in most major cities Mm -hmm. and those groups would have a lending library that did that for free. Obviously I don't think you could do that with a ham radio. Um, HTs you might be able to, but at some point it's kind of like, but you've got to like in ham radio, if you were to implement that, you'd really want somebody to have a deposit and ham clubs could do this. Well, they could just have a, couple of times a year event where everybody brings a bunch of radios in and everybody plays with them the, pro- the problem is you're going to spend all day doing that right like people are going to be there playing with these radios all day long mm-hmm. if you hearken back to an episode or two or go of this podcast where i told people going hands-on with the radio and the user experience is fundamental now what if ham clubs just mm-hmm. nationwide implemented a page on their club's um site where they listed all of the radios that their hams have mm-hmm. and somebody could then contact the club mm-hmm. to see if they can match up with that local ham to try the radio yeah you know and that would probably really help your club too mm-hmm. gain members yeah right because you're bringing in new people yeah that would be cool that would be really good. There's lots of ways to tackle this, but I kind of like the idea of just buying both. And then, <laughs> I, I, again, let me hear me out. People don't have just cash lying but around to double down it. You're on not keeping it. You're going to sell one of them. I know, but you're assuming, and I'm not. I'm not saying that that Jason doesn't have the money in the bank, but I don't know that most people would be willing to tie up twice the money to try out for everybody that tells me they're a they're a buy once cry once person if you have two good options Mm -hmm. the best option is buy both sell one you're done crying that's it and you will lose some maybe maybe not in the ham radio environment right now the radios are selling for pretty much retail and they're used um, you're, but he's saying he can afford the FT5DR. I he's know saying, we've answered yeah. his question, mm-hmm. but I'm saying to get the best possible answer, it's always going to be about you and the radio. So for mm-hmm. everyone else listening to me, if there's two radios and you're fence riding on, you're always going to think, what if I just bought that other radio? Every time you become frustrated by the radio you go with, you're going to think, if I bought that other radio, maybe I wouldn't be frustrated. I'm this close to recommending a brotherhood of the traveling radio, but I know how that turned out in baby wearing I know, and yeah. it was not good. No. no. <laughs> All right. So that's an open-ended answer for yeah. lots of people. And, you know, again, you're not going to keep it. You're going to lose some money. But I think in the long run, that's good. Not that you lost money, but then you're getting to where you want to be. All right. Well, the next email is titled, Am I On to Something? Oh, and this is from so. 
This is from Alex. Thank you for the podcast, but to keep it brief after that last monster of a five-hour podcast, I loved its length, by the way, I'll jump right in. I have an Anytone 878UV. Is there any way to take the GPS information from it and do APRS on HF with my HF radio? Or does my HF need to have an internal GPS? A magical crossband repeater from VHF to HF would be how I'd imagine, or some kind of interface from my laptop to digital mode. Wasn't sure if I was missing something obvious, if I missed a video or discussion on this, or it's just not feasible. I apologize, just curious. I currently use a Shegu G1M with a drill battery I put together to go out and activate at local parks Mm -hmm. and was just sitting there wondering if I need a new radio. As you can tell, I've gone the super budget route with my radios. Oh, man, there's so many good questions in there and comments. Uh, So the first one is, will the Anytone feed the audio of APRS into your HF radio so that you can send it? Probably not. The GPS information yep, probably not no i don't believe the um the anytone will do that i don't believe it'll it'll provide the gps data is there a magical crossband repeater that would make that happen well i mean cross crossband repeater implies a lot of things um so there's there's two things i would recommend since he did mention computers and i'll throw in the other one too for free so the first one is you just go buy that glonass dongle it's like 10 bucks it's a usb dongle you shove it in your computer gps dongle done okay um and then you can use multiple APRS titles like um, Yak is one of them, uh, yet another APRS client. And Yak is available on Windows and Raspberry Pi. So you can make a Raspberry Pi just devoted to do APRS, which works great. Um, You can use your phone. Your phone has GPS in it already. And there are APS software titles that will output the audio uh, for APRS from your phone. All right. Now, on the HF portion, though, I've never done APRS on HF. I know you can do it over, um, you can use, JS8 Call has applications that will leverage APRS packets, which is great, because then you're leveraging a system that already people are using. I would look into that. There is APRS that exists on HF I'm looking at right now. I've never experienced that. I've never tried it. That's possibly a topic for a video or a live stream in the future. Good good questions all around. All right. Well, Alex signs off. Thank you. A-L-A-I, the know-nothing extra. <laughs> I like it. Thank you, Alex. Hope that your uh, question was answered. The next email is titled one from one of the 1X crew, and this is from Doug. Hi, okay. Josh and Leah. Well, I'm behind on the podcast again, but hey, I'm working on it. You know, don't 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 strain anything on the <laughs> Yeah, don't throw your back out listening yeah. to the podcast. While you're out mowing your lawn for five hours. Just like the Ham Radio Workbench podcast, another favorite of mine, I can almost finish yours in the time it takes to mow my lawn. Haha. About three acres or so. Oh about an hour an my acre. Goodness. Wow. I that you're on a riding mower, right? Like that's three acres. No, it's a push mower. Yeah. <laughs> Dude's ripped. <laughs> uh, Doug's like, I walk so hard, I'm actually moving the earth under the mower. <laughs> That's how strong I am. He's a superhero. 
now yeah. our podcast is really long, Leia. Yeah. So is the ham radio workbench. There, there, are no, there are no slouches in that department either. I bet that his lawn looks amazing. You yeah. know? <laughs> All right. Well, Doug says, let me say crunch berries or peanut butter crunch. I love them both. I do like grape nuts, crunchy for a while, then nice and mushy. Cool. Gotta have sugar. Also, try them in the microwave. We no longer have a microwave, but grape nuts, the the journey through the grape nuts of texture is fantastic. <laughs> From like hard, hardcore sandpaper to total garbage. Ooh, Doug has a hot take on cakes. Oh my he says, goodness. Back to the cakes. Cake is a baked batter. Pie is a filled crust, and cheesecake is just that, cheesecake, all its own. So there you have it, the dessert trilogy, cake, pie, cheesecake, and of course, ice cream. So Doug, are you alleging that the Carvel ice cream cake is not in fact a cake because it's not baked batter? That's You argue that the little crispy cr- little things in them, they're not crispy, the little cakey pieces are yeah, the cake, which they, I think is just... It is just, the cake. It is the cake. Whatever. It takes the cake. I mean, <laughs> at, at some point, if you sprinkle just like a trace amount of a thing, a food onto mm-hmm. another food, that doesn't make like if I took if I took a piece of cake. OK. And I made tiny particles of steak and I steak threw it on cake. there. It wouldn't be a steak cake. Yeah, it would be a steak cake. No, it yes, would not. Because you put steak on it. What? <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's still a about? cake. It's absolutely a steak cake. What? All right. Well, Doug says superheroes. First off, definitely Marvel over DC. That's just what I grew up with other than being a Batman fan. It, there are many However, DC people that are there are many people that are like that. Full on Marvel, love them some Batman. However, I don't see Batman as a superhero. He is a crime fighter. He doesn't have superpowers, which I feels I feel distinguishes the two. Black Widow is a crime fighter. Scarlet Witch is a superhero. Well, sure. I mean, she's... I'm with you. She's very easy you. to classify as a superhero because she's I got really like this. magical powers. Yeah. Finally, Josh, I was watching your YouTube video about Laura and Meshtastic. Excellent work. Thank and you. Thanks. Another subject that piqued my interest. I've done a lot of Arduino programming. Oh. I've done weather stations with the ESP8266 mm-hmm. APRS with Raspberry Pi. And now I find Laura on an ESP32 for WAN and Mesh. I don't know if my wallet can take much more. I was going to say, if you're pretty close. So if you if you have Arduino programming skills and your weather station has the out like has serial output, you can just pass that data over LoRa, and you can have two. You can have a LoRa node on the weather station and another LoRa node in your how in your home that has Wi-Fi capability, and then all of a sudden you can get access to all your weather station info. All right, super I, cool. I did purchase two of the Helltech ESP32 LoRa boards, ran several different communication examples, and then installed Meshtastic on both. They work well, and I'm I am printing cases for both. I'm interested in seeing just how far they will communicate. I'm planning to add GPS and test distance and how reliable they would be to track members of our rescue team out on deployment. Exciting stuff. After I posted that video, I believe Adam started looking at doing that exact thing about using Laura nodes on the search and rescue team. That's so smart. And then having like a central 
um, at central unit at the at the base station area. And you know Adam, he's already looking at antennas and stuff, mm-hmm. making antennas. It's like, dude, he's going to have a killer setup. So it could be really, it could be really cool. Adam's a real life hero, you know. He's not a crime fighter. He's just a real life hero. Yes, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> he's a ham radio hero. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Doug signs off. Off to listen to more podcasts. Take care and keep up the good work. Love listening to you guys. Well, thank you for listening. And Doug signs off 73, Doug KB8M. I'm I'm really interested to hear how uh, you do with that rescue team that's yeah, on deployment. Yeah, love to hear more. And uh, sure. definitely get with Adam, K6A. Is it K6ARK? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you got it. Because uh, it sounds like you guys are really aligned and what you're using ham radio for. Mm-hmm. And you could probably really help each other out. And probably a way to start doing that is go sub to this channel. k 6 That'd be the first step. That's the first thing you do. I mean, you could message him on the ham radio crash course discord too. He's pretty Or just discord there. in general. Yeah, yeah, he's out there. Yeah. All right. So the next email is titled, So about that two meter Yagi? And this is from Drew. Leia and Josh, you two certainly have my respect. As far as I'm aware, you've shattered all known endurance records for a podcast, except maybe for Critical Role. Over five and a half hours? Epic. We just had no idea when we were recording. Yeah, I mean, we did it over two days, and it was an extra day, so we got, like, more emails. Sure. And we kicked off the show with a ham radio minute that went over 10 minutes, I think. Yeah. It was already trending to be... Mm -hmm. It was, Marathon it was, style. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a long one. Now, Josh, about that two-meter Yagi. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about how close I was to repeaters with an HT, you recommended a directional antenna to go repeater stomping with. But that brings up a legitimate question. The Alinko HT I'm using doesn't seem to have a setting anywhere for mic gain, which I'm not sure I find surprising. I'm thinking it probably isn't something most HTs have. The reports I've gotten on this is that it gets into the repeaters well, quieting is good, audio is clean, but low. When you mentioned the Yagi, you talked about CB2. Well, there's this. I'm sure something directional would give me a stronger signal to the repeater, but I'm not sure it would make me louder. All the 11 meter guys talk about modulation and making adjustments to radios to make them loud. Well, just get your face parts closer to the radio when you talk. That's (laughs) some of it. Okay. So, okay. A couple things. A couple of things jumped out at me. The first is quieting was okay. You might be quiet because you're not full quieting the repeater, which they, there, there may be some background noise that's getting picked up and static along with that. Uh, there's also kind of the radio voice where you drop your you drop your voice down a little bit lower um, or give it a little bit more boost in in your human gain. Okay. There are radios that have mic gain uh, that you can play around with. I, I don't know that that's what this is in this case, though. The Alinko HT can't do anything like that. So the, the mic gain adjustment sometimes is more for the person. So since I don't hear this, this is not a, a, a spoken email. I don't hear the individual's voice. Right. So it's tough for me to say like, oh, no, yeah, you need to do blah, blah, blah. Uh, I will tell you, though, there is no... 
<laughs> there's no hand handy talkie mic that I know of that ha that's amplified. Like CB guys will use powered mics and stuff like that that actually have amplification in the microphone elements. Mm -hmm. And they use different elements. There's, there is some considerable differences in some cases with CB radios than, um, than ham radios. Uh, so maybe a bit quiet. Everybody would tell you is choke up on the mic more. Okay. Try that. I mean, I don't, right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've got a Galaxy 2547 base station. The only adjustments I made were the knobs on the front and I used the stock mic on it. Literally everyone talks about how good my radio sounds, so much so that one guy with a similar radio even ditched his fancy power mic to go back to the stock Galaxy mic after I told him that's all I was using. But the 2547 does have a mic gain knob. I guess what I'm getting at is my radio voice should be good. Okay. Well, what's the, answer the an that question. What's the answer to getting louder audio out of an HT? Because I know the same linear amp should work for both AM and FM. I assume that, like on 11 meters, more signal won't necessarily make it louder. There are several guys with big beam antennas near me that peg out my S meter, but they aren't as loud as some of the guys that only put three or four S units on me. Um, this might be a question of the actual radio at this point then. So if you've got another HT that you can connect to your Yagi, do an AB comparison with people that are on the repeater. Take, I always thought that the answer to being louder on a repeater was always more power. Well, yeah, but if you've, so you, you're, you're, you're sending the right tone to open up the repeater. The repeater is retransmitting your signal. But if you're, if you're just talking, or this I don't think that Drew's but, doing that but, though. But he comes from CB. But hear me out. If if the mic on the radio only picks you up like this, no matter how good your voice is, you're gonna sound quiet because this is what you transmitted. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is, if you do an AB compare with another HT, have them tell you which one is louder, which one is etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, I think you just try to do an A-B comparison and see how that goes. And then email us back. But you might want to also look up reviews for that uh, HT because I've not reviewed it and see what people are saying if they sound quiet. And maybe you'll find a post on a forum like QRZ where they're talking about this exact scenario and what they might have done to mitigate it. You could go so far as to even open up, cracking open the body of it and uh, opening up that mic hole a little bit. And that'll get more of your tone um, your natural voice into the microphone. Okay. Well, Drew says, I know you won't be able to answer this in time to save me from myself. I'm going to drive to Atlanta tomorrow if it rains to go to the HRO there. Volume aside, it's starting to get cold here, and I want to talk on repeaters farther away from the house than I can with just an HT and do so from inside. Mm. I reckon I have three options. One, get a tripod, Yagi, and some coax and point the Yagi where I want to talk. There you go. This is entirely feasible because the My APRS app shows what the heading is to a repeater on the map. And I know how a compass works. <laughs> Two, get a mag mount mobile antenna, a dual band amp, and some coax. Put the mag mount on a baking sheet and use the power supply I already have with me for running my mobile CB to hook it all up and put some fire in the wire. Option 2.1 for extra credit, get the tripod, Yagi, amp, and coax and stomp <laughs> some repeaters like that. Also, please note, I'm not 
actually out to talk over anyone, but repeater stomping sounds like as much fun as puddle jumping, so so I'm sticking to it. Three, buy a mobile. I've been looking at a dual... I like option three. (laughs) I've been looking at dual band mobile units that do cross band repeat anyway with the Alinko and the FTM 300 and FTM 400 being the primary units under consideration. Again, one of those and a mag mount connect existing power supply talk. Uh, Also look at the ICOM IC2730A. It does crossband repeat. It's a simple dual band radio. It doesn't do digital modes. That's mm-hmm. uh, the one I use primarily when I want to try and talk to people on simplex and be more effective at it with the 50 watts. All right. Yep. By the time this episode drops, I'll likely, uh, I have likely done one of the above. So maybe rather than asking you what you think is best, we can play this as a try to figure out what the crazy death defying dirtbag trail builder is going to do. <laughs> He's going to buy a mobile radio. Just for fun, which option does Leia think I'll go with too? Uh, I think you're going to go with option three. It just... Buy a mobile. Yeah. Because it just makes sense. The the amount of time that Drew spends in a car or vehicle. Right. Well, he said he's going to be running it off his base station power supply, which runs Mm. the CB. Mm. What's cool there is you could have both of them hypothetically running off of that power supply. You just use uh, Anderson power poles and a little breakout box to all supply right. power to all things. Gotcha. In a surprising twist, Drew says, I'm going to make this email a little longer, but keep it radio related. Oh my goodness. The antics of the guys on my local repeater had me in stitches this morning. One of the younger guys has an HT and an FTM 400, and he's been trying to set the FTM 400 up to do cross pan repeat with his HT. He can make it work with no tone on the 440 side of the FTM 400, but the minute he puts a tone on the 440 side to prevent anyone else's 440 transmissions from being relayed to the repeater, he basically locks the repeater down with the DTMF tone. The older guys gently poke a little fun at him, and several of them can key and talk over the tone, but sometimes they'll let the tone go on for a good half a minute or so before one of them keys up and says something like, This is just disgraceful. I've probably picked up a lot of good and certainly some bad information from (laughs) listening to these guys, but the entertainment factor is worth it. And ever so often I jump in and give them my two cents worth and they always welcome it. Good. Oh, I'm glad you found a repeater you like. That's a welcoming repeater community. That's what you want. Also, there is a local YL net on Monday nights. It's a serious net about radio stuff and the YL community on the air. Only YLs can check in, but anyone is welcome to listen. And I must say, I've been impressed with the depth of some of the conversations and detail gone into about some of the questions. Excellent. I'm pretty sure the repeater is on Echolink capable. So maybe Leia could jump in. Maybe. If or you send to us totally info. embarrass myself. <laughs> True. <laughs> if you send us the info, I can get her set up on. Uh, uh, <laughs> Thank you for the suggestion, though, because yeah. I really do like the idea of wild nets. Drew signs off. Anyway, thanks again for all the fun, entertainment and information. 73 Drew K04TWQ. Thank you, Drew. Thank you, Drew. I'm really happy that you found a repeater you like. I'm, I'm anxious to hear which option you went with. All right. The next email is titled Cheese and Laura. Mm. 
And this is from Adam. And if you don't remember, Adam is the wonderful HRCC member who sent us delicious smoked cheese mm-hmm. from what can only be called our favorite creamery right now, which is the WSU Creamery. Mm-hmm. That's right. Adam says, hi, Leah and her RF consultant. I'm glad you all enjoyed the cheese. The one that was not labeled smoked, not labeled was smoked cougar gold. To clarify, cougar gold is the one specific cheese from the WSU Creamery. Oh, I've been calling everything from that creamery cougar gold. Oh, yeah, me (laughs) too. I thought it was like the brand. (laughs) Right. No, no, apparently not. The other smoked cheese that Adam sent was Natural Viking Crimson Fire. That's the one we opened first. Yes. Sorry, Leia. Not all the cheeses are cougar's gold. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that before I embarrassed now, myself in Washington. <laughs> I could I could be wrong, but I believe they do variations of the cougar's gold cheese. And then they have the standalone separate I trust cheese. Adam. I just, he's, okay. he's obviously so deep into Coogs, it's in his, his call sign. So yeah, I mean, if he's, gonna, if he's taken his time to like take the cheese and yeah. enhance the cheese yes. on his own time, yeah. right? That's, that's a certain And that's a love. real enhancement. It's, oh, dude, it's better are... than any smoked cheese I've ever had. Adam is a talented man. Thank you, yeah, Adam. Cold for... smoke and cheese on yeah. your own is, it's actually pretty rewarding in the product you get on the back end. Yeah, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your gift with us. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you. So I am currently sitting in my hotel room in Indianapolis at the National FFA Convention, Adam says, where my teaching partner and myself brought students to and, <laughs> and saw This is Future Josh's Farmers Association, right? New, I, I guess, yeah. Okay. Uh, and saw Josh's newest video about Laura Drop. I was watching it, and it made me think of a question connected to the dealings with our local off-grid repeater. The repeater is a Yesu that can do wires X. I have a direct line of sight to the repeater from my house, and the repeater is about five miles away and is on a very high plateau. Yes. To make sure I provide enough info, I have a direct fiber tap to my house's, my house's network, I was wondering if you think setting up a T-beam-based mesh system could handle the internet needed for the wires software. Oh, no. No. It's not for, it's not for that kind of uh, internet. Those lower okay. devices cannot do big data. All right. They can't move big data at all. They're, 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 they're for like serial data, like uh, little blips and bursts of... Like Think of like an messages? APRS data, like a text message. Okay. Yeah. Something that's like a weather, uh, like a weather station. I like where Adam's headed though. Oh no, that that's that's exactly that's exactly what we're kind of looking for in a lot of cases with this stuff. Right. Those devices are for like sensors. Sensors that don't put out a ton of data, but you want to keep up to date on what's going on with, you know, your your local area and all that stuff. So it's not it's not gonna do video, it's not gonna do audio. It, it just doesn't have the bandwidth to do that, nor is it, nor do you want it to do that and still maintain all of its fun characteristics that it has. Mm-hmm. So I, all right. you can use it to the, control the repeater, though. So that's a thing you can do. If, okay. you, if you had admin control, kind of a sysops, uh, psyops, sysops control, that's what I'm thinking of. Not psyops. That's different. 
Well, Adam signs off. Once again, thanks for all you two do for the hobby. Glad to hear the podcast back up to a proper length. (laughs) But hope this one runs a bit long as I have nine hours of flying to get home on Saturday. Well, I hope you have a very safe flight, Adam. And that's 73 from Adam, W-A-7-C-U-G, go Cougs. Go Cougs. P.S., Given it all the beans this week, trying to keep track of six students among 60,000 others. Wow, that's quite a That's convention. a big show. That's bigger than Hamvention. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I measure shows. I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I got nothing else. That's my yardstick. All right. Safe travels and hope you keep track of everyone, Adam. Indeed. Yeah. The next email is titled Fun Fact. And this is from Eric. Dear Leah and Josh, first, I want to say you guys have a wonderful podcast that I enjoy listening to every week. It's great for my commute to and from work. Well, thank you for listening, Eric. Josh, thank you for all that you do for Ham Radio. Your YouTube channel was what got me started into Ham Radio about a year and a half ago. Last month, I decided I had studied enough for the exams and took them online and past all three. Oh my goodness, here we go. One, two, and three. Congratulations, Eric. Congratulations. What a Herculean task. There you go. All now you're three. done. Now you're yeah. done. You don't have to worry about that ever again. Well, you got to worry about it. Make sure you keep your license up. You know, every 10 years, you got to renew it. You renew, you, do, you don't have to take the test again, right? No, you just go online and say, yep, yep I'm still here. Okay. Um, and, and But if you don't, then you have to retest. Oh man. Well, Eric says in last week's podcast, Josh made a comment about transparent aluminum, and I wanted to share with you that that is a real thing and is currently being used in places such as the U.S. defense industry. Here are a couple of links for information, and Eric has provided links. I will drop those in the show notes for anybody who is interested in transparent aluminum. It's something that happened relatively recently, I remember, at least to the point where you're like, yeah, I could see how that's like transparent um but it's not like enterprise d level of glass <laughs> okay book, okay uh, eric signs off like, anyway thank you for reading my email keep up the great work i'm not allergic to bees and 73 <laughs> eric ai7je <laughs> oh no you. they have actually made it it is actually very transparent now so that's cool. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. How how do they do that? Um, alum, aluminum oxnitride. Mm. Oxnitride. Ox oxnitride. No, I got it right. Okay. So they basically incorporated aluminum with another element or material that is transparent. Don't know. Don't know enough okay. about it. But yeah, it's real. All right. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for your email. The next email is titled short time listener first time email hey welcome to the podcast there and this is from jay time out of your busy day hello leah and josh i thoroughly enjoy the podcast i've been binge listening recently oh man then you're not a short time listener yeah (laughs) because every one of these puppies is like all on the (laughs) north edge of three hours I think once you've listened to one, especially the last one, you can no longer call yourself a short time yeah, I listener. don't think that counts. Yeah. <laughs> I literally but spit out. We feel out. like we have to pay you minimum wage sometimes. To yeah. 
We're not going to do that, though. Don't use that in some kind of lawsuit against us. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I literally spit out my coffee this morning onto the dashboard of my Jeep. Technically, it's my XYLs. It gets way better fuel mileage than my Ram Hemi. Need I say more? Yeah, that makes sense. The Jeep is a front-wheel drive Jeep Compass. I didn't know there were two-wheel drive until we bought this one. Yeah, a lot of the Fiats, um, because I think Jeep, Fiat owns Jeep. Mm. So like the the Trailhawks and all those littler Jeeps are, are basically Fiats. Anyway, enough about vehicles. Back to me spitting my coffee out. I was completely immersed in the visual of the guy barely escaping the lightning (laughs) on a four-wheeler until Leia said something along the lines of, so I gave it the beans. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. It was so good. I think it was your reading that really drew everybody in. I was like, I was leaning into the microphone like, tell me more. Yeah, yeah, what's going to happen? I want to know. And there was, so I gave it the beans. (laughs) I'm still still very confused about the origins. (laughs) You know, I I understand now that it is not something Drew made up. No, yeah, no. no. I still don't understand the origins. (laughs) Well, Jay says, I laugh on my commute in and out of Boston listening to you guys. Oh, man, that's bean down. My... (laughs) They're always giving it the beans. <laughs> it's nonstop. They're literally just handing beans to people. Uh, to get the bean exchange. <laughs> to make their cars go faster. That's it. <laughs> Even on foot, you're faster. That's what I'm wondering. If What if the origin of this is like it was a, a door-to-door bean salesperson? Okay. And as they sold more beans, giving the beans, if you will, they were able to move faster to their next door. Wow. There, there's a lot less door-to-door salesman than I thought there would be as an adult, <laughs> you know? I mean... That was already done when we were children. What are you talking about? There were door-to-door salesmen when we were children. What? Um, Like steaks? <laughs> there were door-to-door salesmen. How many steak? times did a steak salesman come by? Seemed like pretty often. And then you've got, like, the people who want to paint your house... I guess Where that's not a door-to-door live? salesman so much as a contractor trying to drum up business. I did have once somebody ring the doorbell asking if they could take a dent out of my car. It was when I was a teenager. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Jay says, my wife told me I should listen to podcasts, so I followed her advice and started listening to yours. Well, thank your wife. Yeah, for thank us. us. Say hello to your for wife us. for us. Say, <laughs> say hello to your wife, your XYL for us. <laughs> I've learned a lot watching your videos, Josh. Some things I wish I never learned because now I have something else to buy. But it's because of you I know what APRS is and that it's more than just a way <laughs> for someone to see uh, for to see someone on a map. It's more than it's more than a way to just stalk someone really conveniently. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I got into ham radio a long time ago. I got my tech in 2016 and a year later upgraded to general. My wife's cousin, who holds an extra class, co- 
coaxed me <laughs> into getting my license. Nice. <laughs> he saw the crystal radios I built and said, well, now it's time for you to transmit. I, I built a lot of kits and a few antennas. I love QRP and slowly learning CW because it seems everything I do is the hard way, the way I like it. Well, you are definitely a ham. Yep. That's <laughs> from shaving with either a straight razor or the old school double-edged safety razor, shooting a recurve bow with no sights, <laughs> grilling with nothing but real charcoal, no chemicals added on my Weber grill and riding 70 miles on a fixed gear road bike. Jeez. Okay. You, you know what? You are built for off-grid living, Jay. I just want you to know. <laughs> Not sure yeah. if off-grid liver, liv, liverer or hipster. <laughs> I think, um, I, I think all things hipsters do are cool, though. Is that like real basic of me? I just, no, I mean like I look at I look. But we're at, talking like early two thousands hipsters. I don't think the hipster is the same as it was then. Like, I think that's one of the reasons I love Portland so much. I'm like, look at all these people just the dream of the nineties is alive in Portland. Yeah, just pursuing their passions, no yeah. matter how esoteric they are, just gotta love it and and like sustaining life yeah on on that passion which is always crazy i guarantee you that's not possible with today's uh portland um like cost of living yeah oh sure yeah sure yeah because californians ruined it (laughs) yeah they did i bet (laughs) all right well jay continues i tried to convince my wife i should be cutting the lawn with a scythe There's a few videos online that are pretty cool. I tried to compromise with my wife and said I would buy a push mower. Oh, here we go. I like the one you had, but new. Yeah, but efficient. (laughs) Now I have a motorized craftsman push mower from the 80s that was given to me. It's supposed to be drive assist, but it doesn't work yet. It smoked a little, a.k.a. AKA neighborhood mosquito control when I got it running. I've been using this for the last five years and it works flawlessly minus the missing handle on the pull cord. No problem. I just tie it off to the, uh, to the push bar once running. Nice. The J is so hardcore. <laughs> just a scythe. <laughs> like I didn't even consider that. <laughs> like, it just gets hot under that black robe you wear. With <laughs> the mandatory black robe. The neighbors don't seem so keen on it either. The neighbors stay away. Like normally you're mowing your lawn, you know, you're waving to your neighbors. Suddenly they're not waving back. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, he, he doesn't, where he lives, they, that's not the traditional hello. It's just pointing and staring. <laughs> And when you have that get up on, people took it all the wrong way. Okay. Jay says, I thought you might appreciate the, v- the email via HF Winlink. I plan on listening to your podcast in my garage workshop from my iPhone 8 on an old Emerson AM radio via an AM tube transmitter <laughs> for the broadcast band that I built, super low power originally. And used with RCA record players from, I believe, the 40s. Nice. <laughs> Just not 
after everything Jace told me, not sure if satire. Yeah. <laughs> like, Literally the king of the hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> Today I finished up my two meter Yagi I made out of two old carbon fiber arrow shafts. <coughs> it's tuned to the APRS frequency so I can use my FT2 while out with my KX2. That's so, awesome. So my wife can send and receive text messages to and from me. Cool. I can also use it to get into the local repeater that I'm a member of. Well, that's awesome. That's great. You know what I really like about Jay? He seems like he lives a very eco-friendly lifestyle. He's like, I'm just going to recycle these yeah. old things. Yeah, that's wonderful. And, and that's make a great them, way to That's a yeah. great way to live because then you see the value. Also, I think you, I think Jay would probably tell you that you can see the value in things that are older. The 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 manufacturing is better in a lot of ways the worksmanship and quality of materials mm -hmm. that's right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right well jay signs off 72 because when you care to send the very least that's right jay w1 asp p.s i will never own a friction pen as a union pipe fitter i work in nuclear power plants <laughs> I'll let you imagine how bad that could oh, be. Oh, I bet you get paid pretty good in a nuclear power plant as a pipe fitter. That's probably a pretty big, yeah, pretty big yeah. gig. And the way that Jave saves money. I mean. Yeah. He's just banking all of that. Yeah, exactly. Straight money. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for that email. We do and appreciate And for sharing your talents. <laughs> I mean, That's super cool. Yeah. The next email is titled, What I'm Drinking. Excuse me. And that is from Matt. Hey, hipster Josh and Leah. <laughs> That's funny. That's Check exactly. out what we have in North Carolina, a radio themed beer. And there's a picture attached and it's called Mango Tango Foxtrot. And it's an IPA. Nice. It looks like it's it's very hoppy, though. There's a bitterness meter on it. That's the IBU rating. Yeah. Matt signs off 73 Matt W3FZV. P.S. Some habaneros are pointy. That's true. Some habaneros are pointy. Yeah. I think that we have found that what I grew is not habaneros. You did. Just grow based on the flavor alone. Yeah. Uh, yes, Carolina Reapers. P.P.S. <laughs> I'm not allergic to anything. Well, Good for you, Matt. Go out you there don't know and yet. take on the world. You don't know yet. It's always, I'm not allergic to anything that I know of. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to bullets, though. <laughs> like... Got a strong uh, allerg allergic reaction to lead. Yes. <laughs> I guess it depends on where it hits. But <laughs> right. Also, like pepper spray, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fine with capsaicin in my mouth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I know allergies are a histamine reaction. That's not, it was a joke. Yes, it is a joke. It's a joke. Also, we are not medical professionals. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for that email. The next email is from volunteer podcast co-producer, Rob. Hey, all right. This is titled, Here We Go Again, Leah and Josh. This is from Roger, Cameron, Nate the Great, and me. And Rob signs off 73 Rob K5 DCQ. And it sounds like it's a drop. That's right. 
So it should be playing. Why is it not playing? I don't I don't hear anything. <laughs> What's going on here? Hold on. You're like, it should be playing. I'm like, Josh, I don't think it's playing. <laughs> I don't think it's playing. What's going on? Are you going to cut this? Mm, yeah, I'm going to stop right yeah. now. Welcome to the adventures of the podcast co-producers. This is your host, Cameron. We pick Aww. up the action in southern Vermont, where Nathan is about to call Rob on the radio for their weekly planning session using their top secret frequency. Ooh, behind the, <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> K1MAZ calling K5DCQ. K1MAZ calling K5DCQ. Hmm. I guess I'm not getting through. This is very good. Meanwhile, clear. Roger is playing radio in Alabama. Breaker one nine. Breaker, breaker one nine. <laughs> Man, how come I can't get anybody? Come on, guys. Hello? Hey, I'm the radio man. Come on. Roger hears Nathan and Rob trying to call each other. K1MAZ calling K5DCQ. K5DCQ calling K1MAZ. Rob calling Nate the Great. You copy? So clear. Hey, guys, it's Roger. I can hear both of you. Can I be a relay? The ARRL would be so proud. Roger, Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger, Roger. <laughs> Roger that, Nathan. Roger that, Rob. Roger, <laughs> Roger. Man, everybody loves my name on this thing. <laughs> Rog, why don't you ask Nate what we can do to mess with Josh and Leia this week? <laughs> Nate, this is Roger. Rob wants to know your thoughts on how we can add appreciable value and girth to the podcast <laughs> this week. Why don't you hijack the discussion by asking uh, about breakfast cereal? No, we've already done that. How about we start a discussion on grits? Come oh. on, Jeff and Leah don't even know how to pronounce <laughs> Unsville. What makes you think they'll know anything about grits? I know grits. What if we trash Iron Man? No. no, you'll no. get the wrath of Tiger Mom. She'll laugh out loud while giving you the stare of death. Like, eat teleported poop and die. <laughs> Maybe something nerdy. Leia thinks nerdy is sexy. I do. And satellite contacts and murders. <laughs> and me. Murder. Everybody thinks I'm sexy. What about a discussion on that? A uh, snail thingamajigger. Oh, no. <laughs> no. We'll get suspended. <laughs> yeah, hey, I got to go pick up some ice cream cake from Baskin Robbins. That's right. Let's talk again soon. <laughs> okay. 73. 88. Stay sexy. Stay tuned for more adventures of the podcast co-producers. And me. <laughs> that was very That's well amazing. done. <laughs> Nicely done, gentlemen. And really right on all fronts. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right yeah, on. yeah. Except for that Baskin Robbins part. No, that like, was, that's the wrong again, cake. spot on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely killing cake. it out there. Thank you so much, Roger, Cameron, Nate, and Rob. Mm. I wonder how much coordination that took. Well, the, the email chain was like, they sent three emails to me. <laughs> and, they, and then they went back and re-uploaded it multiple times. So... Um, you know, sometimes the creation of content is difficult. <laughs> and and I think they worked it out though and it, it was it was nicely done. It was very fun. So good work, gentlemen. I mean, it's really good coordinating cuz they are in different places. Yeah. 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 
Somebody had to That's put all that into an editing yeah, yeah. suite and get it all. And then I think they had to go and re redo it a recording even. Yeah. So oh man. That's, that's good job, guys. That's content production right there. I value what you guys did. Good work. All right. The next email is titled Sweaters. And this is from Douglas. With your distinguished gentleman sweaters, of which you should wear more, mm-hmm. you could be a member of the League of Distinguished Gentlemen. Do you wear a lot of sweaters on, on camera? No, never. Only, uh, there's a handful of times I've worn sweaters on camera. Mm. I wear sweaters at work, though. Oh, I guess you you did wear a sweater when you were on Phantom Signals. I did. Yeah, yep. that was very distinguished. You're mm. right. All right. Well, Douglas says, not allergic to bees. Douglas, K-I-7-L-I-K. Thank you, Douglas. <laughs> Thanks, Douglas. And now it's time. It's the final email. That was a little loud. Sorry about that, everybody. That's a real ditty. Don't know why that was so loud. Interesting. <laughs> I apologize. Okay. Final email. This email is titled Trim Your Dipole, and it comes from none other than volunteer podcast co-producer, Nathan. You got one more well, week, Nathan. Oh, is this the... Oh, I have a whole email. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's, I think there's audio, too, for this. To the Duke Leto and the Lady Jessica. Oh, I am still reading Dune and haven't seen the movie. Well, so please zip a delippa. I was going to say, because you just. I I'm am, dead. I am almost done, though. I'm dead. Wow. I die. L- <laughs> so let let me say this. I am notorious in my family for being a spoiler mm-hmm. of all things TV and movies. I just talk openly without any regard for and or regerts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I think there was one time where Ben actually spoiled something. <laughs> he has a very hard time holding back. He wants yeah. to talk about when he's excited about a movie, he wants to talk about all the details. Yep. Yep, that's true. So it's it's really a genetic thing. It is. You know. You passed on the spoiler gene to him. Yes. <laughs> Nate the Great asks how do you feel about grits, yay or nay? Personally, I don't think I've ever had grits. So it is the best topic to start an email about. Well, uh, Leia and I have definitely had what's called cream of wheat. I love cream of wheat. Cream of wheat is a thing out here that is the same consist- consistency of grits. It's but I've also had grain. grits. Actually, uh, grits are obviously very common in southern restaurants mm-hmm. and barbecue restaurants here. Yeah, we... we We've had grits many times. I've had grits like properly in the South. Um, I like shrimp and grits. I like generally savory grits. I do remember there was a movie or a show where one of the ways that they proved that the witness Mm -hmm. was inaccurate was the fact that... Do you know what movie? They they claimed... Do you know what movie it is, Leah? No, what, what movie? My Cousin Vinny. Was it? Mm-hmm. That's all the, the the one where Marissa Tomei put someone in their place over a car. That's right. Right? <laughs> Lots of gotchas in that movie. Yeah. It's just filled with gotchas. Lots of real courtroom drama. Exactly how it plays out in the real world. Here's the thing, though. Grits are actually made from corn, not wheat. Correct. I know that's why I mentioned we have something similar in its grind. The milling is the same. 
but it's not made this. It's not the same material. What I don't know is what the difference between polenta and grits is. Um, not because, a lot. I, because I, I make polenta pretty often, mm-hmm. and could I just be calling those grits too? I imagine they're, you know what I mean? having had both of them, they're pretty similar. Obviously, you can make polenta like much firmer. Like you mm-hmm. can you can make like a, a slice of polenta kind of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but the way you generally serve it is more of the consistency of grits. And I love that. Yeah. And, and we eat it generally um, yeah. savory. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people who treat it kind of like oatmeal and they do like. Oh, I love savory hot breakfast. Brown sugar and, and maple syrup, stuff like that. So here is my favorite grits recipe. Since you're trying to derail us, I'm going to get into food. She's got her hands up. Yes. It is blue cheese grits with caramelized onions. Oh, it's really good. And like spicy shrimp. Yeah. That is my favorite grits, way to have grits. Yeah. And not really a breakfast grits. No. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're like from louisiana or something but blue cheese doesn't really fit that right and now i'm curious is that offensive to southerners (laughs) (laughs) maybe when you put the blue cheese in it i imagine everything else is fine the shrimp and the uh caramelized onions onions, yeah oh i also really like it when um it's accompanied with flash fried spinach oh interesting yeah i really like that oh i bet the whole Uh, there are a couple of restaurants who do some variation on that dish, but sometimes they leave out the blue cheese or they leave out the spinach. It's got to have it all. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan continues, I am glad you like my adaptation of Piano Man last week. It was a struggle to listen to all the podcast at 1x speed to get to my part and your reactions. At four hours and 36 minutes and 30 seconds, you finally got to my main email. That's longer than you usually have, than you usually have your whole podcast. That's true. You listened to the whole thing before it got to you. <laughs> yep. I think it is interesting that very quickly and offhandedly, Josh referenced the musical Paint Your Wagon last week. Who would have thought that a ham radio podcast would have that kind of reference? But really, who expects any of these references? Skyline Chili, MCU superheroes ranked and ranked again and again and again. (laughs) And for good measure, again. Yep. I loved how the member last night in the Ham Nation after chat said they just skip every time you discuss that subject. Right. Like the MCU, they just skip it. Man, how do you know when it stops? <laughs> well, they've got little buttons on podcast players to like skip ahead two minutes. I gotcha. Clicking it until it's done. Some may do the opposite where they skip all the ham radio stuff for all the important subjects. That was my joke. I'm like, you just skip all the ham radio stuff, right? <laughs> I took inspiration from Josh's reference last week. To be clear, I don't spend all week putting it together. I usually write out the words half an hour before I record it. That's why it's usually a stretch with rhyming. <laughs> <laughs> I can if see you, that. Nathan, if you do this half an hour before recording and you're like nailing the recording within uh, like a couple of recordings, mm-hmm. you have a career. <laughs> okay? You've got a jingle like, career in front of yes, you. Yes, definitely. I mean, if nothing else, get on TikTok and just do parodies. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I also because was, you are very talented. I was also noticing in the last with the the skit, 
you know, the skit audio clip. Yeah. Nathan, you've got a voice for like old timey serial radio shows. Yeah. Like those old, like was a radio, like, like Batman. Dick Tracy was like mm-hmm. a detective, mm-hmm. uh, not Batman, but Dick Tracy was like a radio serial program. Uh, you, I'm got Dick a voice. Tracy. You got to look up. <laughs> I'm Dick Tracy. Lie to me. Um, you, you got a voice for that. Go look, go look up some of the old radio serials. Like they're really good. Um, and you, you, you could probably do that pretty easy. I, I would listen to War of the Worlds with Nathan reading it. <laughs> Instead of Orson Welles? Yeah. Wow. That's big praise. It is. Well, Nathan says, you may play it, Josh. Got a bow thing. God, I come. Trim your dipole and get one to one. Where am I hitting? I don't know. Who will I talk to? I ain't certain. What will I get? I hope a strong five nine. But who gives a ham? Who gives a ham? Who gives a ham some mentoring? What's your call sign? I don't know. I didn't catch it. Does it have a Zulu? I think I'm hearing is a Kilo one. Mike, <laughs> Alpha, Juliet. Thanks for the contact. Thanks for the contact. Thanks for the contact. Now QRZ. Got a Yezu, got a tuner, trim your N-Fed with a rig expert. Okay, now that I have you, who cares where the poop on the Enterprise goes? <laughs> Does it go in the toilet? Does it go through transporter? Who really cares? I care. And that is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu singing a parody of... Paint your wagon and giving his personal opinion on where poop goes on the Enterprise D. Thank you. Now, how do oh, no, turn this thing off? There we go. Okay, uh, okay wait. Yeah. So, a debate ensued on the HRC Steep podcast channel mm-hmm. of the Discord. Yes. Okay. And it was somebody immediately saying, what are you talking about? There are toilets on uh, on the Enterprise. And he referenced the schematics. Yes. Yes. And then you doubled down. I just said (laughs) on what episode. And I said bathroom. But what I was really looking for was toilet. There are definitely bathrooms. There are definitely bathrooms. But I've not seen a toilet. Well, why would you see the toilet? Well, that leads me to believe there's no toilets on the Enterprise. But there are. The, I, the Ferengi called them waste management fixtures. That is Ferengi. Okay. I'm talking about on the Enterprise. All right. Well, I just don't know why this is your hill to die on. Well, no. So then I, <laughs> then I went and looked up when those schematics are created. The schematics were created in 92 or 93 for the Enterprise D, the official released okay. schematics. The show didn't start. It started in 1987. Okay. And on the Enterprise D. So you're saying bridge, they're rewriting history. They're retconning the lack of toilets off the Enterprise D. Wow. Because, because as we know, off to the side of the bridge, there is a door that used to say, con or conference room or something like that and it got changed after the schematic came out to say head and head is the naval term for bathroom wow so i posit 
that they teleport the poop out of you. <laughs> in the bathroom? No, like wherever you are. So there's somebody in charge of teleporting well, poop? It could be AI. What? I don't know how teleporters work. The teleporters on the Enterprise required somebody managing the teleportation. For a whole human, yes. But, but maybe not for poop. I feel like the more exact the t- teleportation would be would require a higher level of well then, expertise. So then, then that begs the next question. <laughs> if they aren't reclaiming waste, and I would assume teleportation is probably the easiest way to do so, how do they keep using the replicators? Uh, restocks. <laughs> so you, you think that there's some big holding bay in the Enterprise D that is just matter yes. that they use uh-huh. that feeds the replicator? Yes. Because I just don't want to think of Jean-Luc Picard eating poop. That's why. <laughs> okay. I'm not comfortable I mean, because, with a future that requires eating poop. Because the replicator gives you not only the Earl Grey hot... But the cup in which you consume it. Yes. So it is literally creating matter, right? It's it's manipulating matter and it's creating changing you want energy out of it. into matter. No. <laughs> no, it is not. It's taking matter and then some kind of process where energy is used to transmute that matter into another form. You can't create matter, right? We you can't do that. Listen, the there's of just ther- a thermodynamics planet that down. they've decided is never going to be inhabitable. Or maybe that planet has like some living creatures that eat poop and they're just starving so and you're, they're so happy. So you don't have a solution. So you went to the Flintstones argument <laughs> that there's going to be a, an animal, a prehistoric animal that. So they drop off their poop. They pick up the animal. There's some transformer just crapping <laughs> out energon cubes. They found the planet that do- that would make. Bubblebee. Yeah. <laughs> Turn on the transporter. All right. Well, thanks for that. So if <laughs> that we, tangent. It, on, thanks, Nathan. On that, uh, <laughs> where do these references come up with? Uh, <laughs> tune in next week when we get a ton of emails on this topic. <laughs> and if you'd like to see more of my back and forth, uh, go check out the Ham Radio Crash Course HRCC podcast channel because that's where all this went down. Yep. Because I I, I referenced it. Like, I, I talked about it. Yeah. On a podcast, yes. and then I got challenged on it, <laughs> and I, I, I still, I'm with the challenge. I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Maybe it's like a, maybe it's like at every other, like you know, every six hours or so, they'll do the scan for poop, and then they'll teleport it out of you. Wow, like it's automated. But then if you, if you need to go before then, like then they have actual like analog toilets for you. <laughs> I don't know, but I haven't seen. You know a toilet. what I said was if. If there were to be a toilet on the Enterprise, which I believe there is, mm-hmm. the dream toilet should be a holodeck bathroom so that you can go to the restroom in whatever bathroom you want. It takes no additional space, right? Like just how do you know the holodeck doesn't already include a toilet, you know? Yeah, there's a that's a, a road I'm not going down. What about on the holodeck? Do you remember the time that like somebody got stuck in the holodeck? It happened what? like every season. What? They had some kind of crazy holodeck episode. Where did they go to the bathroom? Just on the floor. The holodeck's a big square at the end of the day. The- <laughs> they just 
And so they've been holodecking out in a poop room. <laughs> That's, this is what you are. No. Well, I mean, there's there's probably more things that are in the holodeck that I'm not going to mention right now. But what do you think people do in the holodeck, Leia? I think they travel to far off lands that's it. and yeah, that's exactly live out their Sherlock Holmes fantasies. Yeah, well, they're living out fantasies. So that's, yeah. That's it. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. All right. So what you're saying is that they're teleporting things out of the holodeck as they're happening. They're Otherwise, like, oh, that's so, bodily fluid. That's bodily waste. <laughs> Zap. <laughs> so if it's not that, then someone is cleaning it. <laughs> and show me a clip on Star, War, on Star Star Wars on Star Trek where there is a janitor or someone cleaning up. There is never that. Well, it's it's kind of like in a world of peak efficiency where everything is like the 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 peak amount of cooperation amongst human humans and all that stuff, like these professions are not seen on the enterprise. So that must mean they've automated that. Well, they have a maintenance team. Who? The engineers? Those are engineers. But they I'm fix sorry. things. I'm sorry. As an engineer, <laughs> I'm not looking down on cleaning things up, but we don't do janitorial work. Well, I suppose that they would have figured out a robot of some sort. or Again, where is the episode that features this robot? And if there isn't that, then one must assume in a future of high-tech technology that they have automated it. Well, who does the dishes in the bar? That's what I'm saying. They just throw that back into the, the replicator thing. So that matter that the replicator created of the teacup that Jean-Luc Picard drank his Earl Grey hot out of just gets thrown into a receptacle that gets converted back into whatever that base form of matter is. Or probably not even that. It just gets all crumpled in and then energy transfers it back into whatever the new matter form is in the replicator. But you took matter out of that equation by consuming that product. So that matter must get back into the replicator somehow. Oh, I don't. Because again, how long is their mission? It's not a mission where they stop to re... It's not like a galleon where you had to stop in Tortuga to resupply. And the hole was full well, I mean, of... You have to assume that the show is just highlights of the captain's log so, versus... So go, go, look, go look up Smarter Every Day did a series of videos with a submarine crew. And he did a bunch of fascinating videos after the submarine restocked at a port. Okay. The freezer and the bay, the galley, they mm -hmm. have special areas within the submarine that is literally packed to the ceiling with food. Mm -hmm. Packed. And that's only going to last the crew for a couple of months. Okay. How long again is the mission of the Enterprise D and the next generation? Well, they have matter and antimatter at this point, right? And I don't even want to bring Voyager into this. How long was Voyager lost before they got back? so long there was no ports to stop oh man how did they eat all right well my uh, nathan Thank signs you. off Thank 73 you, there you K1, go you made me go there. nathan <laughs> southern vermont if you don't sing how can the birds judge you hmm. in the case of the voyager it's probably just the dead bodies <laughs> why are you such a ruiner like what is your end game? <laughs> no one could be happy. 
<laughs> Everyone must face the realities of their fiction that they're consuming. <laughs> <laughs> Reality is important. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for emailing us. Again, how you email us is Leia at hamtactical.com. Or if you want to give us a drop, you can send it at to hoshnasi at gmail.com. Leah, what's the voicemail number? Do you remember? Uh, you As you me. pull it up, I'll continue my spiel. Uh, please send us your comments, your ham radio questions, your thoughts on the Enterprise T's <laughs> food situation. Or um, if you have a merch idea, send us your merch idea. If we like it, we'll make it and you'll get one for free. So what's that number? 562 334 2389. And we'll play your voicemail on the podcast. So thanks for doing that. That means it's time. All right. It's test time. The first question reads Which of the following must a person have before they can be administering VA, VE for a technician class license examination? A. Possession of a properly obtained telegraphy license. <laughs> B. An FCC general class or higher license and a VEC accreditation. C. Receipt of a certificate of successful completion of examination. Uh, CSCE for general class. D. Notification to the FCC that you want to give an examination. I believe it is B. An FCC general class or higher license and a VEC accreditation. And that is correct. You are right. Which of the following conditions require a licensed amateur radio operator to take specific steps to avoid harmful interference to other users or facilities? So here's the downside of using HamStudy instead mm. of the other, um, the other app I was using for testing. Okay. Like not only am I not progressing through an entire test, right? Oh, that's right. You're just taking... You're just going through the sections right now. Right. Because if you take the test mm -hmm. um, on ham study, I don't think it explains what you got wrong until the end versus. Oh, yeah. Um, I know and, a guy we might be able to and I, talk to him about. And it. I'm doing it through ham study, the questions wise, mm -hmm. so yeah, that good, I can hit the I don't know or an explain mm -hmm. the answer. Um, a little more meat beyond what I'm going to give you. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. <laughs> not nothing that nothing's wrong with your meat. I was gonna say how That's... I said that was not <laughs> great. But, but the problem is that ham study will continue to cycle back through questions you've recently seen. Yeah, because it's a good way to remember correct the answers. Right? I, I will mention uh, just to remind everybody who may be hearing us, you know, haven't been following for very long. Leia is taking the general test questions for yes ham radio i am so i'll i'll continue this this episode but i've already um seen at least two one or two of these questions before are you doing read the questions what if you, you read the questions you can select the sub elements and then you can just go down the list but even if you if you select a sub element mm -hmm. the same questions continue to cycle no it's just the questions. It's just a list from A to Z of the questions. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I'll have to show you after this. So. Okay. Keep going. For well, you. right now I am randomizing answers, uh, randomizing questions, and studying oh, no, there's all questions. Oh, you're, you've clicked study instead of read then. Okay. All right. 
Well, which of the following conditions require a licensed amateur radio operator to take specific steps to avoid harmful interference to other users or facilities? A, when operating within one mile of an FCC monitoring station. (laughs) B, all of these choices are correct. C, when a station is transmitting spread spectrum emissions. D, when using a band where the amateur service is secondary. And this is B, all of these choices are correct. Correct. All right. What is the maximum PEP output allowed for spread spectrum transmissions? A, 1,500 watts. B, 10 watts. C, 100 milliwatts. D, 100 watts. Uh, I, I don't even know what a PEP output is. Peak envelope power. It's basically the, the power output, you, you, the, the power you're putting out. Just call it that to be easy. I don't know. A, 1,500 watts? No. <laughs> B, 10 watts? 1,500 watts? That's all the watts. That is the <laughs> maximum amount of watts. Okay. I was going to say, I think that there's two of those that we can get rid of. We can take right off the table, which is 1,500 and 100 <laughs> watts. We can just get rid of that right off the bat. I thought that would... Apparently not. Wi-Fi. What is this, Italy? Is... <laughs> The explanation is Wi-Fi is spread spectrum. So the 47 CFR 97.313J limit of 10 watts on spread spectrum emissions applies. What? There you go. That is not actually that helpful. (laughs) That's like the answer is this because Mm -hmm. that is the answer. (laughs) Sometimes that is the answer, Leah. All right. What pro sign is sent to indicate the end of a formal message when using CW? A, B, K, B, S, K, C, A, R, D, K, N. What? Okay. You're, you're big. We use pro signs all the time in the household. That's what we say to the children. Yeah. When we <laughs> tuck them in at night. When I'm done talking to you, I, I when I'm walking into another room, I give you a, a staunch pro sign. Uh, I don't know. SK? No, it's AR. AR. So BK is break. SK is silent key, implying you're done. You're done for the, the evening. Okay. I don't know what AR is. Pro signs are procedural signs that are common abbreviations that help to send shorter, or shorter more efficient transmissions. Mm-hmm. The prosign AR indicates the end of a formal message. It can also mean new page or new message. Mm. According to Wikipedia, the use of the AR prosign is superfluous in informal Morse conversations. Correct. In other words, unnecessary, extra beyond what is needed. So it's a question that no one's really going to use if they learn Morse code. Uh, a formal message is like if you're doing, um, you're, you're relaying, like the amateur radio relay league right um that is not something you hear often when okay you're, when you're, unless you're listening to a, a net for passing messages this is what the other ones mean bk back to you kn over to you sk end of contact the question is asking about formal messages not right. informal right and Hamstudy has some mnemonic devices. 
AR as in acknowledging receipt. Mm. AR as in all is received. Okay. Or AR as in au revoir. I've got another one. Huh. All right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. You're just tapping out in CW. AR, AR, AR. Why is it that Matthew McConaughey's Buicks all right, all right, all can't go left? Because they're all right, all because right. Because they go all right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes you laugh at the, like, the dumbest things. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> you know what's really funny is when you show me a joke that you think is going to hit so hard, like a meme that you think, or a pun especially, Yeah. and you show it to me and you're like looking at me expecting me to laugh, uh-huh. and I just kind of like, eh. Right, and you're like, what is going on? Like, uh, are you in a bad mood? <laughs> the dumb jokes I like have some kind of like crossover between some weird esoteric reference. <laughs> you got to know like a bunch of dumb stuff that doesn't matter. And I'll show you that joke, and you're like, I don't, I don't know, I don't like it. But then I'll show you the dumbest pun, and then you'll just be <laughs> laughing out loud. And I'm like, all right, okay. You have such a disdain for puns. I'm not. <laughs> a, a lot of them are very funny. It's just like, I, I You just think they're the lowest form of humor. It, it just, it and I love cringy. a good pun. It feels I love cringy. a good pun. <laughs> puns often feel very cringy to me, which is the opposite because you think, well, he loves cringy things. Yes, but not a pun. I don't know why. It's just not my thing. All right. The next question reads, why is the polarity of applied voltages important for polarized capacitors? <laughs> A, the capacitor could overheat and explode. B, all these choices are correct. C, incorrect polarity can cause the capacitor to short circuit. D, reverse voltages can destroy the dielectric layer of an electrolytic capacitor. I don't know. B, all these choices are correct. Yeah. Indeed they are. They'll like blow up. They'll pop. They'll let smoke out. The magic smoke, if you will. Yes. The, ma- the magic smoke. What question am I on? I think that's I will three also, or four. I will also say that it is like way more fun studying on ham study. Why? It is. The interface is so clean mm-hmm. and modern. Mm-hmm. Right. This is not an ad for ham study, obviously. Yeah, that's, we're not. A that's like a non. That's a nonprofit. <laughs> it's a well. Yeah. I don't know if they're a nonprofit, but they're. It's free. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, but something about the progression, the feel, the the gooey, if you will, is very pleasant. Whereas the other app I was using, I think it might have been the ARRL yeah. app. It was like taking a test on GeoCities. You know what I mean? Whoa. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, the next question reads, when is an amateur station allowed to use any means at its disposal to assist another station in distress? A, only on authorized HF frequencies. B, at any time when transmitting in an organized net. C, at any time during an actual emergency. D, only when transmitting in races. I'm going to go with C, at any time during an actual emergency. Correct. Which is correct. That is right. I'm at five? I mean, yeah, I think so. All right. 
You can, we can claim that. Okay. If not, it's okay. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Gonna <laughs> Uh, so we'll figure something out because I, I do like it when we get to a, a, you know, an answer of how you're doing on these tests. That's Otherwise, true. Otherwise, we're just reviewing questions. I mm-hmm. think everybody really likes to, we like to Sh- build The schadenfreude. That. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we like to. So today's show topic is you are the driver of your ham radio career. A career? Well, I, thought, I, I couldn't think of a better word. amateur service. No, but I mean... It, your involvement in ham radio is 100% your own. You're mm. driving. You're in control of it. Your Do you have expertise. a better word for that? Do you have a better word for that? Instead of you are the driver of your ham radio career, what would you say? Your ham radio expertise. Ham radio journey? How about journey? Okay. I like that. I got an email. Don't stop believing. Hold on to No, we're not doing that. <laughs> okay. um, so I got this email. It was a it was a really really good email and I'm only gonna uh, I'm gonna pull certain parts out of it and I'm gonna leave some details out because I don't know no one's gonna figure out who this person is it doesn't matter I get a ton of emails I think everybody knows but this question and it's a big email it hit on so many really interesting points and there was some frustration in there and some real feels and I think a lot of people may have experienced this or are experiencing it so I kind of wanted to go through some of this. So basically, I'm going to paraphrase some of this. This this is an, a bit older gentleman. He lives in Los Angeles. It's not far from me. Recently got licensed, and they did the whole thing. They got technician in 2020. The full Monty. The full Monty. They got the technician in September of 2020, general October, and November they got extra. So wow. pretty smart dude. They've been involved in computers, electronics, TV broadcasting, they refer to themselves as a technologist, right? Mm-hmm. So you think somebody's got a, a pretty good grasp of like how all this stuff That's works. one of those people that like people want to come up to. You think you're better than me? No, I mean, this is a person that knows more about <laughs> yeah. me probably in all those areas. And it's like, dude, this is awesome. I'm so glad that they're a ham. They never, they, they kind of shied away from ham radio because they didn't really have an interest or, and, and didn't really master um, Morse code. So they were kind of like, eh, it's not really for me. And then that changed, and um, they, they got involved. Removing those barriers to entry really helped. Huh? Right. They, they love to experiment with technologies, all this stuff. Very, very cool. So later on, um, end up getting the email, right, So or getting their license, and, and they're now engaged in the hobby. Now, after a year being licensed, there's some observations that they pulled, and I'm going to I'm going to read the observations, and, and I'm going to probably read my response because I don't mind sharing my response, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. The one, number one, it's been very difficult, at least here in Los Angeles during COVID, for me to find the current state of many technologies that have been popular in ham radio, things like packet radio, APRS, WinLink, and digital modes, and then in parentheses, they put all-star. So... Right there, that's why the title of this is You Are the Driver of Your Ham Radio Journey. I have the polar opposite feeling on this I feel like there are a lot of hams in in California, Southern California especially. Particularly. um, Packet radio is still alive out here. It's, It's not as well as it was in the 90s, but it's still alive. Obviously, I think, I mean, pound for pound, APRS packet for APRS packet, Southern California where I live is the most saturated with APRS I've ever seen of anywhere I've ever experienced. Of course, I pull up APRS where I'm at. 
And we pale in comparison to the number of packets we have. We have so many packets. So already I'm kind of like, wow, what's going on here? What, what are they seeing that I'm not seeing? Winlink is kind of like the hot mode right now. Everybody's on Winlink. And digital modes, I can see how All-Star hasn't made a total convergence like of different repeaters or anything like that. So that, that may be true. But I, I want everybody to keep in mind that for all these things, APRS, WinLink, digital modes in your area, you have to drive getting to that solution. You have to drive finding the repeaters. You have to drive finding the frequencies for where the packet is. You have to drive the personal knowledge of how to use WinLink. Right, so there's the, there's the driving aspect of this. Point two. If one likes the technical side of ham radio, it is really hard to get involved when many of the interesting topics seem to be dying or are dead. Killed by aging advocates, cell phones, the internet, etc. are all the techie hams dying off. Every time I get excited about a project I find in ham radio, it seems I end up finding that has been abandoned. So I asked for clarification on this one because I, I didn't... Um, I kind of want to know more which projects are actually dying off that they've, they've experienced. But there's a couple of points in there that I do think are good um, topics. Is that his question of, are all the techie hams dying off? And to a certain point, we may be getting there in, in, in some cases. Really? I feel like hams now are so tech. Like, well, it depends on how you want to go with that. If you want to go strictly down the realm of, I'm going to take this box of parts, look at this schematic, and make a radio, there are probably less people doing that. There's probably less mm. people that are pulling up a magazine, and, and you can actually see this with um, with the magazines that exist today. There are less magazines that just give you schematics of radio projects. They exist, they give you schematics, but they don't give you the actual how-to of building the radio, building the filter, building the VFO, building, you know, whatever it is that you could be doing. So in some cases, I, I think they might be onto something in that, in that case. And I don't know necessarily how to fix that. But Leia, you also bring up the point of so many hams are very techie, but it's a different kind of techie. Hmm. Now a lot of techies are, they're, they're on software, software-defined radios, they're doing different applications right. that that provide functionality to the radios that they have. So I, I, I thought that was a fantastic question. Three, it seems the most of the ham creators on YouTube are busy selling boxed products from China. There is very little project how-to except perhaps for antennas. Even those are mostly pre-made. So the how-to part, I think there are a ton of how-to videos on YouTube. There are a ton, a ton. At the same time, there are a lot of videos um, about products coming out of China, no question. Uh, and I'll get to my reply um, as we go further along here. Number four, is the way to move ham forward, and he's using my quote that I've used there, really just about people to memorize the test and buy toys for off-roading and prepping? Doesn't that just make it an exclusive club for CBers with cash? Interesting. So that's kind of like a appliance operator kind of comment. Mm -hmm. And I have a ton of thoughts on that, which we'll get to as we go. I know there are still people who build things and share in their knowledge and time, and they still move technology forward without buying it off the shelf, but it seems they are getting fewer and fewer. 
I don't like, I don't want to seem like an old guy complaining. Um, I don't think that he is. I think he's making really good observations, but I think at the same time, he's got an actual emotional feeling in this. He's probably a little frustrated in some cases. And I think that, you know, that's why I'm talking about this. I really wonder if there's a way forward that could get people excited about the technology or ra of radio again. When I make a contact in New Zealand, some 10,000 kilometers away, in broad daylight with a single vertical whip in my backyard, I am excited and amazed. APR seems like an amazing system that is now almost totally given up on. That the system is still up and running is wonderful. Uh, kind of, sort of. It's um, yeah, I would argue that they haven't changed a lot in in oh, like a decade, but I don't know that it needed changing. So, you know, whatever. Is there anything that you and fellow ham radio content creators can do to reignite the spark of innovation that made ham radio a fantastic and growing hobby? I share my thoughts in the hope that maybe a few of you could get together, maybe with a manufacturer's sponsored prizes, and start a hackathon or some other event to get people creating new ideas again. Um, I, so I, I, so many different areas he went, lots of really good points, but I think that there is a change. The wind has changed a bit, and I think there's a lot of um, interesting, both good and bad, that comes with it. So here was my reply. You have a lot of really good questions here. Let me first say that to me, and I assume others may feel different about this, growth in amateur radio is self-motivated and built on an individual's exploration, moving, ham, uh, moving forward with ham radio, if you will, deeper into the hobby. Sure, it's a great community with people that can and do help others, but it's built on the individual's desire to learn more. You have to drive this. If you want to do packet radio, you got to do packet radio. If you live in an area where there's no packet radio uh, repeaters or there's no packet nodes, then repeaters is the wrong word, node, then you got to get a friend who's going to do packet radio with you. You have to be the catalyst for regrowing re that thing if you, if you think it's valuable. That was me paraphrasing my own uh, email there. The good news is that being in um, Los Angeles, you're in a hub where APRS is better than any other place I've ever been. There are nonstop signals here. Traditional packet radio is still alive. Catalina Island has a packet radio node 20 that's running 24-7 among many other nodes in our area. And the high bands in general, so everything 2 meters and up, and I'd argue 6 meters and 10 meters when it's open, it, um, is in generally have a lot of activity out here. And I mentioned that I'm in Cerrito, so I'm not that far from him. But then I started walking through the questions. So the first one, um, let's harken back to what he was saying, is that it's very difficult for this individual to find the current state of technologies that have been popular in radio. So I said, Google these things. Google the things that you're interested in. Watch videos online and attend online club meetings and talk with the members. I feel like my videos, at least, I try to do this, include kind of what is new and interesting in the hobby, and, and I'll talk more about that um, later. The second point he made was about projects dying off, things that, you know, many people are not really advancing. It's just kind of like there. You can use it as a service, and that's kind of how it exists, and that's where it lives, and that's where it could die, right? Mm-hmm. I said, you have to be more specific on products dying off, which ones, like, because specifically, I want to understand. As I mentioned above, you're the helmsman on your amateur radio ship. 
if you are interested in a project, research and implement. Everything you mentioned in this question are alive and well in SoCal was my was kind of my feeling. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the comment on the, the Chinese radios and YouTubers and all the things that's going on there, and, and there's a lot. There's more content than ever before, as we've talked about. I said there are many YouTube channels that make how-to videos. I'd like to think I do a good number of how-to videos personally. And so my recommendation is... I think you do. I think so. Is start searching for topics in ham radio that interest you and then sub to that channel that are making the kind of videos you want to see. If you do this, then you're going to see their videos more often. And if you know that creator produces more how-to content you will stay up to date on what's going on. That's my personal feeling, mm-hmm. is reward the the creators that you like by giving them the subscribe. And that is also helping you out and putting you in front of what they make more often than YouTube is going to try and put something that they think you'll like in front of you, which sometimes could be those Chinese radio videos if you don't like that. So for number four, um, I said moving forward with ham radio, as I define it, is an attempt to add more practical information into memory by seeing it demonstrated by me, and my hope is that people actually try it on their own. My personal belief is that your license, which you must pass, and this is a comment on him just wrote, uh, he made the comment on just wrote memorization of these questions, right, is that you pass a test is, is just the beginning and really a license to learn. There's, mm-hmm. there's no way, like Leah, if I, if I started quizzing you on the questions that you did on your technician exam, would you remember a lot of the, the nitty gritty details? Probably not. Probably not. But I bet if you wanted to know the answer, you could probably look it up and figure it out. Yeah. Before you hurt yourself or others or anyone else potentially with, with ham radio, not that you would um, do that. The only way I think I would hurt somebody with ham radio is if I threw a bow fang at somebody. That's right. <laughs> Very few people have the ability to remember most of what is in the license pool, and we generally don't test people on retention. I just assume that people go look up the answers they need to make the progress they want. So ARRL Handbook, Google, YouTube, all of these things are research platforms, right, for whatever it is you're interested in. And I said the reality is that most of the new radios are well beyond even experience hams to recreate. As new radios move to SDRs, software-defined radios, and we get smaller and smaller components that incorporate more advanced features, less will be likely to have the ability to recreate these type of radios. Through whole kit builds and following schematics you find online to make a radio? Question mark. Sure, some will do this, but a lot simply won't as homebrew radio's performance won't likely be as good as something off the shelf or require the time commitment many don't have to make. Have you ever seen the video that talks about how I'm convinced that buying craft supplies and using craft supplies are two totally different hobbies? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Okay, so in this case, it's kind of like building ham radios. Mm-hmm is a totally different hobby than using ham radios. Yes. Very well said. Yes, that's a- so uh, funny enough. A lot of the guys who are really into building ham radios, mm-hmm. they don't transmit a lot. Yeah. They I, transmit, I imagine they just really like they being transmit, able to build something and get right. it on the air. The, the, the challenge for them is getting a working radio. They will build it. They will use it. 
And then they're like, okay, I'm off to build the next one. And mm-hmm. so in between the building, they may make a couple of contacts here and there, but they're, they're, but but they're really not an just active operator. They're, right. It's just a test that right. what they built works well or right. not. Right? We, we have to, we have to, I think we have to all acknowledge that the world of ham radio that was the earliest phases of this wonderful hobby that we have has, it doesn't exist anymore. People weren't repurposing military radios or rebuilding, taking TVs apart to build radios that they use then as operators, right? That doesn't exist anymore. We That's, can just it's go kind buy of a like radio. A, um, but that, one of the things you always say is that you could continue learning about ham radio for the rest of your life and not run out of things to learn. Right. Right. Or and, do. Yeah. And, and, and really people... Nobody, I think, I think, most people don't go through their life saying, I'm going to learn all of ham radio. They don't do that. They just hop from the things they love and they spend enough time there in which they feel like they're less in love and they start going into areas that is new and interesting to them. Mm-hmm. And that just is how it works. It, it's a hobby of hobbies. So ham radio is just many different discrete hobbies that are all under the same umbrella term of wireless communication that's what we're doing that's what we're all about so i said as we go further my general goal is to bring more younger people into ham radio in this case younger than the mean average of current ham population which i believe is 55 years of age i think that is our median it could be actually 65 i might have got that number wrong which is going to include people that still have many obligations and responsibilities that would keep them from scratch building a radio just to make contacts. Mm. So you're talking about fam- people that have families, people that have children that they're actively engaged with their their raising. I don't want ham radio to be a hobby where you must build your radio to be able to play ham radio. I'd much rather them be able to go to Ham Radio Outlet, buy a radio, and start using Ham Radio. Because, and and this is my my little throwback, a little bit of a challenge. I said, serious question though. What does it matter what others enjoy? Follow what you like. There are others that like what you like, and you can make plenty of contacts with those people. Since you're an extra, you likely know there are many people that are still on single sideband 24-7. He mentioned the contact he made to New Zealand, and they want to make contacts with you. So go for it. It doesn't matter that there's, you know, a younger person or any other person that wants to buy a radio off the shelf at HRO. Go for it. So when I when I look at, because he made a comment on innovation, so I said, I personally see innovation all around me when I look at the amateur radio community at large. We have amazing antenna designs and novel manufacturing. New and interesting radio kits are available for many different technical levels. New software that makes digital communications more effective. The Long Island CW Club is keeping Morse code alive and bringing new people to the code in an, uh, an approachable way through online learning. And the constant advancement in radios is putting smaller radios in our hands that have so many amazing features, it just blows me away. When I look back over the last 20 years, I'm impressed how far things have come. So that was how I wrapped up my email. Wow. So I I, I found that whole uh, discussion really interesting. I, I thought it was, a, and he did reply. He said, you know, thank you for the email. Those are a lot of really good points to, to consider. And, you know, I'll get back to you. Um, but I think that's, I, th- I kind of going back to what 
what we started the second day with, you know, with that Facebook post, right? Mm -hmm. That individual had some preconceived notions. And those preconceived notions were often probably paired with a preconceived worldview of how they think things are. Right. And they think what people are interested in. And if he doesn't like what they're interested in, what they should be interested in. You know, I think about this a lot, especially for uh, my parents who have, in my mind, lived so many different lives. Mm-hmm. Right? Legit. Yeah, seriously. And uh, I think that sometimes I actually have a lot more empathy for people who are older, specifically because I understand that this generation Mm -hmm. more than any other generation has experienced the world changing so much more rapidly right in every facet Mm -hmm. you know so if you have a deep love of a hobby like ham radio and you've experienced what it was when you began and see where it is today that that shift Mm-hmm. can probably feel um, like something is being stolen from you. Yes, 100%. I know there are people that feel this way. Yeah. You know, and I, I completely understand that. Are there are obviously a lot of people who are are more um, amenable to embracing change, mm-hmm. right? Especially like this is one of the great things about people who are young at heart. There is this um, understanding that you don't know everything and there's so much more to come. And if you enter, if you live your life that way, it's Mm -hmm. much more pleasant, right? Well, change change is in something you have to fight then. Right. It is just something that is inevitable. Right. But then there are a lot of people who um, seek to accomplish something and then when they've accomplished it, they're there. It's like... It, it's you're sitting on top of your tower, but then suddenly oh, there are like all I'm, these. I'm, I'm now the top, right? And I and I've achieved this. And well, I'm you don't gonna... even need to be the the top, but it's like mm-hmm. I'm I'm on my platform now. Mm-hmm. I've got I'm where I wanted to get, right? But people keep moving the goalpost. Let me break that down a little bit. So someone has attained some level of what they feel is a high standing. Yes. And because the populace at large viewed that position at that time as a high standing, right. they got some kind of social credit, personal social value. Well, maybe not even social credit, but personal personally, value. Personal yeah, value. They're, they're like, and I, I've, I've mastered this. Mm-hmm. This is my thing, my, my niche, if, I, if you will, right. that I've carved out and mm-hmm. I've gotten really good at. Right. But then people have move to a different thing perhaps it right. could be it could be a different version of the thing that we right. before mentioned or a completely different thing but they have fully thing. changed the landscape it's like you're on top of you're at the top of this tower on this pedestal mm-hmm. and you can see everything you want to see right right and then suddenly there's a new pedestal that you can't see around yeah suddenly everybody else who ha- is who has decided to enter your area mm-hmm. has now built towers taller than yours right and not only that you don't believe their towers are built correctly right so it's an osha problem too 
Right. <laughs> get ocean. Well, it's that they didn't have to work as hard or do it as well as you did. Right. But that to that, get more things than you have now. That mindset is exactly what creates people that act like the individuals we were talking about at the beginning of the show, where they make people that are new feel bad. Right. Right. Because they're they're. Imagine how difficult it is. So take that person in mind that that is at the top of their their pedestal that they had to crawl, kicking and screaming to get on top right. of and what they feel was harder for them to attain, attain than what other people are doing now. Imagine how difficult it is to explain to someone new what the world that you came from, that you attained this high standing in, was right. in the world that we exist now mm-hmm. with the competing things, technologies and applications and whatever in ham radio. Very difficult. Very difficult. Mm-hmm. And I bet that makes people feel bitter. I really do. And, you know, somewhat isolated, you know? I, I think, so, yes, yes and no. And let, let, let's dive into that a little bit. It is true that single sideband contacts are less than they have been before. Mm-hmm. And Morse code contacts are less than they've been before. And the, the majority of contacts that are getting made in ham radio is digital. Primarily FT8. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it, it's a multifaceted reason why they're using FT8. It's not because people just like to com- connect computers to radios and I'm getting on my way. It could be because they want to get that worked all states or get their DXCC and they don't really care about it being single sideband. It could also be that they live in a suburbs where the RFI is through the roof and they can't do single sideband voice contacts for Mm. DX like they want to do. And the only way they can achieve DX is if they use digital modes that can listen further, deeper into the noise like FT8. There's so many, there's so many changes to the reality. It's, it's not, nothing exists in this Island of, of space that was an unchanged Island, right? Where this completely new uh, technology comes and turns over the apple cart and everybody's like, wow. But then somebody's over there going like, oh, I'm already, this is already good. We don't need the new technology that flipped over the apple cart. It, it's never just this island that never stays the same. But, but I also want to emphasize mm-hmm. that there are certain areas where you can happily chug along where you are and continue to just enjoy what you have. Right. Yeah. No, nobody's telling you you have to keep up this like perpetual motion machine of achievement. Right. Right. You can you, you can, can just stop. like what you do. Yeah. But I wonder if in ham radio, mm-hmm. because so much of the enjoyment is hinged on having rag shoes with other people. For some people. Not sure. Everybody. Sure. I would argue that most people are not rag chewers anymore. And I mean, for, anymore. So that's that's going back to the yeah. So then it is in, in your your enjoyment of that mm-hmm. that is being diminished. Yeah, it could be. It could it could very well be. But also, hey, everybody, I want to also point out that again, my comment in this ever change this never changing island, right, is an impossible state because we know the bands are ever changing because our sun is ever changing. Mm-hmm. We're literally facing a new peak sun cycle. 2025 is going to be a peak sun cycle, and there's going to be two years on each side, or two years total, where 10 meters is going to be alive and popping again. 
single sideband is going to come back in a big way in that time. So the question isn't so much, did everyone get off of single sideband and all do an FT8, or are we just coming out of a, a solar minimum and there are less people playing single sideband? I'd argue that it's, it's probably both. Mm-hmm. It's probably people that got fed up because they don't like to play radio in a low, uh, low sun cycle and they disappear for a little while and then they come back when people start talking about the band's great again. You got to get back in here and, and play radio again. There's so many, it, it's such a complicated thing that I think people want to put it into a small box as this is the reason. They want to point to a thing and say, this is why ham is not like it used to be when I achieved this, that, or the other, or I was mm-hmm. doing this, that, or the other. They want to make it easy to make their argument online or in email. And by the way, the, we're not talking about the emailer anymore. The email that I talked to, this is a great email. I'm not throwing any shade at them. I'm talking about the larger generalization here. And this is a generalization. I appreciate that. I think it's people want to collapse a complex thought into something that they can point at as like the scapegoat. Right, And then throw all of their blame on that thing. That thing could be FT8. That thing could be Chinese radios. That thing could be Baofengs. That thing could be whatever. The reality is, is everything is more nuanced. And if you try to make an argument where you reduce things down, a complex thing down to a very simple point, mm-hmm. then you've already lost the argument. You can't have an argument because one, it becomes an argument that you can really only convey on a podcast like this or in person talking to an actual human being that there can be a two-way conversation. So often, because things are complex, the nuanced character of our reality and the landscape of ham radio and that there's so many different people with different desires and interests and different technical levels, the best thing you can do is be cool, man. Just be cool. <laughs> Just be super chill about it. All right, all right, all, all right, right, all right, all right. Back in my Buick. <laughs> Back in that Buick. Although in um, Days and Confused, uh, Matthew McConaughey drove a Pontiac GTO. Oh. Which was a... Wait, wow. did he drive? No, he drove a Chevelle, a black Chevelle. I was wrong. <laughs> it was uh, the other guy. It was the, the pothead guy that drove the uh, orange GTO. All right. <laughs> I did like McConaughey's car better. Uh, do you know who else is in that? Who? Uh, what's his name? Not uh, Ben Affleck. Really? Yeah, he's the guy that was trying to paddle everybody. Oh, I don't even remember. He drove a Nova. It's like a primer gray Nova. Nova. Which is no what? go. N- no go in Spanish. That's why the Nova did not take off in that uh, community. So. Yeah, so those are the thoughts, I think, for the podcast. I, um, I, I love the email. I love the discourse having uh, with, with this individual, and I, you know, I hope I hear back from them because I think they have good questions. But it, it's, this is an encapsulation of such a deep commentary that is happening all across the Internet, all across ham radio, of how we deal with this changing landscape. And the reality is enjoy it the best you can and mm-hmm. if you can enjoy it continue to enjoy the things you do enjoy and if you could i'd appreciate it if you don't try and disparage other people for doing ham radio in a different way that you think is right right if you are going to make that argument do it coming from a place of explaining 
your background and explaining what you love about what you've experienced and what you know and the and the fun you can have paint a paint a, a tapestry of of colors with your words explaining what it was like okay. and, and, and why it's the best way don't just make people feel bad <laughs> don't make people feel bad that would be the only thing i care about all right but i don't know that i have much sway for people that already feel that way you know mm. it's still, i think they're kind of set in, in how they feel so i hope that uh Maybe there are some. I don't know. I don't know if they're listening to this podcast. Maybe they'll tell me their thoughts on uh, replicator technology and teleportation. And <laughs> I waste hope so. Management. I, I hope somebody comes up with a better answer than the one that you've provided. <laughs> that that should be the challenge. Anybody, if you've made it this far and you're still um, putting together your Star Trek email, make sure whatever you tell me has a solution for the Voyager effect. Because how did they, how did Voyager continue to feed people? You can't create matter, right? You can't create matter from nothing. And I don't want somebody to MacGuffin me, wave a hand and be like, "Oh, replicators could." I come on. I'm 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 not I'm not ready to accept that. <laughs> replicators do it all. That's it. Okay. Well, I think it's time. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it, and the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73.